I can't believe you lied. In the pursuit of wrongdoing, one steps away from God. Of course, there is a price. Oh, Sister James. What is it, Sister? I have doubts. <laughs> I have such doubts. And welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says in the tin. Hey, it's best film ever. My name's Ian. I'm Ethan. And I'm Hermes. Whoa! Hermes Oslander. From the start, from minute one to minute done. This is going to be a 10-hour episode. You know it's a heavy film when it's a Hermes pick and Hermes here the entire time. <laughs> well put. I thought, oh, I thought, geez, he's getting, he's getting a little bit of, a uh, little bit of, uh, I don't know, shyness now that he's on for the, <laughs> now that he's, n- n- now that we're not all tired by the time he makes his entrance. That's what was happening before. <laughs> he was taking advantage of our fatigued state to grandstand. And now he's got to start at the same level. This is us. This is us. <laughs> we got energy now. Watch out. Watch out. Here it comes. <laughs> I'm going to have this beer then, and I'll catch up. All right, here we go. I'll tell you what. Uh, I've got both alcohol and tea at my disposal because they both felt appropriate for the film we're going to do. Yes. Because it's episode number 203, Doubt. So there we go. Um if this is your first time catching us, hey, thanks a lot for giving the old Paul the download. Uh, we're actually short a few members today. Liam is, I don't know, he's just away somewhere. And Megan's working. No, George is working, and Megan's got panto practice. So this is... This is the crew. We got a, as we like to say at this part of the time, a boys' night. Boys' night. There we go. Hermes, you're a bit low on the volume. I'll say that much. If you got any room to come up, we definitely have it for yeah. you. Cool. How's, how's that? Is that, that any better? That's much better. Ethan, say something again. Uh, testing, testing. Yeah, we, sh- and pairs. we should be good now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can come up a lot on, on Namaya. No worries. Actually, Ethan, if you can, do you have any room to come up? Ooh, then I can put you both at the same level. We, I thought we were good. Then I hit record, and then I went, nope. Ooh, <laughs> let's do a little hello. There we are. Testy, testy. Yeah. I think yeah. we're good there, and I can do a master one from my computer here, and I think we're all set. This is a magical episode. It I is magical. It all comes together. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, and tell you who we love when it all comes together. And that's our friends of the podcast, our Patreon backers. I'm talking about... Ethan, you ready for... Oh, jeez. Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> Let, let's just dust off the old one and see if I can do it in a single breath. Should I just do that? Oh. Join yeah. in for, for, like, the main one. There's one you got to jump in for, right? Yeah. But... Yeah. We want to thank Julian Hermes, James Guzman, Lena Oberholzer, Anthony and Davies, Chris Peterson, Randall Silva, Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. The Yeetmeister, Reverend Bruce, Nate the Great, Andy Dixon, Holly Cowan, Cheesy with a fish on a bike, Richard, Ryan Kukets, Dirk, but his friends call him Diggler, Scheiberger, Freund, Stu from the SWO, and Norfolk Thomas. 
I'm impressed. One breath. Bravo, good sir. Bravo. One breath. That's my Gilbert and Sullivan coming out. They had this song I had to do, <laughs> and this guy on bro was famous for doing it in one breath. I'm like, I'm going to give it a go. And I, I could do it in a breath, but I didn't have any projection, so I did is have that, to cheat. Is that modern major general? Not, no, it's another one in that same ilk, though. It's the same. Everyone's got what they call a patter song, and that was major wow. major general's a patter song. Uh, I don't even remember what it was now. Oh, that's a shame. I've got a great one. Kevin Klein could do it in one breath. There's a shot of him doing it in one breath, mm. and it was it was impressive. And I was like, I'm going to try, because I love Kevin Klein. So I was like, I'm going to try that. He's a better man. You don't must think classical training counted for something, you'd think. <laughs> uh, so there we are. Uh, the other things we've done, if this is your first go or your 203rd go. We want to say thank you. Uh, hopefully you caught last week our episode on JFK, or maybe yesterday you caught our Doctor Who retrospective on the second David Tennant special uh, called Wild Blue Yonder over on our side project, Who Do You Think You Are? All in the same podcast feed, of course. And then yeah. Liam and I got together with Liam's girlfriend, Felicity, making her BFE debut as we uh, did a see it or skip it on Napoleon starring Joaquin Phoenix and from the brilliant mind of Ridley Scott. I can't wait to hear that one. Yeah, there, hey, <laughs> he was not paid to say that. So there we go. <laughs> have you seen it yet? I have not. A, a buddy of mine had some thoughts of his own and said to wait. So maybe that's a little spoiler for his, his, opinion on his it. thoughts. Yeah, but I'm very curious what yours, what yours are. Very interesting. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and if you want to know. How you can keep the lights on at the Studio of Awesomeness, keep that sweet, sweet BFE content coming from the, a microphone to your ears two times a week. Please consider joining the Patreon. You can get in the door for as little as three British pounds. That's less than four bucks US, about five dollars Canadian. Other currencies are available. It's about three and a half euros. Beat me through it by a second. What, 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 the, what the three and a half euros? Yeah. Okay, there we are. Yeah, so... um How many is it in yen, though, is what I really <laughs> want to know. About 541 yen, as uh, luck would have it. So there we are. That was Liam's always go-to, so I have that stat. So, uh, we've reached some end-of-month numbers. I'll push that back to next week, because I love to hear Liam go, <gasps> when he hears about places that he's not as familiar with. So I'm gonna, <laughs> I'll push that back to next week. But something I don't want to push back to next week, that's we want to make sure that we give one more birthday shout-out. We did the week before, we're going to do the week after now. Lena Oberholzer, we hope you had a happy birthday. birthday Thursday birthday, of last birthday. week. Woo, woo, woo. That's right. Birthday, birthday, birthday. Woo, woo, woo. Such is. Um, so, uh, we got to go ahead. I got to hit a button here. It's this. There's a mistake. I think I'm This one's on me. Oh. <laughs> well, it's kind of a mistake. Well, it's definitely a mistake, but it's one that no one called me out on, but it's a mistake that was also correct at the same time. Let me explain. When we were doing JFK, I went, who's the other president who was assassinated? It was McKinley, right? It was McKinley. Now, I was correct in that William McKinley was indeed assassinated, but somehow it escaped my brain that Abraham Lincoln was also assassinated. <laughs> As was, there's a fourth president who I didn't know. <laughs> so four presidents in total. That's not a very safe job. Four presidents in total have been assassinated. I've named you three. Can the American on the panel name the fourth? Does Jackson count because of the duel? Is that does I does mean, he died later on? I don't know if it counts as assassination. That's the only one that comes to mind. Oh, ja- uh, what Hamilton? Was it no Andrew Jackson? Wasn't he like the dueler that wanted to always fight everybody, and then oh. he died of his wound, injuries later on? I don't know if that counts. As I know Hamilton and Burr. Burr was vice president at the time when he kills Hamilton. Uh, no, it doesn't count as one of them. Uh, the other one is James Garfield. Oh, 
I believe he di- I believe he was shot coming off a train. I like that we all forgot about Lincoln though last week. Yeah, like like, like <laughs> <laughs> which one was he again? So there we go. Yeah, like, when everybody was like, which was who's who's what's what's Lincoln famous? Top hat, free the slaves, assassinated by oh, what was his? Because it, it's the actor, isn't it? It's John Wilkes Booth. There we go. Yeah, I, I think it's McKinley when they finally go. It's either McKinley or maybe it's an assassination attempt on Teddy Roosevelt years later. But either way, they got to that point. And they went, maybe the Secret Service should, like, go places with him. And it took him that long. It took him that long to figure that out. That maybe having the president fully exposed at these things and just going with the, no one's going to hurt him. The first one, you're like, well, that's just, that's just an actor. He's an actor, right? What, what's he doing? He's crazy. The second one, you go, well, you know. Fool me one, the shame of me, fool me twice. Two doesn't really make a pattern. And then when you get to three, you're going, all right, we probably should do something. It's, a, it's so bizarre to think he was just sitting out there. I remember uh, former Canadian Prime Minister Jean Chrétien came to, uh, he was the honor, he was the chancellor of uh, Laurentian University where I got my degree. And uh, he came to our, um, to our uh, convocation, our our university graduation whatever word you want to call it commencement yada 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 which is really weird because i went to a satellite campus like i went to like the the little side thing that you can take university courses while you're at i did three years at the main school and did my last year at the satellite school because i was just fed up with being up in sudbury and he came and i was really surprised and i walked as i was walking up the stage i looked at him he looked at me and i gave him the old barty stinson eyes to eyes thing (laughs) Oh, he did not know what to do with that. And I was thinking to myself afterwards, if I was an American, the Secret Service would have tackled me the moment I tried to initiate any sort of like one-on-one moment with the guy that they couldn't predict. See, in the UK, (laughs) you can just find the prime, just like in a shop. The worst thing the prime minister has to deal with is the fear of someone throwing an egg at him or a milkshake or calling him like a waste man. The queen would occasionally go on the train to Lynn and get off when she was going to Sandrium, which was grounding of her. Now they, the, the royals, the other day, there was a helicopter flying up and someone took a picture of it and apparently there was a website that can take the picture and then figure out what it is. And it was a royal helicopter, so sure enough, mm-hmm. it's uh, some of the royals on their way up to Sandrium for the weekend. Oh yeah, it's getting to that time because it's Christmas time yeah. now. It's it's officially December, so and started of officially December. Whamageddon is up and running, oh, and yeah. we're playing Whamageddon up in the Patreon feed. <laughs> Don't we already have a casualty? Uh, we do. Uh, Andy Dixon, <laughs> whose own children I have paid off to uh, <laughs> request them. Dad, he put on last Christmas, and he does. He's a better father than I would have been. I'd be like, no, <laughs> let me tell you about Whamageddon and how it's so important that I win this against my internet friends. <laughs> See, a, does, I, want, I have a question as far as the rules go. Yeah, go ahead. Does a dream count? No, you have to actually physically hear it. Thank gosh. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're knocked out of your dream Whamageddon, so if there's a contest <laughs> going there, but not. Here amongst the I wake, legitimately you're okay. one. Are you serious? Uh, it was playing in my dream, and I thought, oh, my God, I just lost. And I woke up. It's like, oh, no. No, it's not like the game where you don't think about the game. This is like You have to actually physically hear it. Now, the best version I was given, although some people play fast and loose, mm. is that um, oh, we may have to make, because we, we do a music league thing together, and one of the oh. rounds is Christmas song. I think we may have to 
invoke a no whamageddon rule on that one because that's a really cheeky way see my cheeky I, way is I, I don't listen to the songs i go oh i know that song. i can just look at the yeah i just look at the playlist yeah. and if there's anything yeah. i need to hear to go what song is that again then i play it but yeah. even still i mean what if somebody didn't i i i i'm with ian on this one I no gotta, i think I that needs to be a whamageddon free zone that's our no man's land that, yeah. that's our, our, our christmas truce if you will yeah there we are. It was like back in the day we used to do uh, golf bets at the uh, at the car factory I worked at. Every time there was a Masters, and we had the rule: no one was allowed to pick Tiger because it just it, he just broke the system. Like there's no <laughs> point. We'd all be playing for second place, so it was no one can take Tiger. You can take anybody else in the field. That's really fun. My dad um, used to run a go like a golf club because that was he worked with Adidas and did all that. And every time it was that you'd pick you pick from the hat, and it's basically who can try and get Tiger Woods the 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 quickest from the hat. And little old me, at four years old, picked Tiger Woods. Oh, really? Yeah. I had a bet going a second one with a buddy of mine, and we had a thing going where you could pick same guy, just, just the majors. Mm. Deal was someone set the number, so you'd go like eight, and then the person on the other side got to choose: do you choose Tiger Woods, or do you choose any eight players? So the question was, what was that number where all of a sudden the, the, the tiger benefit outweighed the field? There was a couple of times it was tiger or the field. And it was just, I take yeah. the field. Yeah, the field. And someone would go, I take tiger. You're like, damn it, I want a tiger. <laughs> you have every other player, all the 150 players who were going for it. And you're just like, damn it, I want a tiger. So sometimes they break the system. Uh, speaking of breaking the system, Andy Dixon giving us some who do you think you are, love, said some effort hey. for Ian and Ethan to go only three minutes short of the main episode by themselves. Oh, I got a, I got a fun, I got a, what's it, what's it called? Is it, it was Blue Sky. I don't know what they called the, the, the Blue Sky equivalent of tweets, but, uh, Enton Ian Davies is on there and he put some, some love for, for who do you think you're on? Another there, thing, Blue Sky, very clever. It, it gives off images. So this is, this is like threads. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, I'll be honest, Blue Sky, Threads, Blue Sky, they're still kind of sucking. They're not, still, yeah, they're not I'm, taking I'm off. I'm still on Twitter. I'm on like, Twitter. I, I've got, I've got a bunch of codes and stuff, but like everyone I'm, I know is like, I don't really. No, like we have an account. It's, it's already, yeah. We have an account to make sure no one takes it on us, but yeah. that's on, that that's on Twitter. Too, but yeah. yeah, I'm just like, no. Yeah. So I've done with I'll, all of those alternatives is just add the username. Yeah. Like said, I claimed it. And then yeah. if tomorrow, you know, MySpace and Facebook thing kind of happens within Twitter and threads or something, then it's there. But outside of that, I don't see it happening. Yeah, I think I claim best film ever and best film ever pod. Because if it ever moves, I'd love to have best film ever. Um, oh, man, I'm trying to get a hold of Twitter for years. Going, they, haven't, they, haven't, <laughs> they haven't posted in 10 years. Come on, give me the account. You know, I think if you uh, now because of the whole paid membership stuff you can you have a little more i would pay uh, for it if, if they were like hey here's a 50 pound down payment for 50 pound service charge done let me pay I, you I, I did it for uh x previously twitter for um you know hermes auslander and now i have the pending verification i didn't have to do the whole verification oh. process that you used to do so that's potentially good that's to get one of the best film ever that it's just about getting the name that someone else has yeah, taken the best film ever. did someone else have hermes auslander no, no, no. What oh, okay. I'm saying is I think you have a little more sway after you become a premium, after you have like a check marker. After, I, then I would sign up for a year and appeal. then and then come off it and go, look, you got a year <laughs> out of me. You got, you got a year. It wasn't just a month. You got a year out of me. Thank you. Now I'm just going to live my life with uh, best film ever. Because the, the, the pod, it's nice. It's nice. But it would be great if I could just go and just shorten it that much more. It, yeah. Yeah, just, it, yeah, it's just it's just it reduces confusion. So there we mm. are. 
Um, let's do some. Oh, I haven't set up my keyboard here because I've got the laptop in the way this week. So let's go ahead and give some general shout outs. And we're talking about uh, Reverend Bruce wishing us a happy U.S. Thanksgiving. And we would like to extend the same to all our listenership or at least 47.35% of you. So there we are. <laughs> Hermes. Hmm. You're an American. Am I? Spoiler. I'm assuming. I'm assuming. <laughs> I'm assuming. Um, Good Thanksgiving? Yeah, we we uh, combined, you know, my wife and I obviously being far from the family and from either side of our family, we're all spread across the states and now over the world. Uh, we were able to get a couple of us back for Thanksgiving and then a combination of Christmas. That's usually what we do. We do one or the other each year and combined all the travel to that. So I got a good, you know, week, five days. I celebrated um, some birthdays that, you know, didn't fall on the specific day, but we celebrated those while we were there. We celebrated Thanksgiving. Uh, we, the wife and I recorded on it. It's, <laughs> I, I, you know what? There's actually a question. I'm curious what you guys do as far as traditions go. Do you enjoy cooking throughout the entire day and eating throughout the entire day? I mean, if you celebrate, let's say us Thanksgiving, uh, or do you, offset it in some way and that's maybe a loaded question because i'll have a follow-up for what my family does to offset it but okay what do you, you guys do i'm just curious what you mean by offset yeah right <laughs> um we don't celebrate u.s thanksgiving because mm. we're not americans <laughs> in the it's same way excuse to eat in the same way oh i'll tell you what thing is like if we talk about like christmas yeah i mean i spent a i'll say this much i spent a single u.s thanksgiving uh in the states i was actually saying this time was it liam or was it georgia and I certainly went, I don't think I'll ever get to celebrate another American Thanksgiving because it's not something you just do when you rock up. You kind of have to be invited into someone's home. And um, when I was 20, I was living in Phoenix and everybody was going home for Thanksgiving. But for me, it didn't make sense to go home because that was just a Thursday as far as Canada goes. <laughs> so going home for Thursday seemed a little bit um, a poor choice on on resources. Plus, everyone would be working. So, um, stuck around and, uh, me and a, a roommate of mine who was from Boston, we were living in Phoenix. We both got invited to our buddy's place in Miami, Arizona. And so I experienced an American Thanksgiving and I have never seen such a festival of food in my life. Two turkeys, two turkeys. And when we weren't eating, they were applying us with money to go to restaurants and go eat other things as well. It was, it was I've never had an experience like it, you guys. It's something very American about it. Um, the excess of it, <laughs> notwithstanding, it's definitely part of the package. But there is a a warmth, and I think, I don't know, I think Brits are too cynical. I think Canadians are too cynical or apathetic. There's a real genuineness about Thanksgiving, but you got to buy into it with all that Americana rah-rah, sis-boomba. But I think it's fan. I do think it's fantastic, but I'm sitting there going, you couldn't duplicate it here. Mm. The closest we get Shame. is Christmas, and even then, that's very different. Yeah, well, it's very different. It's very different. Uh, as far as, because also Christmas is is typically the big meals of lunch here. Am I mistaken, Ethan? Yeah, usually it's like a late lunch. It's usually like between two and three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then that's yeah. that's the meal. And then mm. you don't have the big evening meal. It's just the that. And, and, then, and then you're just picking. You're just picking. You're grazing. Mm. Your snacks. You're uh, getting your uh, cheese boards out. You're uh, looking at the profiteroles. You're doing all that stuff. Um, but for me, I'll cook breakfast and then obviously eat breakfast with the family. And then I'll hang into the kitchen and I'll start cooking. But by then it's like we're finished by like, I don't know, three. And then we will just eat together. And then if you get really hungry, maybe make a turkey sandwich. But um. 
I do back to your question, I do like the cold cooking through the day thing. Um it's not something I've ever done when I've been home with my family. It's always mainly been stuff when I've been over here in relationships and whatnot. I'll take that role on. Um Yeah, I don't mind it as long as the payoff's worth it, as long as everybody sort of, you know, as long as the dinner itself becomes like an event and then it justifies all the hard work that went into it. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh Let's hear about the offset, though. What what are you talking about? What's this whole thing setting up? The whole question is to set up a Hermes story. What is the Hermes story? It's it's maybe it is more of the American side of the house because uh, from what you're describing there, Ethan, even with Christmas, you know, you make something in the morning. The idea of making and eating anything before, like I said, noon to three, just doesn't seem to make sense on Thanksgiving or Christmas because it is a whole event. So. To the snacking part, you kind of maybe snack or maybe you had like a pie or something that was made the night before that you snack on. But the event for Thanksgiving specifically is, yeah, the is the turkey, how the three hours, four hours it takes to make a juicy turkey, then a juicy ham to go along with it. And, you know, the, you know, the sweet, sweet potato pie and the, uh, all of those things take so much time that to offset that time, there's usually one person, my dad always volunteers, similar to you, uh, Ian, to, be the chef uh, for the holiday season. And he's, and he's a great cook and he loves doing that because, but the main thing I think is it's his excuse to get out of the offset. If you're going to be eating, you know, let's just say 5,000 calories, who knows? You're going to be eating a lot (laughs) on Thanksgiving. We offset it with like, uh, you know, hikes and workouts in the morning. Oh my word. No, (laughs) no, no. Like we'll have a walk after, we'll have a walk after our meal to digest, but that's quite, not beforehand. That's quite a thing. The the post Christmas walk. I've never done it, but, but I have heard of that. I think George's family, I think there's usually a Christmas day run with the park run. So they'll get up and do a 5k. First thing Heck in the morning, yeah, Georgia. Heck yeah, Georgia. I think Georgia stands there with the dog, or stands there and takes pictures while our family runs around with Pip. Oh, okay. <laughs> George, yeah, yeah, George. I don't think George is doing a five k. <laughs> not for no other reason than just George just does not like to run. That's fair. Okay. That's, so that was oh, my wife this year. She she didn't realize that that was the tradition that we had so we were visiting my parents my sister was there and uh we went out for a uh six six and a half or so mile um run hike you know through the through the wilderness so that took you know all of two three hours that we were you know doing that while the father was uh cooking so we got up you know we slept in a little bit then we went and did that while he was cooking we came back we helped out with what we could and like i said then started snacking and by then it's noon it's one o'clock and then you know, you have your meal by three, four, and then you're eating from three, four. You do board games and everything. You eat from then until yeah. until Friday, Saturday morning kind of a thing. I love it. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into more of this. Uh, I'm <laughs> guessing we'll, we'll go into more of it when we do our Christmas episode, which we record in three weeks. <laughs> when, whenever like we that. record that. Whenever, yeah. we, whenever we record that, I'm sure we'll go into detail about that. But my mom was the queen of, because my, my stepdad always cooked. And we'd finish it, and the food would have been away for maybe an hour is crossed. Maybe. Mm. And he was the king of, he'd push the potato, have more. And, and I get it. You're like, I spent all day making this. You're going to eat it. And I'm sitting there going, I am full. I know when I was a teenager, this was a go-to, and I would grab that bowl three or four times. I am now an adult for whom calories definitely adhere to more than <laughs> the suggestion they were in my youth. <laughs> exactly. But we'd be done an hour, and Mama would go, 
should we get some snacks out? And it was always this rising pitch. Uh, we're just trying to go, oh, my God, chocolate. <laughs> it was always this uh, rising pitch. And mom just loved to entertain and have food. She, she didn't want to make the food. But mom would love to grab things that had been made by other people because that was, if, I don't know if you ever heard of the the five love languages. Of course. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Mom's was definitely having people around and quality yeah, time. And sure. part of that food was food and games. That was kind of it. Like we we used to watch movies when we were younger, but as we became older, it was more um, let's get together and do things that allowed us to, to communicate and to, and to be in mm-hmm. those presence. And so, uh, and, and yeah, food was a massive part of that. And if, the, if we didn't eat all the food she played, then we didn't have nearly as much fun as, as soon as the food we ate was a barometer to the time we must have had. Um, yeah. So I think those are the good parts of, uh, Christmas, of Thanksgiving, of general things. I think when we've just, it's just, it's just Christmas. I think it's the one like formal one where you all get together. Yeah. Like I, Easter, my, you don't do it on Easter. No. It's it's always it's always Christmas or maybe a birthday, but it's yeah, always it's Christmas. Like, May, maybe New Year's if you want. Oh, to maybe, maybe, yeah. yeah. My my girlfriend's Finnish, so uh, we do all the Christmas stuff with her on uh, Christmas Eve with with her mum, and then Christmas Day. Is that because they can't wait to get finished? Uh, uh. <laughs> but because of that, like Christmas Day, we'll spend it uh, with my mum. But it means we wake up at like four drive down yeah. then do that and because of that i'm already in christmas mode so i'm like gonna cook gonna cook cool breakfast done cool gonna gonna do dinner eat dinner and then i can just like sleep and that is my like my rotor the last time i had everyone around it was definitely christmas eve i did so much of my prep mm-hmm. and uh, the only thing that had to go in was i had to cook the meat the day of the road. anything that was prepped was prepped the day before so yeah. i really made most of my time that way which allowed me to have my yearly tradition of uh, smoked salmon and cream cheese and uh, Buck's Fizz until I have a nice um, stumbly stupor of a sleep for a couple <laughs> hours and then get up and uh, slept off a little buzz I had and then uh, start cooking. That's what we do. Oh, it's, always, it's always fun. Yeah, it's good. So that was... <laughs> one of our shout outs there yeah. uh who else we got a uh, tattoo squid podcast for the love bigger movie pod for the love russell the posty because cm punk returned uh ethan i know you don't do wrestling hermes do you do wrestling nope okay i did see people were talking a lot about wrestling recently because he's all this guy called cm punk came back and yeah. uh liam and i were at famously at his uh, last match here in london when apparently <laughs> he got into a big backstage altercation which resulted in being fired from all elite wrestling and he returned to WWE, as, as as was predicted by yours truly, for the second straight time. <laughs> and Russell the Posty asked, hey, did you ever get the $5 you bet from Name Redacted? Uh, I'm not going to mention his name here. That would be uncouth. But my response to Russell was, I ah, no, I don't remember if Dan Mackles never paid me the $20 we bet very publicly <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> but for the record, it wasn't 5 it was 20 But, you know. <laughs> Who's keeping track of that stuff? Uh-oh, Mr. Mackle. <laughs> Mr. Mackle's Can of the Zone, Mr. Mackle's giving us a bad name. <laughs> giving us a bad name. That's all right. Um, I, I get something way better from $20. I get to lord this over him for all eternity. That's what the important part is. So there we are. Uh, Carlo, uh, give us some weird ranking system where we were referred to as a neutral good podcast. Ethan, did you see this? I did. We weren't, we weren't, what was the other one? It was, 
It was chaotic evil and lawful evil. good, yeah. chaotic good, neutral good. Now, does that mean we're the nice ones? What does that mean about us? There's neutral true neutral good. as well. I'm looking at. Well, he it. said so it's like the D and D uh, breakdown. Yeah, right? your, your alignment chart. Yeah, yeah, he he yeah, said yeah. that you and I were on one side, Liam and Georgia on the other. And Megs was in the middle, and that's what makes yeah. us neutral and gave us the perfect balance gift from uh, uh, Avengers, where you know uh, Thanos is balancing that needly thing on his finger. Um, so I'm trying to figure out when he says we're on one side. I'm assuming you and I have to be chaotic and not lawful. We, we must be like yeah. Liam chaotic. and Georgia have to be lawful over chaotic, right? Mm. Maybe I think, but maybe because we're more analytical and less like. Abortion like views of film. Does that make us chaotic? Are we sociopathic? Is that the message? Does that make us lawful? But I would think I could easily be interpreted as lawful. But I have a hard time seeing Georgia and Liam as chaotic. Megan, I can see as chaotic. Yes, I think I think what I've learned is Carl doesn't know Megan well enough. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> but such as Megan and the gin bottle are chaotic. That's all. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Carl, get back to us. What were you trying to say? Um, and then gift of the week was rifle. Um, our, our our guest of honor here, Hermes, had a had an input here. As the Kara, Queen of the Gift, Russell the Posty, Chris Peterson. I'm sure there were some other ones as well. Uh, but if I had to go uh, bronze medal, I'll go to Chris Peterson, who did something from Home Alone. Kevin McAllister with the rifle. Pew shooting uh, uh, Daniel Stern in the forehead. Our silver medal, I'll give to, and I think a silver medals, and not quite reach number one. I think a Hermes Oslander. And so uh, that's my second place there for uh, a uh, night of the round table taking off his glasses mm-hmm. grabbing his rifle and going off to do some stuff <laughs> really rigged uh my, my 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 first place russell the posty dwight uh Schrute with a rifle about to shoot uh michael scott on the office how can you not office. give it to that oh, shocker there we go rigged <laughs> well you know long as we let you have your little rigged moment it's all good <laughs> <laughs> I've certainly not chaotic evil in any. No, of course not. No, if I had to rank our listeners, I don't know where I'd put you there. Jeez, uh, it's that time of year. Spotify Wrapped is happening, and some people are sharing that the BFE is part of their Spotify Wrapped. Uh, Chris Peterson uh, sent us that we were his number one podcast of the year. I kid you not. Like you know, Hudson's like, how many episodes you listened to and how long in time it was? Eight days. Eight days of his life has been spent listening to the BFE. That's a lot of days. That's a lot of days. I said, that's, that's I said, I said, the most BFE thing isn't even the fact we finished number one. And thank you for letting us finish number one. It's the day count. That's what that is. <laughs> that you can measure our output in days. Heck, we, we surpassed a week of solid content. That's incredible. That he listened to. Not even the stuff we put out there. The stuff that he's listened to. You're welcome for those uh, extended episodes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're going to look at months at this point, Jace. Uh, we're number one ahead of Wrestle Talk, which is a podcast I actually quite raise. The fact that we were they were as number two and we were as number one, I was like, get in. I'm sure the guys at Wrestle Talk are like, who's this best film ever? Who's <laughs> tagged ahead of us? What is going on? Eight days. <laughs> It's a lot. It's a lot of content. It's like three uh, episodes at least. It's at least like three episodes. <laughs> Why not give us a review, Ethan? You need to help me out with this. Yep. Apple or Spotify? I hear five is a nice number. Five is a magic number. Checking in with the morning report. <laughs> Q 
can we talk about this for two minutes? I usually, I mean, geez, like this is going to be an episode that's going to be short on tangents to begin with. Sorry, Lulu. Um, <laughs> we're looking at, I want to talk about grocery shopping today. Oh. It's that time of year, right? Yeah. I don't know what it's like in America, Hermes. You'll have to uh, be my specialist on the, on, on the you're, you're, my, you're my ears and boots on the ground there. there but um, in this country, they're pushing us all towards uh, checking out of grocery stores in the self-checkout lanes. Is that the same situation where you are? Oh, absolutely. Oh, great. I mean, there's 40 lanes that you could choose from, and there's maybe two that are manned and the other 10 of them are self-checkout serious wow jeez mm, yeah. um and so doing that lately and uh i've had some had some issues with it so i just want to i just want to share oh <laughs> it's been it's been the week for it so i was at one of our major there's a there's a morrison's morrison's is probably i don't know it's like the number what three grocery chain in this yeah. country three four yeah it's like higher up than the regular one but still not as like yeah, it's, it's not it's not like your budget grocery store it's in that mid-range so i don't know it's not for, what part i don't know what part of the country from hermes but it's not like fries i think fries is a pretty good one i'm trying to my my my, my kroger is kroger a thing where you are uh not where i'm at uh, it's more of a west coast thing okay uh the, the equivalent to that would be um uh, maybe like a, that's that's going to be too specific. I'm trying to like yeah, I hear you, I hear or... <laughs> anyway, it's like a mid range kind of thing. If you're, if you're in Canada, it's not it's not Sobeys. It's probably more like a, I don't know, like a Foodland or something like that. Anyway, um, I'm in there and I've got this multi buy thing. Buy three for the price of two, or get the cheapest one free. All that <laughs> stuff, right? So I've got these two kind of gourmet-looking kind of pizzas. I'm like, that'll do me for the week. And then I was like, I don't really want a third pizza. That just seems like it's a lot of tasty pizza in a row. Instead, I was walking around, and I saw someone that said, oh, I was like, oh, maybe some party food, because it's just pizza. That seems a strange thing. Mm. It should be, they said Christmas party food. I was like, all right. And they had this little section, and I had like this matzo sticks. And I'm like, oh, I had the same sticker, three for two. I went, great, I'm going to get three for two. So I go on up, and you go to the beep, beep, beep. And I'm looking, and it's one of those ones where the minute you hit you, you qualify, it triggers the discount. Oh, yeah. So Tesco, you have to wait to hit pay now, and then all the discounts show up at once. So you go, wow. But at this one, but at this one, it does it in real time. And I went, huh, didn't trigger. Weird. So I went through the rest of it and called my button for assistance. Now, back in the old days, when I'm sitting there with one person, they'd go, oh, that's weird. I'm going to call someone over. So now I'm going, can you come on over? So it takes forever for someone to come find me. Hmm. Then I go, hey, I have this problem. And they go, are you sure? No, no, this is a different deal. And I went, no, no, no. I was just there. I promise you I looked. And I'm sure people try and pull crap on these things all the time. Hmm. So as a result, the people who work behind these things have heard so many lies and BSs and scams. Ethan used to do his job, didn't you? Just me, Ethan? Nope. Ethan, did you? can you hear me? Oh, yeah, you're back. Okay. (laughs) Hermes and I were like a bit confused for a second. (laughs) So you used to do a job with the person who sort of works at the self-checkout thing, right? Yeah, I did. Okay. So I have to call them over. I call them over and go, here's the thing. They go, no, 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 that's a different deal. I said, no, no, it's the right deal. Off they go. Well, back in the day, you'd just be slowing down your line. 
But now because this person's with me, I'm slowing down eight lines, manner of speaking. And I go, hey, I'll go take a look and make sure I'm not wrong. So I wasn't 100% the, I'm like 99 on the monster sticks. I'm like, that's the one that'll be a mistake if it's there. Mm-hmm. So I go hustling back. And I go and I find out, no, no, I'm very much right. At which point, so I have a headset who looks like he's like discount Justin Timberlake from NSYNC comes around and goes, oh, are you the guy? And I'm like, that's a very generic way of referring to it, but I'm going to guess yes, I am, <laughs> said the guy. I'm like, okay, well, let's go ahead and we'll, we'll punch out. I said, great, let's punch me out. So I get back and they get told, oh, no, what is it? And she goes, well, maybe if we pay, it'll trigger it then. And I said, I really don't think it will. No, no, I think it might. And I'm like, no. So I pay, and you're not going to believe this, guys. Didn't trigger after the fact I paid. I don't know what the thought was. So now I have to go into a second queue where she has to go down and explain to the person working the customer service desk about what's happened to me. The problem is she's not getting it either. So I have to explain to her what the deal is. And I'm supposed to say like 450. She goes, 450. She goes, how much are they supposed to be? I said, 450. She goes, but you paid 450. I said, yeah, I know. I'm supposed to get them for free. What? I don't understand. No, no, that's a different deal. I went, no, no, no. Hang on, hang on. Let's do it again. So finally, she goes, 450, great. And she goes, okay, it's all set up for you to get your 425 back. And I'm like, you know what? Done. I don't care enough to argue. Because when it first didn't show up, the thought is, is it worth it to bring it up to save 450? And I'm like, yes, I wouldn't have bought this. It wasn't one that I went, oh, I'm getting a deal on something I'm already buying. I wasn't going to buy it. So I'm like, there we go. And I was like, oh, that's a disaster. I'm literally in the shop two days later. And I'm buying some French beer because we are doing Napoleon. See it or skip it. And I thought it'd be fun to drink some, have some sort of link. So I'm like, I'll buy a French beer. Despite the fact that I had to Google what is French beer. Well, I'm in the beer section. <laughs> when this can clearly says la première bière française. So there we are. <laughs> It could be anywhere. That could be from anywhere. Could be made in Toronto. That's right. right. It could be Montreal's finest. <laughs> so, uh, and it was one of those things where I saw it. It was 11 pounds. I went, great, 11 pounds. And then, because I'm not drinking much beer these days, actually. And then I looked and it said two for 17. And I'm like, oh, that's a good enough deal, actually, that maybe I'll go for it. So I grabbed that and I grabbed a Carlsberg Export. And that was 13 pounds. So I'm 24 pounds all in. A 17's the deal. Hmm. So, beep. Beep. Does not trigger. And I'm like, not this again. So they call the woman over. She goes, oh, you're old enough, tee hee hee. I said, well, it's not really about that. Although you do have to verify that as well. Yeah. I said, these are supposed to do the thing. She goes, oh, are you sure? They're different beers. I said, I know it's, it's a mix and match deal you guys have going on. And at that moment, again, you have doubt don't you maybe (laughs) i've made the mistake maybe i've misinterpreted this so off she goes to get it and she comes back and goes well we're definitely two for 17 i said thank you and then she's looking at the bill and looking at my order and looking at the bill and looking at my order and i can tell she's going i don't know how i'm gonna do do the math for this (laughs) so instead she goes i'll tell you what she opens it up she deletes one of them from the record (laughs) so i think it made up for the other day because i got 24 pounds worth of beer for 11 pounds so i'll That's take amazing. that i'll That's take incredible the, the, uh, hey you know what carlo was right perfect bounce 
Universe yeah. makes universe gives. <laughs> we are, so. As someone who's who's oh. done like part of my job was I had to I had to fix the machines, I had to go into them and do all that. Like that was my job to be the I was the guy on the headset. That was my whole thing. It's really not as difficult as, as some of them act like it is. Oh. It's literally Ethan, can you come over? Yeah, sure. And then it's like, oh what's wrong? It's like, oh, this deal didn't go through. Okay, cool. I go on my headset. Ask the manager to look through the directory, just see what it is, and then I just press three buttons, and then it's gone. <laughs> or then I get a key and I open the the machine up. That that was all. Yeah, I did that during uh, when I was in college, but it was like the um, graveyard shift that I was in a grocery. Oh, and, oh those and, are always and, fun. Oh well, there was never a line necessarily, but the people felt like they were in a hurry at that point at two a.m. Mm. or something. And uh, I actually got in trouble for what. Ian's describing here where anytime I encountered a problem, I just said, you know what? Screw it. Here's the employee discount or here's the whatever. And I'm just, <laughs> just be on your day. It's all of, like you said, it's 25 cents or it's $2. Like it does not matter. Just yeah. go, just take it. <laughs> it got me in trouble. It's like this discount code has to be registered this way. So that for this reason, and I get it, I get it, I get it. But I was 19 years old and I said, yeah, screw it. Just go. <laughs> yeah. Oh. My opening discovery was, it was like, as long as it doesn't go over like 20 quid and like, for the profit mm-hmm. margins, no one can, <laughs> which was an eye-opening thing to discover very early on in the job. <laughs> I I used to love actually doing my grocery shopping in the middle of the night. When I was working at the car factory, I would frequently go and uh, and do my shopping at like 3 a.m. Oh, it was brilliant. No one around. The odd thing was occasionally you had to like call someone over to the tills because didn't have self checkouts. Yeah. So like, hey, can you can can you come here? I, I just want to do yeah. some uh, checking out. But man, there's no. Oh man, I just I just don't like being surrounded by that many people. So especially yeah. this time of year. So anytime when there's like middle of the night shopping, bring it. That is my happy place. See, I got lucky because we. Um, I don't know if it's in America, but in the UK you can uh, order a delivery for like for your your Christmas shop essentially. So. We've already got our order planned for, I think it's like the 19th of December. So for the next month, like, well, like a couple of weeks, we get to add to what we want to like have on our shop. And I don't have to go into, into any shop. I don't have to worry about people. I don't have to worry about some guy taking the last thing because I got there too late. I just get to go on my iPad and press some little little uh, colorful pictures. And then I'm like, oh, my Christmas shop's done. Yeah, home <laughs> home grocery shopping. Uh, uh, we, don't, we don't have the order ability back home, at least not where I'm from. Mm. So... Canada's really big. <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, plus, I mean, in America, you'd have to, t- I mean, everyone's all about tipping these days. Every time I look on, it's about who should you tip and oh, how much boy. should you tip them. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> That's why I've started, I didn't used to carry cash, but now I've made a point to carry cash because people will take the tip in cash, even if it's less than what they have on their little screen to tip. So I don't feel bad pressing no tip and then just handing cash over. Have you had any issues with people going, I'm not coming up your stairs if you're not going to tip? Up my stairs. Well, I don't get delivery really that much, so I don't – I do oh, live okay. on the third floor, so no. <laughs> no that that probably would be something I would have an issue with, though. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, <laughs> let's do – oh, you're going to be bored for a minute, but we got to do this. Sorry, Hermes, because it's time for week number 13 in <laughs> – As we do our little segment here on the BFE Patreon Fantasy Football League. Um, I don't know. BFE went two and three last week, Ethan. 
I was not one of those two. You were not one of the two. You were one of the three, as was I. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Georgia, Georgia was one of the two. She beat Stu by 15 points. I'm looking at my numbers for for how how much I lost. Liam Liam lost to Kev by over thirty points. Oh, Ethan oh, only 30. Ethan doubled that and lost to James DeGuzen by over sixty points. Remember last how week? I said I went. Oh, I'm going to get you, Joe. I'm going to I'm going to beat you because yeah. for for like a brief moment you were ahead. It was for a brief moment. It was like, yeah, you got a sixty five percent chance of winning, and I took that and I ran with it. Then I woke <laughs> up on Sunday morning. Or Monday morning, just went, oh. I, Dwayne Smith did say in our reflections and corrections, I didn't mention it, how much he loved my rant last week <laughs> about fantasy football and where I was at and my crafting of the perfect team, and now it's all being taken away from me. Um, <laughs> oh, If it wasn't for luck, I'd win them all, but because of luck, I don't win any of them. <laughs> Ethan lost uh, James Guzman or 60 points. He, uh, James Guzman's gone from 0-6 to 6 uh, and to six and six, so he lost his first six and has won his next six. I really thought I was going to break his streak. I got him next week, so we'll see. Uh, Ted Lasso tells us. I don't know if either of you. Oh, Ethan, you're a big Ted Lasso guy. Yeah, yeah. They say it's the hope that kills you. Yeah. Because I was playing Megan last week, and I was supposed to lose by over thirty points. And at one point, I was a three percent to ninety-seven percent underdog. Ooh. And I clawed my way back to a 51-49 advantage and went to bed going as long as DJ Moore doesn't ball out. I don't even have a second quarterback. Like, I'm doing this with bits of string. I might actually beat Megan. And I went to bed and I woke up and his quarterback didn't throw any touchdowns. I'm like, oh. The game was relatively scored. He only threw for like 200 yards. I'm like, how much damage could DJ Moore have done? Now remember, a good game's like, I don't know, seven catches, 80 yards, 100 yards, great game. It's been like 11 catches for 145 yards. So I got, I clawed all the way back just to drop it at the last possible notion. So Meg's won. And at one point she was talking about, oh, this football thing's really hard. I'm like, is this an acknowledge me thing? Is that what you're going for? And she hadn't even realized she'd beat me. <laughs> Oh, I was I was not in a good way. So there we are. So there. But I do have to hit this. I got to hit. Oh, it's the wrong batch. Too many buttons. Grumble, grumble. Oh, I, me. let's do it again. Acknowledge me. I got to acknowledge Dwayne Smith, our new number one. God bless you, buddy. God bless good you. Good Dwayne Smith. Dwayne. I had a two-game cushion. I had a two-game. I wasn't just in the lead. I was in the lead by two games. I went... I lost to Liam in week one. I won nine straight and have now dropped three on the trot. Three on the trot, two on the trot. Two on the it's trot. A, a gambling uh, addict kind of mentality. I refuse to gamble. I'm terrified of what I'd be. Um, See, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, at the matchups for, for this coming week, for uh, week 13. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah. Oh, mate. So I've figured out, I think. Because the top six teams make the playoffs, and all that's left is this week and next week, and then we start the playoffs. Hmm. Nine wins, it looks like, will get you in. I'm at nine wins and three losses. The worst I can do is nine and five, because I've got my nine wins. Yeah. So unless something goes terribly wrong, I should win the tiebreaker. 
and I should. The only one who can catch me really is 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 Dirk. And if 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 oh, if Dirk dethrones my streak and removes me from the playoffs, he will be the acknowledge me. I think I'll be okay. I think I'll make it, but we'll see. Um, Georgia, if she wins this week, she gets the nine wins. Stu, if Stu wins this week, he gets the nine wins. So, yeah, it's a general thing. But we've got Liam 14 against Reverend Bruce 13 in a battle of the, oh, is football still on, guys? Uh, Ethan 15 versus the cool cat Ryan Kuket 7, who at last check had not set a full lineup. He's got a couple. I was I was looking yep, through. He's he got a couple that he hours. hasn't done yet. Yeah. Yep. You I'm might get lucky. Granted, for me, last week I went, well, I'm 65. Actually, Kuket's is seven. I said the top six make the playoffs. It's in my best interest if he does not set a lineup and you beat him. Well, I'm a, I think it's 78% chance for me. There we are. So, but I looked. If he puts those two players in, he's got you by like 8%. Well, um, you so know. hopefully he makes it. It's about an hour to go, I think. Um, Megan number two against Ensign Ian Davies 12, which feels like it should be a Megan win. Hmm. Ian versus James DeGuzman, three versus eight. And James's players went off on Thursday, so I'm like a 70-30 underdog already. And Georgia number five in the game of the week against Dwayne Smith. Ooh. Against Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. There it is. Number one. <laughs> number one. So, And I think at last check, George was favored to win. So that would be interesting. The, the, this whole breakdown of fantasy football is always baffling to me that you can just you could win a game like your team, but it's it's not the overall. Like there's so many breakdowns for it that just yep. yeah yeah. I would have beat eight other teams why last week. I would beat eight other teams. <laughs> why can't it just be a straight up? Why can't you if you're going to be a gambler, Ian? Why not just be a gambler? Just gamble on the game itself. You know, no, it's, just so, it's great. Part. It's social. It's it's a social element. It's being able to get a hold of someone and go, "Hey, I beat you." That's the joy. You can do that with gambling. I do you that with can, my mom, but it's not, it's, like, it's, you know. it's not like as organized as this. And plus, the chance for me to name and shame on my I'm using my podcast <laughs> for my own personal agenda. Isn't that what we all do? <laughs> yeah. I thought that's what podcasts were. It's what it was, isn't it? It's the whole basis of the Ian character on the BFE. Just, you know, the minute you got people in the, oh, oh you're not in it. There's a side shot for the fantasy football league, man. When, when Dirk beat me, the amount of collective joy it brought to people. Oh, <laughs> nobody knows my struggles. They don't know how hard <laughs> it is to be me. As a villain, I'm sure no one knows. No one knows. <laughs> villain. Just misunderstood. Misunderstood. Uh, Scar. Why is he called Scar? Why is his name that thing, that disformity? That's mean, Mufasa. You got a cool, like, proper name, like Mufasa. Your kid's Simba, and he's Scar. You know, just because you make good points doesn't mean you're not still the villain. Okay, Does, Doesn't mean I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, let's talk about this today why are we doing this he said uh, i don't know how many minutes in we are now probably 45 minutes or so 49 minutes yeah, or so we, we can keep going on the uh, fantasy football i have a couple more yeah, questions yeah you this. love fantasy football i know you do <laughs> i want you in this next year why aren't you in this oh see the megan doesn't watch any football so- and she's in second like well see it's I not even know. about watching it it's the it's the added time oh it's not taken. that much 
I'd be with uh, Ethan where I'd just be like, oh, yeah, I got to do that thing. And and then you'd be getting on my case about doing that thing that I still haven't done. I look on Ethan's case because Ethan's a host. I love it when the (laughs) Patreon backers don't put a team in. I'm like, there's a win. (laughs) If you can get content out of, uh, like making someone feel like a little goofball you you take it yeah that's all competitive i'm really competitive i'm see i bring it bring it in there and that that's why we do fantasy football that's what it's about (laughs) there we are um so why are we doing this today we're doing this because it's a bfe of the sorry bff the bfe episode hermes oslander brought us doubt why'd you bring us doubt buddy so i have because we because we talked about this like i shot this down a couple times (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes, you have. Yes, you have. And, and you know, and for it, I'm glad it happened on a boys' night. I'm glad we were able to have the universe come together the way it has. And I have a list of BFE um, movies that it's broken down into those that qualify and then those that are wild cards. And when I had first pitched it to you, funny enough, it was at 8.0. And then oh, after really? I pitched it to you, it was at 7.9. And of course, that, that wasn't going, me and everybody on the pod just voting it down. I'm so we didn't sure have to do it, it wasn't. I'm sure it wasn't the hashtag rigged at all. But going back and forth with it, I, you know, Spotlight is another one that is a similar Ooh, it, yeah. film that t- uh, tackles a similar um, topic, but from a different perspective. And, you know, not to give away anything that's in the chamber, but. That I think though these two films go together really well for a conversation. And so when this one kept going back and forth, back and forth, I pitched it to you thinking it was probably the heavier of the two when oh, okay. it comes to when it comes to um like intimate uh, discussion or in the intimacy of the discussion, uh being like it's all firsthand accounts. So I was really when I was watching this when I was watching Spotlight, I was really like, you know what? I have to, you know, like I do when I watch movies now. I gotta, I gotta know what BFE <laughs> thinks. I gotta know what my BFFs <laughs> over there are gonna take on this. And I have a, you know, I have it playing out in my head. You know, George is probably gonna reject this part of it, and she's not gonna be okay with that part of it. You know, Ethan's gonna like this, and he, he, more than likely, Ethan's gonna be my corner as as history has shown. And Ian and I. You know, it could go either way. I can't it could go either see. way because sometimes it's whiplash and we're on the same side. <laughs> it could go either. I can't, I just the discussion is what I was really interested in because I've had the discussion multiple times. I come from a Catholic family. My mom is very oh, heavily Catholic. Okay. And so the discussion has been brought up. It has been um, talked about. And I'm great. yeah to have more perspectives is definitely part of the conversation that I enjoy. That's great. Cause I have some questions about Catholicism. So there we are. Um. Let me go ahead hit the button and we'll get Felix sort of hitting the um hitting the uh well I guess the key information for this. What was the pitch that he had? A Catholic school principal questions a priest's ambiguous relationship with a troubled young student. Whew. Sign me out for boys' night. <laughs> wow. All right. Everybody else was getting out. Felix is getting out too. He's getting very opinionated, his little Felix. It's not exactly, are you ready to laugh, is it? (laughs) (laughs) Fun for the whole family. Jeez. It's even got a Christmas tree, so it's like it's oddly seasonal in it, but I'm like, wow. (laughs) Christmas, Christmas time is here. Technically, it kind of follows on from last week's. There was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, Directed and written by John Patrick Shanley, who also wrote the play this is based on as well. He's done 27 sort of officially released plays he wrote moonstruck he wrote joe versus the volcano he wrote alive so um 
Yeah, I think with Alive, he found his niche and went, yeah, just depression. That's what we're going for here. <laughs> uh, cinematography by Roger Deakins. And uh, I love Roger Deakins. Mm. Um, famous for, I chose one per, and then we done on the BFE, plus one per decade. So Sid and Nancy, the Shawshank Redemption Fargo, check out the pod. The Big Lebowski, check out the app. No Country for Old Men, check out the app. Hail Caesar, check out the app. <laughs> 1917. <laughs> Music by Howard Shore, who's done Silence of the Lambs. Check that one out. Seven, check that one out. That thing you do, check that one out. Dogma, there's one for the future. And then the Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy, check out Fellowship in the Two Towers on our back catalog. The Departed, Hermes brought us that one, if memory serves. Uh, Gangs of New York, that'll be a good one to bring along. And Spotlight, which has already been referenced in this review. So there we go. First time I saw this episode, Ethan, what was yours? Today, I'd known about it for, for ages. There was like, I think when I was like 15 and I wanted to like really get into films that weren't just like blockbusters or marvel films this is the or one paddington like, or paddington padding oh, paddington is probably you? probably as polar opposite as you get from this film is paddington yeah <laughs> and i was like oh let's see these old films and i think it was just after it was just after philip seymour hoffman died i think and everyone was going on about like his back catalog and everyone everyone goes on about Sonic the key new york and everything and people were like doubt and i was like, oh what's that couldn't find it anywhere still and until like this week so I'm glad I was finally able to actually see it after building it up for like probably eight years. Yeah, I think I saw this when it was like up for all the Oscars because um, this was um, that time when I was trying to, well, I was at the theater with well, the cinema a lot. Um, this wouldn't have been on my docket. I'm like, Saturday night, yeah, let's go get a pizza and then we'll go check out Doubt. Uh, it's not really date night stuff, is it? Um, Speak for yourself. There we go. <laughs> Castle guilt. Um, and then you've got um so so i saw for the first time t- today i mean the big one when, when philip seymour hoffman died for me was capote i've never mm-hmm. seen that and i hear that's one i gotta check out because that's what he wins for isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. Um, you know and as what as a, as a tangent is concerned i wouldn't put capote um as his best oh really okay there's a couple up there but certainly absolutely you know it great before, how he does so such good work anytime he's in something that it's, it's hard to pick but Personally, I would put it, you know, in like his mid-range. Um, so, yeah. So it was funny. I actually watched this and then Ethan and I recorded on Doctor Who. <laughs> and he went, how you doing? I went, I've just finished Doubt. And uh, I'm not like, because when I first ended it, I went, oh, it's all right. And then it was weird. I couldn't shake it off that easy. I probably needed the, uh, the, the recording session on Doctor Who to take me somewhere else. Uh, because of the nature of the narrative itself. So we can talk. Well, we will talk. Well, that's the whole point of why we have a podcast, I suppose. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. But yeah, it wasn't one that I was. Av- I was. It's one that I knew was out there. It's one that I knew was very highly regarded. The acting anyway. I knew everybody pretty much in it got nominated for Oscars, which if I would have thought totally valid. We once did. Uh, what was it called? Um, um, oh, it's what Eddie Redmayne wins his uh, Oscar oh, for. Um, Theory everything. There we go. So, and that kind of just got in. It didn't meet the criteria, but he won an Oscar for Best Actor. So we kind of went, okay, if it's if it wins one of the big five, or if it's nominated for several of the big five, yeah, so be it. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think Felix and I are getting a little bit more lenient in our BFF of the BFE movies going forward, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. It's not going to be like we're still not going to see Spirited. Let's put it that way. It's not going to make its way up. 
<laughs> I did watch it. I did watch it because I was bored the other day and went, okay, what's she on about? And so maybe I'll get to the majority of record a, a seat or skip it on Spirit at this holiday season. Who knows? <laughs> it's about as, again, it's about as far removed from this, this, uh, yeah. this thing as possible. Most things are, I think. That's true. That's true. You can pretty much say about most things. Peanut butter is about as far removed from doubt as you can get. <laughs> A uh, little bit of context corner. As, as always with uh, BFF of the BFE movies that I haven't seen before, I really kind of uh, let this um, – I kind of take a, a slight bit of a backseat on the uh, context and the, and the factoids because I kind of value the conversation more so than that. So if it's something someone wants to bring to it and say, I know this thing, but I really wanted my first watch to be authentic and not be spoiled for myself uh, outside of I, – I knew what the pitch was, but that was about it. So all I've got in my notes is that Doubt is a 2008 American drama film written and directed by John Patrick Shanley based on his Pulitzer Prize winning and Tony Award winning 2004 stage play Doubt a Parable. That's all I got for context. Ooh. So there we go. The deep dive begins. We get the Miramax logo and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, this is, uh, I've got my notes. I'm you right, I'm you right. It's, it's still hard to see that logo. And it's a shame because Miramax used to mean to me, like, you know, movies of like mid budget quality. Now yeah. it means Harvey Weinstein. Which is a shame because of how many other people oh. comprised Miramax, you know? There was, uh, there's a movie we got coming up at some point in the near future. And, uh, I reached out to get someone. We, we, we couldn't get them. But one of my questions was going to be, is it difficult to uh, to be associated with, with these things? Or are you able to compartmentalize that from, um, you know, one of the names involved on the production team? Hmm. Are you still able to, to appreciate the work? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's very topical for the film itself, right? Like, the institution of religion and the Catholicism wow. as a specific religion. Those in power protecting uh, their own. Yeah. There's a, the nuance I think of, of the, of the conversation that I always come back to, regardless of um, where this problem is stemming from is, yeah. Can you lump everybody into the same category that one bad apple or like a series of bad apples, uh, you know, that, that sour taste that they, that they leave. Can you, can you, continue that for everything it's really interesting because i did reach out to another friend to see if they wanted to come on this episode who's a methodist minister Mm. and i was just going to go what you know obviously there is a um oh what's word i'm looking for here obviously there is a Oh, what's the word? I'm, um, 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 it's like, it's like a negative, negative association. Stigma. stigma. That's what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a stigma that's attached to elements of the Catholic Church because of stories like the one that is suggested here in this film. And I think that's expressed its way across to most sort of Christian-based religion, full stop. Mm-hmm. Oh, for the record, it wasn't Reverend Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> it was someone I know in real life. And... uh you kind of went, oh, I don't know if I want to. Uh, and I just think it was the idea that it was a depressing film to him, mm. but maybe. But it would have been interesting to go, you know, what are the ramifications of stories like this upon, like you said, tarring everybody with the same brush? Um, what is the damage that a, the success of a film like this could have to the reputation of those who are 100% innocent and caring and, and, and all the good things? But you go, we have to be diligent. That means we have to suspect everybody all the time. Well, I know Hermes mentioned Spotlight before, and I remember when that came out. 
the amount of people that I would like see being like, oh, I'm gonna I'm spotlight. It's spotlight is another spotlight within the within like the the church became like it was like the the running. I mean, there's there's always that running gag on like show like Family Guy or South Park. Yeah, but I think yeah. there was a whole episode of South Park about like everyone suspecting um, the Reverend because of that. Well, there's a whole episode of South Park where all the other ministers are stunned that he doesn't abuse the kids. Oh, yeah. And they're like, what do you mean you don't abuse the kids? He's like, it keeps going up up, up all the way to Rome. And they're like, you find out it's like part of the, oh, I mean, it's them going to the nth degree as South Park always does. South Park, which I can now watch for like a week because this film was on Paramount+. Plus. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I got, I got mine on a Paramount. I can make sure I cancel that in six I days. To, I went to use my, my UD thing, Books of Broadcast, and I was like, oh, cool, doubt, excellent. It was in Dutch. That was it. I was frustrated because I watched it through my Amazon Prime app on my TV, but because it was Paramount, whenever I paused it, it didn't give me the character names oh, or the. Because I've become really used to that. It's a really yeah. handy thing with note taking. The X ray feature is great. Because, yeah, I have to look up who it is or what was the character name again. It's always there. So mm. uh, we get shots of a street in Brooklyn, um, shots of a rainy church. And I think I've gotten, I think I'm into see and a great score, but I, I, I've got my notes. Should we talk about the score? It's haunting. I got my notes. It's haunting, but educational. And I'd forgotten at that point it was a school based film. It had <laughs> elements of like the goodwill hunting kind of things, but mm. also this like darkened Academic, yeah. key. Yeah. I was like, it's really clever how that's because it's just inferential. That's what music is. The thing yeah. with this too is because a lot of this film has like very slow, like dialogless, uh, like shots and scenes i'm really focusing on the music and it's really getting to me as i'm i'm having my own doubt <laughs> well the religious hymns and the choir organs mm. like the whole setting i think is what i put down for sound and and the beginning of the film because like you said the way it the way the music comes in and then of course the shot that it's choosing to play the music for yeah it, it definitely i think they they go hand in hand and in, in, in a subtle but like pretty pretty in your face way i think in a lot of way in a lot of times especially like it, i think it's like the third or fourth shot where it's opening to the choir boy's bed like his bedroom and it's like some of the oh, innocent children and then it has the choir and the lyrics within the hymn that they're singing being corruption it was it's like woo, that was fast so we start with uh I thought Jimmy was going to be a thing, but he's woken up from his bedroom. Like you said, you're serving mass today. Interesting, even the invasion of the bedroom with that message. I hadn't picked up on that, but that's a good point. And then um, he runs off to church, and he's the first one there. And then late to church is Donald Miller, played by Joseph Foster. And he's late, and he asks Jimmy if Jimmy thinks he's fat and it's a bit weird, and we never get closure on this. It's mm. just left there. And so we can infer any number of things. Who said this to him? Is this something he was told by the, the, the reverend? Or is this something that's been said by his father? We don't know. And so much mm. like the characters in this film, which I thought was brilliant, you ain't getting all the answers today, folks. Not at all. Yep. Not at all. And it was at that point, I got to about th three quarters away from the movie, and I went, this is why Hermes picked this movie. <laughs> I went, this would break probably Liam, not knowing. Well, there's so many elephants. There's the elephant in the yeah. movie, but there's so many hints at 
yeah, to, to make you uncomfortable yep. throughout the and give you that doubt. It's 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 brilliant. And in this my is eyes. and it's really. tying into because by this point, of course, we've all heard of many scandals in the Catholic Church, mm. and, and especially about these grown men and these young boys, because that's who basically these guys have exposure to. I went to a Catholic school for a couple of years in secondary school. So like, what's that? Is that junior school or something for, for Americans? That's like ages 11 to, to 12. That'd be like I, late elementary, early. junior high. Yeah, I went great. to a Catholic school for a, for a couple of years. Oh my God. The amount of like, we need to be careful. You can't do like with, with everything. Like even as a yeah. kid, I was like, eh, this is, this is, sounds weird here. What do you mean? Yeah, uh, what, what do you mean by we, we, we can't do anything? So, like, they were very, very aware of, like, the stigma. So it was, like, the uh, reverence only going to Everything you can do to protect yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if, if you need to go somewhere, make sure that there's, like, one, one of the sisters are with you or there's someone else because, like, we don't want to attach any negative stigma to this uh, school, which would then close anyway and become a reality series on Channel 5. So, like, it, it, they did really well for themselves, but, you know. Well, I remember um, I was in a... Because obviously part of this crosses over into the realm of teaching in general. Mm. And I remember I was part of a whole school. Uh, we call them CPD session, computer, uh, sorry, c- continual professional development. Yeah. And we're talking about what the sort of what the protocols are and yada, yada, yada. I think there was a case, uh, a role player, a case study or something. What do you do if a, a year seven has fallen down and hurt themselves and one of the younger female members of staff uh, she wasn't like fresh out of uni. She was doing teaching as like a uh, a second thing, which you can do in this country. So she's probably about early 30s. She's a young mom. Oh, I'd take him and I'd sit him on my lap and I'd tell him it's okay. And if he needed a hug, I'd give him a hug. And I wouldn't think, and they're like, you shouldn't do that. And she's like, what? I wouldn't think for a moment that anybody would see anything wrong with that. And then I remember I raised my hand and went, as a male member of staff, that's pretty much all, that, that, that's the number one. I would never let myself do this. Mm because of the reputation that is out there and you're going it's not about even it's it's really interesting it ties in nicely with this film it's not about what the true thing is it's about what they think they've seen Mm. and perception is everything perception because if someone perceives something and walks away and never says anything to to me or someone else directly about it but walks and says something to someone else that's your reputation for whatever right and Oh, sorry. No, no. So it was, it was it was that concept of how does it's always about. I remember I used to tell some some other members ago. Look, this is a couple levels deep. It's not just about what this is. It's also about the optics. If someone came in who doesn't know you, doesn't know them, doesn't know the circumstance, what are they gathering from this thing? And that's the thing you always have to protect yourself against at all times. Mm-hmm. Is not assuming everybody knows what you know. Do the opposite. Go to the person who knows nothing. What would be the reasonable thing for them to take from any situation? Mm-hmm. And if it's not good. And because you're not going to get a chance to race and follow them down the street and tell them what the situation is, it's so just that you like, need to be aware. First, the, fir- the, the first thought you get usually is like, "What will affect it?" I remember, um, I think this was like a year or two before you came to the UK, been like 2011. There was a maths teacher who like skipped country with a student of his, and obviously, this is just as I show up. Oh, this shit, is just okay. as I show up. What an amazing yeah, time. Yeah, this is like my first. I hadn't thought about this in years. This is my first <laughs> week in the country. I think about it every so often because of this and not because of the film, but just because of like where I was at that point. And I remember it was on the news. So some like people in school were talking about it. 
and the there was like a maths teacher as well that we had that was there was a man and it was like the sense of i think he he was one of the reverends or something and someone said it's like if if um reverend blah blah and i went and then like a system went, you can't you can't yeah. even say that yeah. because that, the implication if someone misheard that and we we're like oh okay yeah like, it was it was bad we we live in a cynical time and we need to be i guess we need to live in a cynical time because mm. of what's come before us but yeah, it's 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 like I've heard things about co- people who work in, ele- in primary schools, some of the younger younger children, and you hear things about and you see on forums why would any man want to work with like children that age, and the assumption is because there's something wrong with them, and I'm like, wow, yeah. that is your first thought about why someone would want to work. Now I wouldn't because I have no interest in working with early years kids because I don't want to clean up snotty noses. You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> just not my thing. I want to tell you about why Shakespeare's great. That that's my gimmick. Let's talk yeah. about film and why it's great. That's my gimmick. But if there's people out there and there are who are like, I want to, you know, I, 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 this is where I don't know. I guess it's just because of the numbers or the headlines or whatever it is. But there is that thing that if you're a woman, it's a natural one of those feminine qualities. I mean, go, yeah. oh, that's a natural thing. Time. And if you're a guy, there must be something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I went through like the stages of this film being like, there's a scene where I went, oh. Oh, that's bad. And then I try. I was like, "Oh no, I'm just I'm I'm throwing like a stigma towards that. I maybe I should stop." I have my first question about the Catholic Church. Oopsies. So you said you grew up in a Catholic Catholic home, right, Hermes? Correct. That was the uh, religion background. That's my mom still to this day. And I did go to Catholic school for part the last half of my uh, grade school. So my cousins went to Catholic school. It's one of the things that separated my cousins from myself. They did that. They also went on a bus for like, they got up stupid o'clock early to catch the bus for that because it was really far away. Because in Canada, you have the right. You have the right to do, it's part of a deal. You have the right to go to a regular school, public school, or or go to the Catholic board. Those are your choices as constitutionally pr- protected in that regard. Um, And so I want to know, what's the smoking ball thing about? Mm, uh, the incense you're saying where they're swinging it in sure the- we saw them as a part of it as well and i've never really understood it like what's the concept why does it have to be in that container what is the purpose of incense what is how does it tie in so so i am not actually the best person to ask for this simply because when i went through communion i was in my rebellious years <laughs> and i did not want to listen to a lot of this history okay but from what i understand yeah it is a um is a representation of a sacrament or uh, again, it's like the incense sacrament. Uh, I can't remember what it's supposed to uh, do, I guess specifically outside of make the room stink. But from what I understand, yeah, it was, it's basically like one of the traditions of a sacrament of some kind, like mm. we're going to, you know, similar to like the blood of bo- uh, the blood of Christ and the body of Christ. This is the spirit or essence or whatever that is filling the air, filling the whatever with Christ, something like that. What is the odor of? Um, it's like, uh, it's like, like rosemary or like thyme of, okay. it's like a, it's like a burnt it sage. I think it's actually sage. It is. It's like, mm. Yeah. It's, it's like amazing cleansing. how many cultures burn sage as a thing unique. Cause I know the, uh, I think I was part of a, um, when I was doing my teaching degree, uh, we were doing a university that, uh, oh, it's my undergrad, but we, I was in a concurrent education program initially. And they, oh no, we did one of the other things too. Okay, so in both schools I went to, they did this thing where you would 
have to they, they would clean the the, the aboriginal sort of groups because uh, one of the options available to you in canada because we have no teaching jobs anywhere or didn't at that time was teaching on an aboriginal reserve was still possible and there were still requirements there um so i took a course and it was about teaching on aboriginal sites and i didn't rate the class not because i didn't rate the rate the uh the content the content was interesting enough but the professor was uh, actually the professional was Aboriginal, and I felt that was really hard to uh, to do because I needed someone to go. What's it like to be an outsider and go in and teach on these places? So one there was there was two vers- there was two classes. One class taught by a uh, a non Aboriginal person, and one taught by an Aboriginal person. And I was like, oh. And so instead, all I used to get from the Aboriginal person was was just a lot of her own personal life that she was sharing about. And I was like, it's all good, but it doesn't really help me get into the uh, the thing. And it blew up. Like it wasn't me. There was a student, and she she and a student got into a giant yelling match in front of like school management, where she called him a racist, and he said she was like completely unqualified to do the job. And they made us sit around and hold a feather. And say one nice thing about whoever the feather. He'd say nice, nice things about or something like that. And there was no negativity. And they, 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 they. It was like sage or something like that. I forget what they called it. There was a name for it, but they they, they burnt it and stank the room up. And uh, we were supposed to go ahead and go through and say how we felt. And it was really hard for me not to go. Yeah, I don't think you should teach this class. <laughs> <laughs> I remember going. You you obviously feel very badly about yourself, and it's it's terrible. That's what what's occurred. No one wants to see anybody in pain. That's not what the desire is. That was the best I could come up with for for for, for a positive thing. Or I think I said something like she's obviously very very passionate about about her community <laughs> and spreading awareness of that, which is which is a great thing. Which which, which are great things. But yeah, blanket <laughs> statement. Pardon me. Blanket statement. Well, blanket statement. I appreciate the <laughs> fact that you're here and you're yeah, absolutely. We should we should we should all be made more aware of the struggles and the plights but it wasn't within the remit of what the course was supposed to be teaching <laughs> so yeah that was the problem there uh, and then there was like two reports you had to fill out the end of the year one was supposed to go to the teacher and one was supposed to go to the prof about what you felt about the course and i screwed up and wrote the one for the university on the one for the teacher and vice versa <laughs> so she got the copy that said i would strongly rethink who teaches this course <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> That's what you want to hand in before you submit your final uh, your final exam. In it. <laughs> no. I passed. Um, where are we? At? We've made it like three bullet points down. Jeez. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Jimmy goes past the priest, but not Donald. I was like, oh, is there something here? No, he doesn't shoot it. Meet Father Brendan Flynn, played by Philip Seymour Hoffman. I think it's his third or fourth appearance on the pod. Usually I write the stuff down, but I didn't today. Because well, he's in... Twister. Twister's the hard one. Well done, you. He's in Almost Famous, isn't he? He is in Almost Famous. He's the... Uh, Right, I think there's one more. Maybe I'm wrong here. Let's take a look. Hoffman. Do you know we haven't done a Dustin Hoffman film yet? Have we not? No. That's, That's really weird. Surprising. Yeah. There's one more that we haven't done. Who is he in this? Oh, I remember who he is now. He's in the, he's in the Big Lebowski. Oh, of course. Oh, right. He's he's he's, yeah, he's yeah. the Big Lebowski's like like handler. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. yeah. he's very good in it. I really like Philip Seymour Hoffman in almost everything. Um, he's doing a, uh, a a sermon, and the sermons will be kind of our benchmarks, Act 1, Act 2, Act 3 throughout the film. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, I really like his style of preaching. I do. Uh, preaching is probably a bit more, you know, gospel church version of what br- he's it, doing. But Yeah, it brought me in. I was like, oh, yeah. 
Keep, keep talking, man. You got this. What's yeah. the actual act? Is it called delivering a sermon? Like, what's the actual act it's, called? It's a uh, it's mass. It's it's like mass reading or the um, or Father's word in, during mass. Basically, and again, it's it's very up to interpretation. According, like in this film, uh, I never had a uh, father or priest uh, deliver like this or to speak. You know, with his own. I think he says in in the film sermon, which again is more of like the new wave. Yeah, uh, t- style. This, I guess. Re- I didn't this reminded me of my time growing up in a uh, not so much an Anglican church growing up in England, but when I moved to Canada, where I spent a lot of time in a Pentecostal church, and uh, obviously a much more subdued congregation. But um, this sort of personal reflection and almost charisma, or or well, I guess yeah, charisma led, personality led yeah. sermons. Yeah. Um, where you can tell why this guy would be in demand because he's he's a great speaker and it's a great way to frame it. Um, and he asked, what do you do when you're not sure? And I'm like, wow, we're getting right to it. And he said, last year when President Kennedy was assassinated, who among us didn't experience the most profound disorientation? I said, well, who would have planned that back to back? That worked out well. <laughs> And he's got I'm an, playing chess guys. It's right. He's got <laughs> he's got an easy way of speaking and has the whole congregation in you know in the palm of his hand in a way that I'm not sure I've seen many times in churches. I know it's like 1968, and therefore the churches are going to be more full than they were then, especially in that part of you know the neighborhoods Irish and Italian. So probably they're going to come out to church. Um. But man, like there's no one paying, no one causing any problems. It looked like, and he talks about public doubt versus personal doubt, and how isolated we are in those personal struggles. And when he does that, it focuses on a couple of people. And uh, Roger Deakins has done the old uh, Dutch angle here for that, and I'm like, that's a nice touch. He loves the Dutch angle in this film. He 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 likes a Dutch angle at certain points in this film. Yeah, mm. and then a nun sneezes, and we'll come back to it a little bit later. But this is Mary's sister James, played by. Amy Adams mm-hmm. and Father Flynn starts this this metaphor <sighs> this guy man is a guy who who prides myself on my public speaking I was like game recognizes game this guy can speak mm-hmm. and he starts by talking about a ship going down and a man who was you know of, of a decent nautical training so he managed to get himself a piece of scrap and a sail and all that stuff and sail towards where he thought home was and for the next 20 days it's cloud. And during that time, he had all this doubt. Am I going the right way? Have I veered off course? I know I'm supposed to be headed this way, but what if something's happened? What if I was wrong? What if I didn't read it right? All those things you do and those questions you ask. And as that happens, a nun begins to patrol the children's area in a way that seemed much more conventional to what I expected from church, if not a bit more violent than I was used to. <laughs> And the nun finds a sleeping child and bends down in the frame to co- to correct him. And that ser- uh, sorry, sister Aloysius Bovier, played by Meryl Streep. Our first Meryl Streep film on the pod. You're joking. I believe that's right. Yeah, 230-something wow. film. Sorry, 230. I'm jumping ahead there. 203 films in, and it's our like first Meryl Streep. Tarantino. Yep. That's amazing. But Meryl, you know, she's been in so many things. Oh, no, sorry. It's her second. I've made a mistake there. She's in Fantastic Mr. Fox, apparently. Yes, oh, yes, yes. She's the wife, isn't she? I she, she is I think Fox. she is the wife, yes. No, she's Mrs. Fox. So, yeah, I haven't, oh, I haven't updated the accounts. I love that film. How did I forget that? Oh, really? I'm not so big on it. <sighs> Actually, yes, no. so I've heard. Uh, it's okay. 
I'm not the big. Uh, the, 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 it's fantastic. The biggest hater in the group for. Uh, oh, what's his name? Wes Anderson. Yeah. The biggest hater for Wes Anderson in the group is definitely Liam. Mm. I still need to see Asteroid C. Ooh, that's a. Nah, I won't spoil it. Is that Wes Anderson? Yeah. yeah. It's his latest one. Yeah. No, I've seen it. I was just trying to remember if it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Big. Big cast. How could you ever deadpan be humor? Used about to that. be fair, yeah. you're not wrong because I had a conversation with a colleague about how it was the most Wes Anderson of Wes Anderson films because it does <laughs> it does all the things that Wes Anderson films supposed to do. like. It knows it's a Wes Anderson film at this point. It's like he's winking at you. Yeah, exactly. No, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Forgive my disbelief. Um, but Fantastic Mr. Fox is fantastic. In the title, it is yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be poking the bear all. Yeah, episode. it's fine. Go ahead. I hope you know <laughs> he likes it. Uh, <laughs> Father Flynn says doubt can be as bonding of a concept as certainty, and that's something I'm, I think. I think we need to come back to at the end of the film is the notion of what that mm-hmm. means. When you doubt, you are not alone. And then he goes, "We're done." And I'm like, "Wow!" Going over to Pentecostal church, our sermons were longer. <laughs> well, that was the piece again that's the father's word part because most of the rest of the churches it's this specific uh, uh part of the bible it's this specific verse it's this song it's this hymn and this is the final 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 spot <laughs> See, my church you had music you opened you had music you had an offering some announcements you had a bit more music then the preacher would go for 20 minutes plus mm. on a good day <laughs> they could run they could run amok and that's a very much a personality driven kind of uh charisma driven kind of thing if you've got an engaging style about you who there's a few people we, we we met over the years who yeah they'd come in and be packed house you got to go see that guy speak the guy can speak um then you had other ones where it's just like oh man this yeah. is dry yeah I 80 some I, I mean 80 might even be undercutting him by 20 or 30 years because he was he was as ancient as they come in the church <laughs> and oh it was it was the I, I mean i can't even give you like a character of this guy outside of you know d- d- just monotoned as dry as they come just this is the verse today and you can't even discern which is which with him it was, <laughs> and it was two hours of it it was six seven a.m on sunday just two hours of it it was you know this oh, is the blood of christ and this is the body of blood and blo- and I was like, oh, we'd always boy. have that on on tuesday and it was this like the same this old irish man who's like yep. and today we're gonna talk about and like he was falling asleep. He's he had an accent. <laughs> he had something to play on. This guy was just. Oh, I'm authentically. I'm authentically uh, Catholic. I am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I tell you what, midnight mass at Christmas. I went with my cousins once. Oh my word! <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, <laughs> what is the point? I get the that service. Why midnight? I don't get this. Because that's when he's born, and you're celebrating every second, and yada yada yada. Oh. Even though he wasn't really, he's born, born in April. Yeah, it, don't don't get me started on the arguments that I've had in my Catholic family with the <laughs> historical accuracies or inaccuracies. Um, after church, Donald approaches Father Flynn and says that he wants to be a priest, and Flynn says, "I think it'd be a good one." And then they play with this magnet ballerina. And because it's it's a female ballerina, I think there's kind of concepts about what boys do and what girls do. And that feels a bit off. And they're having this hidden moment. He gives them the ballerina. So he's giving them a gift. 
Mm-hmm. And there's a two shot of them as they're enjoying the ballerina. And I'm like, oh, the cinema. Roger Deakins, this is not cool. Mm-hmm. It's two- brilliant. Oh, it's brilliant. absolutely. Because it plants the seed. Because it's all inferential. Because this film's not going to show me anything explicitly. It's not. But That's what I, I go two brain. shots. Two shots are used to show a relationship. And what kind of relationship is a professional relationship? They're both leaning in. It's a, oh, this is brutal. Gross intimate and the, yeah they're framed like, tightly sorry Ethan, i keep cutting you off and I, was like, I was like oh it's gonna be this kind of thing and i and i'm like oh yeah it's gonna of course it'll be this and then i'm like am i just like am i am i assuming am i just there's like kind of a stereotype here and i'm for the rest of the film i'm playing on my own game with myself You're doubting thinking, yourself i'm doubting going have i just assumed a stereotype have i just like gone because of stigma Yep, yep. You question everything every magic, second. Magic little game. So Sister James begins her day, and she helps the elderly member of the convent up and starting their day off and prepares for the day by getting into the proper uh, uniform, the habit, as it's called. Mm. Um, Father Flynn is hanging out with Sarah, Sister James at the front of the school and asks how the criminals are today. <laughs> but then as he walks by, there's a different tone with Donald, and he calls him champ. Now, mm. At this point in the movie, all I know is what you've shown me. So I'm instantly going, why is he singling him out? Why is he giving him his own little special nickname? Why is his tone so much kinder of him than everybody else? Even with the uh, uh, William London right right next to him, who clearly shows a dismay of like almost what you're saying. Why are you like, yeah, what about me? And then he's like, are your hands clean? Yeah, of course they're clean. Of yeah. course they're clean. And we see the nuns pulling away from him. Now, he's checking out his nails. Now, that might be a reason to to withdraw your hand or to pull it away. But that ends up being a major plot point in the film. And um, some boy wants to know the test will be on tomorrow. And he touches Sister James. This is William. Only to be shouted at by Sister Aloysius. And everybody's silent. And um, Father Flynn goes... The dragon's hungry today to Sister James, and they have a private little laugh. And this is the thing. Father Flynn is is a nice guy. He's charismatic. He's charming. That's immediately where I went, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm playing into stereotype. Look, or he's just a sweet guy. As charming as he is, the more you go, yeah. well, of course he's going to be charming. The yeah. bastard. I'm flip-flopping the whole Because the smoother time. he comes across, the more you go, he's got to be hiding something. And then the more sinister it gets. But then I'm thinking back on it. Ev- oh, Hermes, you bastard. <laughs> in class, William's making fun of a classmate when Sister Aloysius comes into Sister James's classroom. And this is something that I have to do occasionally uh, as head of the department. I go into a lot of classrooms. And sometimes I got to go in and be like this, down, that whatever and you kind of got to walk in and have them go oh someone important's walked in mm. so there is almost that and just the other day i was in a classroom and there was a a, a, a student who had an, very similar who had a airpod in their ear and i went out and then i had phone because they're not supposed to have their phones and if we see it or hear it we take it and the airpod's an extension of the phone so hand it over kid handed the phone over off i go um, but it's about those things. And again, I think you'd be a stronger teacher if he kind of 
looked around or clamped down or whatever it might be. Not to say it was that teacher or wasn't that things, but you do have these things where you're like, I believe, very much like Sister Aloysius, I believe if you win the small battles, if, if, if they're not doing those things in your room, the big battles don't tend to happen. Mm-hmm. That's just my perspective. Um, and so... Uh, Sister James teaches a very partisan lesson. <laughs> this is this is a horrendous history lesson. Kids, FDR might have been the greatest president in the history of the United States, along with John F. Kennedy and Abraham Lincoln. I'm like, wow. I, I know, I know, it's 1968, so maybe things are are, are different. Hey, you know, FDR was still their parents' age at that point, and all that stuff. But uh, or their parents, that's that's their president. But sh- Jeez. That was my perspective right away. I'm not a... Uh, uh, but Donald is playing with the ballerina in class and no one notices. No, nor is it called out. Another student is found listening to an earbud, listening to the radio. He plays dumb and goes like, what? What radio? <laughs> Little gaslighter. <laughs> ironically, no idea. ironically, the lesson is on. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. When Actually, the whole message, the, the whole presence of Sister Aloysius is based on fear. They should, her theory is they should all fear her. So this shows the uh, ideological difference. And it's important that we have one because it's going to be a source of tension in the film between Sister, uh, Sister James and Sister Aloysius. Uh, dinner time and, uh, oh, jeez. Like, Sister Aloysius is, like, policing what people eat to the point that when Sister James takes a piece of what I assume is, like, gristle out of her mouth, she makes her put it back in. I don't think she makes her, but she certainly looks good. Oh, there's a message there. You will, you will. (laughs) And I don't understand this slavish um, expectation of absolute devotion is an interesting word i'd go obedience but yeah it's one of the same maybe (laughs) uh i guess it depends where your heart's at yeah um so sister aloysius asked sister james why she thought that father flynn did a sermon on doubt before revealing she's concerned about matters at the school but then goes into no further detail when someone says, you were about academics? She goes, I didn't believe I invited the guessing game and shuts down. So you give something in a very cryptic manner and a vacuum. <laughs> and the minute for clarification, you chide them for it. I love, Hell yeah. Well, this, this whole idea. So this is, um, I started the notes down with a couple ideas as I was watching this. Obviously, the technical side of the house. And then, of course, the topic or the you know the emotional uh, um, interpretation of the movie and one obviously was the elephant in, in the room or elephant in the church as we've you know touched on a couple times but the other one was power and even the power amongst ranks where it comes to the power amongst nuns obviously her being the head nun has this i don't know is it a desire or is it a, a habit or maybe in like a tradition upholding the tradition of power within the ranks of the nuns, what you were describing there with like teachers there, uh, Ian, is, is it, is it, that's what she knows works when it comes to quote unquote ruling over the children? Like, what is it about this power dynamic that is so, cause again, it doesn't answer the question throughout the film. It just, it just leaves, it just gives it to us and leaves it there. And it's like, here, 
deal with this as you will. And I had yeah. it a couple different ways. And I, I thought maybe because they're both not, not, they're not contrasting. Like they're not like polar opposites, not a hero and a villain in this film, No, but it's almost like they're the same in a lot of ways. And Just because two they're different the same, points they're on their heads. journey. Mm. Yeah. 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 Is, that, is that, that's kind of what I was feeling with her. And this is a, cl- a clear example of that where she's the head nun but she knows she has, you know, as she even says in that dinner is like, you know, it's not appropriate for me to talk to the priest in, in those intimate fashions. You know, he was, should go to his higher up, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. It's just this idea of power and the the exchange of power amongst the church, amongst communities, amongst city, the school, the kids. The t- It's just it's an interesting demographic and an interesting like atmosphere to display all of this uh, this story on. I don't know. And that one being a clear example of the gristle. Yeah. Uh, and then th- that, that cryptic sort of statement and then backing out and going, well, it's not up to me to discuss the personal or the intimate details of, well, you kind of, and she does invite this. She goes, she kind of preloads it and goes, be on the lookout. Thought, mm. thought, not discussion, though. Sorry, walk me through what you said. She she's inviting the thought. She's inviting us oh, as nuns yes. to be aware of these things and to think about these things, but not but provide you, clarification exactly. or instruction. But it's definitely led towards a dubious eyesight. I am concerned, and you can talk about the power of that statement. Notion. The power is set up so that you are the whole structure is that you are designed to please the people above you in the ranks. So obedient to them. If I want to. Yeah, so when if I find the thing that I think you're looking for, I will bring it to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Powerful. Yes. Uh, elsewhere, Father Flynn looks up at a window, and this is the part is that we get alignment, don't we, which helps. Mm. And he looks up at the single eye looking from this uh, window back to him, the all-seeing eye of God. Now, all inferential. Why is he looking at the eye? I'm bringing meaning to it. Are but- you bringing meaning, or is he giving you the meaning of it who's he is he the character is he the filmmaker what are we doing <laughs> with a film like this it could be both and all of the above well the filmmaker's I- clearly <laughs> going we've isolated this scene and we want you to see this and here's the close-up and here's the expression we went for and you know it is a high For's angle shot on him so he looks weak he look you know so what, mm. why are you weak what's your weakness father mm. so god damn it <laughs> So uh, then we see William, the boy from earlier, headed home controlling a nosebleed but smiling and then lighting up a cigarette. And this is where you go, hey, he's the boy who wanted to get out of the test today, ain't he? So Sister Aloysius tells Sister James at lunch she thinks William's nosebleed was self-inflicted. And Sister James is, like, so naive. I can't believe that would happen. And it's I totally have this conversation with colleagues. I'm like, you are getting played. I said they told you that they are playing you. Do not make deals with them. They will burn you. You think no? She says you're a very innocent person, Sister James, and you want your nuns to be innocent, don't you? Isn't that the goal? Yeah, it's that thing because like the the trope is you got the at least like when when I was was in school it was like you had the really mean nuns who like yeah. saw the the darkness in everyone but then there was that there was the one happy nun her name was Sister Linda for us and she played the guitar and she was laid back she was the cool nun and she was the nice one she saw the joy and like she was basically what was it uh, what's the name in, in sound of music 
Julie Andrews. Yeah, Julie Andrews' character in Santa Music, just like if she'd stayed a nun instead. Yeah. Okay. Sister Aloysius then helps her elderly sisters with matters, and here's where the film starts to get nuanced for me. Because mm. yeah. I'm going, oh, there's a kindness and a, and a service here. She's not just about rules. Look at her protecting these these, these older nuns. We see it a couple times. And uh, I think this is sister is a sister Victoria, something like that. And Sister Aloysius tells Sister James that this woman's going blind, and if the rectory finds out, they'll kick her out. So she looks unsteady, take her hand, help sort of mask her blindness. I think it's Sister Veronica, I think. That's it, Veronica. I knew it was a V. Had my I had myself muted by accident. <laughs> I was over here saying, I've seen it a couple times. It's Veronica for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sister Aloysius asks if Sister James can control her class because she's used to more students being sent down to her. And she's like, well, no, I like to kind of fix my own problems. She goes, there's a weakness. There is a structure here, and the structure exists for a reason. And I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that, Be- especially if you're – Look at me, I'm turning this into a teaching movie. Especially if your sister sister Aloysius, because you want to make sure what's happening in one room echoes what's happening in every room. But there is a consistency of approach. Um also the, the you know, this is year eight. Sorry, this is grade eight. So this is the last grade before you go to high school. So this is the group you need to kind of make sure they leave on good terms and they've given it to this rookie teacher. I uh, see that aspect of it, but isn't it also the the idea like we're going to trust like you, you should be qualified up to a certain point to be in that position. And then we're going to trust you to handle it at the lowest level. I don't know how that's this works. I don't know how it works in the Catholic church. What, what, what qualifications do these people have? I mean, that's, they, I mean, they go through their sem. what's it called? Seminary or seminary. Um, I mean, that's priests, right? I, I can't yeah. remember what, what the term is for nuns, but, but I mean, the, I brought it back to military versus the Catholic church. Uh, because that's the idea is like you pick up rank and once you're a certain rank, you know, you're a NCO or you're a petty officer or you're a this or that, which is like the equivalent of like a manager or like a vice president or like a president kind of a thing. But, and if you're in that situation, the idea is you picked up that rank through, you know, um, a series of criteria, you know, disqualifying criteria for a lot of people. And if you made it, then we also give you this teaching, this this indoc, this indoctrination portion where we teach you how to be that position so the idea of handling at the lowest position or point is what we call it uh you know like handling at the lowest level we don't want to have to push it up it becomes a serious problem the further and further you push it up so it's like wouldn't you want to keep it in your classroom and small things should be handled by the teacher not the principal in in a way Hmm. um i think it's the fact that the, the threat of the principal needs to it's not about the kid who goes to the principal it's about the ever 28 kids going, I don't want to go to the principal. Fear. So you you more about the fear about it. Negative reinforcement. Sure. It's the device. Why do we have prisons? Is it about putting the person in prison or is it about stopping me and you from going, I don't really want to go to prison? Well, but do prisons work in that sense or not? I mean, do, do, do you prison, and I really, do, do do you you, and I really don't uh, commit crime because we are afraid of prison or do we not commit crime because we don't? want to kill somebody don't know i guess i won't know until they remove prisons and then i have a fair <laughs> chance to look at both sides of the equation it's an interesting perspective i think in a school situation why do we have to, i'll tell you what my first year in high school there were these three guys who were there i, I was in grade nine it was supposed to be history and the teacher just pulled an all called an audible and made it a sociology class looking back he had no right to do that but anyway <laughs> but he did and there were these three grade 12 students in there 
And they were there because they needed one more elective credit to get out of the school. And I was sitting there going, you're, you're tw-. like, these, these were men. And I'm like, you're sitting here with us. I'm never failing a class ever. Cause I don't want to be like these guys. Cause they suck. Yeah. And I think that's what it was. I think it was that threat of, 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 yeah, a consequence. Now, is, is the consequence fear? Is the, is fear of the consequence the same as fear of the person? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't seem like, uh, the boy with the transistor radio feared Sister Aloysius that much, but he did fear punishment. And I think sanction should work like that. You shouldn't want to be sanctioned. That's what makes a sanction effective. If they like your sanction, you screwed up. Well, I guess that comes down to the the question of, yeah, the idea of consequences. Is the consequence, like you said, in a, in terms of sanction, is the effect, the overall effect, uh, you know, consequence enough or like negative enough to desire for us to desire it to not exist or us to not experience something yeah for it to be a dissident to everybody else yeah 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 or or is is the just the fact of fear itself being that uh consequence alone like you just don't like to fear i mean i'd love to hear what george has to say about this but <laughs> when it well by matter of surprise she's no she's not <laughs> is yeah is the experience of fear just the, the the emotion fear itself is that deterrent enough i don't know but yeah, I don't know. It's it. again part of the conversation that's interesting to me is is the nuance of it all. Um, what do we got here? <laughs> bullet uh, oh, she encouraged her, encouraged her sister James to make use of the chain, and then goes on the warpath about ballpoint pens and the modernization of society. <laughs> and I'm like, this sister sister Aloysius, a woman whose the world is passing her by. She is no longer the voice of her generation, and she is raging against the wind one might say very king lear yelling at the wind and trying to be heard the world is changing around me i'm scared of it passing me by yeah um she then gives a handy trick about the picture of the pope and she's like sister uh, james is like but but it's not even the current pope she goes doesn't matter it's about the reflection you do that, they'll think they have eyes in the back of your head at which point she's like well won't that make them scared of me i'm like no the fact that you have eyes in the back of your head doesn't make him scared of you it just makes him think you can't do anything about getting caught mm-hmm. yeah i thought that was a bit of a stretch i knew what they were going for it didn't line up with the, with the logic of the movie for me well she's just so innocent maybe the first thing oh she's she such is a perspective oh i see so many people like this <laughs> and the problem is when you go into teacher training they, they, they spit you out like this all the kids want to learn and if they haven't learned yet it's because you haven't taught yet but you're going boy i hope to oh i'm gonna make a difference I'm gonna be the one to and i'm gonna be the one and, oh i'm gonna reach them on their level because the no some kids just don't want to learn that's just the thing <laughs> no one tells you that some kids just don't want to learn and they'll actively get in the way of themselves and other people learning so sometimes you gotta you gotta be a little bit a little bit but that's that outdated traditions maybe of um of the especially nuns is like busy yourself with with this like elitism and and like self-denial of of curiosity or gossip as she has it when she was looking out the window and that exact scene like that scene has so much in it you know the the yelling at the wind and the and the human nature and it just i i don't know this this idea of this outdated traditions in certain aspects yeah yep. is she no longer the the voice like you said of her generation and she just can't cope or figure out how to cope with that 
realization, even though she hasn't really acknowledged it. So we go to basketball practice, and he talks about the psychology of taking a foul shot, which, you know, I don't know. Get in your head. Get in your head. Have the same Dallas. Have the same routine. <laughs> with Nash, maybe. With What's Nash. Nash's? There we are, Steve Nash. What's his foul line uh, statistic? Steve Nash is an excellent foul shooter, actually, <laughs> as it turns out. Fair enough. Um, and then he goes, okay, boys, take a seat. I'm going to talk to you about fingernails. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> cleanliness, no. Fingernails was the example. Cleanliness was the was the teaching. This is bizarre. And I was like, wait, is this, is he got like, is he like got OCD? He doesn't want to cut the fingernails, but he wants to. He shows all the boys clean how his fingernails are a bit long. Doesn't he end on um, William London, though, who he had Mm. previously made a point of saying, oh, you sure your fingernails and your hands are clean? Yeah. They're different. So is this again like a, an ongoing thing between him and London where he's pointing out like you don't. I don't know. Maybe you don't have to do things this way or like conduct yourself a certain way. Like it's okay. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's the, just ongoing. It's the only point that the, I point out. The priests are then shown having their dinner and it's like steak and oh, it's bloody, yeah. bloody and <laughs> wine and they're laughing and they're being a bit mean about some girl who uh, the not so slim Philip Seymour Hoffman calls fat. <laughs> How fat was she? <laughs> Mouthful of steak. Fat. <laughs> <laughs> brilliantly acted though oh yeah and we smash cut to the nuns having a more modest dinner with milk as opposed to uh to wine and their their portions aren't small but it's not the same quality of meal that joke mm-hmm. oh it's such a good juxtaposition there's i mean there's, a, there's another whole other thing here about about the patriarchy which is you know within the catholic church the two things kind of go hand in hand but definitely it would be foolish to 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 look at them as just being one or the other and not consider the impact of both. The dichotomy of it all. Yeah. Uh, back in class, Sister James uses the glass to catch William talking to the girls. And we're like, oh, okay, look, she's using her tricks. Look at her. She's becoming a better teacher. And then Donald is summoned to the rectory. And we're going, okay. And then dance practice is going on, and they're learning the bossa nova. And Sister James is so innocent and so just clapping, her just hand clapping along, happy clap. Uh, and uh, Sister James notices Father Flynn has gone into someone's locker, and then he takes uh, a drink of water to cover the fact he's out there. And at first, she just smiles and, and continues what she's doing. And then she goes and checks in the locker and finds an undershirt in there. And it's Donald uh, Miller's locker. Now, the one thing I do have is if there was anything untoward going on and you were trying to return evidence, I suppose, there's, there's two thoughts. Number one, he's doing this because he thinks she's too naive to cotton on to what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Or number two, he's innocent because if you were doing something untoward, you wouldn't do it when you can see right into the gymnasium and there's lots of people there. You wait for maybe when that class, his teacher, isn't the one there. This is then was going, wait, no, he could because because this, why would you do it in plain sight? Clearly, oh, no, they've, misun- they've misunderstood. And I'm going on my own little journey now. I'm just giving, I'm just giving both possible readings. Because mm-hmm. it is pretty damning. You look at it and you go, oh, yeah. no. Um, but damning in the context of 
all the other contexts we have up to that point. And, and especially exactly. one that was that was the, the, the ball was started to roll mm-hmm. before Donald Miller's called down the directory. Exactly. So um, are out the pillow. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Um, sister, I said that already. Uh, sister James asked Donald if he's all right. And I don't know if you, I'm sure you all noticed. We get the idea that he's not doing well, but she masks him from our view. What a clever choice. Mm. So all I have to go on is their eyewitness testimony, not my own. Yeah, yeah. She's purposely in front. They put the camera so we can't see him for a moment. Just her going, are you okay? And him saying, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Wow. And we don't get to see the bit where she looks at sees him falling asleep on the desk. They skip that part of a lesson. Mm-hmm. We don't get yeah. to see her smell on his breath to go, hmm. Mm-hmm. We're, that, that's all cut. That, that, that's an ellipsis cut. We get the after effect. So all we have is her. Ta- we're basically in the same boat. In, sometimes in this movie, we're more aligned to Sister Aloysius. Sometimes we're more with Sister James. In this case, doing this puts us more in Sister Aloysius's sort of perspective. In, or is jury almost like impartial where you know we only have we get very little we get very little from his perspective mm. from jur- no, father no, no, like a judge no, no no well yes yes Flynn. but I, no i mean like for the film as a whole we're placed in the position of the jury members right of 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 how do we like we only have the evidence presented to us like you said in an eyewitness account which can be faulty and so because we never see uh, Donald, like you just pointed there, we only have um, Sister James's testimony of what she saw Donald do in that situation. Yeah. So then almost when they're having their jumping ahead a little bit, they have their meeting. We're kind of just like, I don't know, like predisposed to agree. Oh, like, oh yeah, that's right. I did mm-hmm. see that. That's right. Even though we really did not What are we going to do? We're going to literally fill in the gap. Exactly. Because we, 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 we were there when he was called away. Mm hmm. And we're there and we see him put the thing in, but we don't get to see him. Remember when we yeah. did Glass Onion and the, we had like, we had probably 15 minutes on the pod where we were like, no, but I swear we saw that thing because he told us that that mm-hmm. thing happened when it didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what you're referring to, but I'll take your word for it. It's when Gla- Edward Norton's talking about like how he gave a glass to, to someone or no, someone took oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going, oh yeah, no, that. He definitely took that glass. Yeah, and they and they completely, yep, just Mm -hmm. just incepted us, if you will. Well, similar to uh, similar to uh, Nolan uh, and Prestige, you know, it's like you don't, you know, you're gonna be fooled, and you kind of want to be fooled, even though you're kind of looking for it. You're just Mm -hmm. ready to be fooled. Are you watching closely? (laughs) Um. So, uh, I have no idea where I am here. Oh, there we are. Fifth bullet point. Yeah, probably. Um, sister, oh, already. sister James talks to Sister Aloysius about Donald Miller. She's worried he's not making friends, and she goes, "Well, you know, someone will hit him, and then we'll, and then and, and then we'll deal with it." And she's like, she's like totally talking plain. She's like, "We we had Irish and Italian here. Someone's going to beat up the black kid." Yeah, yeah, that's going to happen. That that's her perspective. She and then we'll she used a, she used a different word. I'll say someone's going to beat up the only black kid. Yeah, right. yeah. Um. So, uh, sister, um, James says, well, Donald has a protector and she goes, really who? And she's her back is to the camera and she's winding yarn around her finger. And she goes, father Flynn, 
and she pauses her winding of the yarn. And a lesser director, maybe, a lesser cinematographer, and a lesser actress would go, no, I need to be facing the camera for this. Hmm. And I think all of the above, especially Roger, I'm sure the director is a good director, but Roger Deakins for what he's known for and Meryl Streep for obviously what she's known for, less is more in these situations. And you just see someone who was unshakable to this point in the film take a beat to recollect. And we're like, oh, and what does this tell us? Because we're watching too, and especially if you notice, you go, oh, I noticed that thing. And what does it do? It fills in the narrative I've already got in my head. And I'm getting confirmation bias the whole way through. Because if I've drawn myself to a certain, and I'm not saying that this is wrong or this is right. We can talk about the end of the movie. But I'm going, if you're leading or you've been led this way, and I think I have been, I'm going, hmm. oh, it's this. Yeah. So, um, then she turns and says, I told you to come to me, but I hoped it never would happen. She goes, so it's happened then. And Sister James is like, whoa, 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 whoa. What you mean? I don't think I said that. I think I've, and like <laughs> Sister Aloysius is like, it's done. It's happened. And so Sister James, I think is probably, well, I'm very curious, maybe a little bit more. Okay, so where are you at this point? It's hard for you, Hermes, because you've seen it a couple times at this point. Maybe, maybe you remember. But Ethan, where are you at this point? Are are you going? Sister Aloysius is right. It's definitely happened. Are you more Sister James going? Hang on, I, I thought we were supposed to do a movie thing where we do an investigation and then we find out what's happened. Don't we need the proof? As opposed to Sister Aloysius, was, who's like, it's done. I was, I was, I was basically Sister James at this point because also my brain, I'm like. I'm not liking the vibe from Sister Aloysius, and I don't know if well, that you're, not, you're not supposed to either. That's, that's, that's my preconceived thing. Yeah. I'm going. Well, I I've known nuns like this with a headmistress. They're always really mean. Maybe she has some kind of bias. Oh, I don't trust this just yet. She's when, been weird. She's been weird about um, Donald. See, when she softens towards Sister Veronica, that's a mm. that's a well played move by the the yeah. filmmakers. Because I'm like, oh, she's good. She's just hard. She just strict. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's it's a very well done situation. I'm on, I'm on such a journey throughout like watching the film and I'm I'm going I'm like I'm playing tennis with myself on complete <laughs> polar opposites of reading it. It's amazing. It's interesting going over this like this the second time. Oh, what yeah. what it's doing to my reading. Because the first time I think I was decoding it exactly as they want me to. Mm. Um and now I'm probably doing it the second time, probably still exactly as they want me to. Yeah. Just your first viewing is going to be different from your second viewing. So, yeah. Uh, and every time they go to talk about it, they're they're interrupted by someone. Some, you know, someone's brought a cat in to catch the a cat. mouse and someone else has brought some sort of other device. And then the woman's back again to say, hey, the cat caught the mouse. Look at it. There it is. It's a good cat. We could cat. use that. Yeah. It takes yeah. Cat. It takes a cat to catch. And they went, yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Um. So... Uh, the boys are kind of doing an ask me anything with father flynn <laughs> and they're drinking juice around this table and they're caught and they're, he's charming and respectful and he's saying hey girls you have the right to ask any girl to a dance that is your right and they have the right to take to turn you down the secret is you don't take it to heart and then the one boy with the transistor radio earlier was kind of like kid brooklyn i loved this kid <laughs> was like what if they all that, turn you down? He goes, then you become a priest. 
<laughs> and it's it's a wonderful charming scene but mm. if you're already convinced he's a bad guy you're like you bastard <laughs> but all you're going- doing is like is like developing an inappropriate relationship with these boys look how much favor you have but this yeah. is the journey I'm on because I'm going. Oh, oh, father, you, 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 witty man. Oh, this is great. But in the back of my mind, I'm going. Wait, but is 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 he? Or was that just a confession? Yeah, I doubt. We go back to Sister Aloysius, who asked Sister James, "What have you seen?" And she said, "Just a call to the rectory." And Sister Aloysius, I thought was going to be like, "Oh, so you've seen nothing then?" But instead, she's like, "Well, it's happened." <laughs> And so James like, you know, it could be nothing. And she goes, then why do you look like you've seen a devil? And then she goes, there was alcohol on his breath. And we go, oh, kind of weird. You haven't brought this up to now. Yeah. That would have been good because, you know, if you know about um, how people develop relationships with, uh, with, with children, part of the training I have to do every year is gifts. And what happened? He gave him, he gave him the little ballerina magnet thing, didn't he? Mm. Yep, yep. They'll give them things they're not ready for, one of which being alcohol almost always gets named. Okay, so now he's yeah. boozing them up, which A goes, hey, look, I will give you things that you're not supposed to have because we have a relationship. But number two, it also lowers inhibitions. Mm. So you it, feel more mature. You yeah, know, you feel, it's oh, all I'm these things can, can, can happen simultaneously. And then she starts to share a story about St. Boniface where she was at previously. And the situation that happened there. And I don't think she ever finishes that for us or we hear the end game of what occurred there. There was just something in her past where she's she just go- have the, 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 um, was it a father or a priest or maybe it was a bishop that got in the way kind of a thing is what I got from that. Yeah. She's like, there was so and so. So she's gone to war before. Now, does that mean she's right? She's here now. Maybe she's biased. Right. Was she sent here as a result of that? Don't know. She's no longer at St. Boniface. She's now here. Um, There's a great storm, and Sister Veronica gets hit in the face by a falling branch. Uh, But the the next day, Sister Aloysius talks about it's the winds of change. And this is a wind theme that will continue throughout the rest of the movie. Mm. The next day, um, Father Flynn talks uh, with the boy with the radio. Uh, before talking to Sister Aloysius. And uh, he's mentioned Sister Veronica and says, her eyesight's not that good. And Sister Aloysius blames it on the habit, that being the uniform they wear, not uh, mm-hmm. any sort of, you know, repetitious activity. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, there's a big deal made about Sister Aloysius lying later in the film. Is this a lie? Her eyesight's fine. That's a lie. Yeah, that, that's a lie. She knows it not mm. to be true. Yep. That's definitely a lie. Mm. It is it is a lie in the service of, of the this, Lord or whatever. She and it's the thing is that we're all going, look at her going against maybe what's expected to protect one of her own, a blind woman, a blind mm. woman who was hit by a tree. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, And so uh, he talks, I said already, uh, then there's a meeting. And Father Flynn has been called there to talk about the Christmas pageant. Well, we don't know this yet. And he sits, but as he walks in, he sits behind Sister Aloysius's desk in her own office, which is fairly yeah, presumptive. It, well, it, and it takes her aback, too. Does yeah, she, yeah, because don't you know who this is my. Her entire game plan is like yeah. almost like 
altering in her brain as well. Yeah, I can't yeah. imagine a situation where I'd go into. I'm not sure I have a situation. I guess if I went to one of my, if, if I was doing one of my teachers' classrooms, because they don't really have offices per se. But if I was to go into one of their classrooms and sit behind the de- their desk as I speak to them, I wouldn't do that. That's just a respect thing. Well, you know what's. <sighs> This is, again, sorry to bring it back to the military, but this is something that is so prevalent in how we view each other and our leadership is whether you offer a chair or whether someone takes a chair in, in, you know, in a, in a, in an environment of, of a meeting like this. So, so there's, there's a bureaucracy of the military. We do a lot of meetings and one is like a midterm and one is a counseling session. One is a, uh, evaluation, uh, uh, session. There's all these or, or, or an awards board, right? All these have their own tradition and their own thing that you got to do. And the difference in when a leader comes in, which I had this, uh, what was this Thursday? I think it was Friday, like within the last few days had a leader come in and sit on my desk, not in my chair, but on my desk, where there's a computer on my desk and sit at the corner of my desk on it. So am I going to sit a question to you guys? Are you going to sit in the chair as someone sits on your desk, like inches from you, or are you going to stand up and give space to said person, I guess, you know, welcoming themselves to that position and vice versa. If it's someone you respect, appreciate is not new. You have a camaraderie there. There's already a history there. Do you offer a chair to them? Hey, I have. would you like to sit here? Would you like to have my seat kind of a thing? When I go into one of the teachers in my departments, um, it's, I'm trying to figure out if it's right to use personal pronouns to say my department. I'm not really a big believer in that. If you're the head of the department, I, I would am, say it's fine. When I'm, when I'm meeting with other people, I might say the word my. When I'm talking to my group, I would never say my. I would use our. There, yeah. Um, Collaborative versus uh, yeah. authoritarian. But but if I, but I'm going to speak to one of the teachers in in my I guess I'll say in, in my department because I'm accountable for it. I guess we can say that. Um, I'll go into their room and there's a couple things. Number one, I'll never take their chair. But number two, I won't sit on a desk. And that was something that took me a while to learn because the minute I sit on a desk, it'd be one of the one of the children's desks, but I'd sit on the desk. There's that height thing we associate that with power. And I don't need to be going into someone else's room and doing that. I will sit behind one of the student desks, usually one if not two desks away from the teacher desk. I will always give them the opportunity to sit at their teacher desk. And i that's because I probably want to establish uh, a collaborative working environment most often than not, even if it's a conversation which might not be um, one that they want to hear per se, as long as it's not some sort of a uh, official – not that I have to do many of these, but as long as it's not an official you're in trouble kind of talk, yeah. um, it will be housed not in my – it'll be housed in their room, not on my turf. And, um, yeah, it will be like that. Whereas if it was something that needed to be especially whatever, then I might take a bit more of a formal space. But I don't even know where I do that because my office is shared by like five people. I just have the – I just have the most important desk. That's all. Hmm. So there's that. Um, but no, I, I I would not sit on the corner of a desk. I would give them space. I would. Um, I don't know how it works in your office. I mean, the bad thing with a classroom is there's like thirty chairs in each room, so I'm I'm gonna sit. <laughs> yeah, but the presumption of, you know, for lack of a, you know, to to be crass for a little bit laying your dick on the desk <laughs> wow wow <laughs> that, that is not, amazing 
Yeah, I guess. I mean, there, 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 there's a power structure within my institution, but it's less. Oh, like it's important, but it's less. I mean, everything with the military is about that structure, isn't it? As is the church, is my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. So, is he the highest ranking person in the room? Of course, he is. Therefore, he get he knows he can, and therefore does <sighs> take the position. And that's what that's the point and, I'm getting at. Is and, and, if you are that person, I've seen it so many times. And if you extrapolate out, there's a bunch of things. But you go, look, if he's just taking something because he can have it before, because he has power, is the chair an extension of exactly. whatever may have occurred behind those doors in the rectory on that day? He presumes he can, like you said. He has. He will. Nobody's stopping him. He presumes we can, or we presume he can. (laughs) Or she presumes he can. Yeah, yeah. Or did. Mm. So, yeah, there's there's a a bunch of these. Um, Ethan, any any thoughts about sitting on desks? And (laughs) I'll I'll let Hermes contribute his statement again. Jeez. Sorry. No, you're fine. It's someone who, like, for, for most of his university time, everything was online. It was near and impossible to have that kind of thing. The most is there's always, like, I... I, I do a film class. There's going to be some people that think like they're the next uh, like Scorsese. So the way they sit down when they're like, I'm going to tell you my idea and they, they, they plump themselves down on top and you're like, okay, fine. But I, because, because it's another student, I'm like, I have no sense of, oh, there's a power imbalance. I'm just going, you're a dickhead. Mm. And I think that, that's yeah. different. Like when it, when it's a job though, and it's someone you're working with that, that's different than just, we take the same class. You, you're just making an unlikable like status of yourself. The difference of abuse of power or abuse of mm. position versus, yeah, like a genuine um, impression of somebody's yeah. you know statement. And then the flip side is to this whole thing. So we've talked mm. about not flagrant uh, examples or um, um, a measuring contest of various types. <laughs> you might refer to. <laughs> Apologies, guys. I'm a sailor here. <laughs> um, is the, the, the other side to that is you don't want to go so far the other way where if you have to assert authority at some points, there's some points where I have to assert authority, that it's ignored or not recognized. So it's a real delicate kind of thing sometimes because institutionally, I imagine the church and the military both are – I don't imagine that – someone goes, look, I'm calling rank because I'm the guy with the rank. The whole system set up around that. As opposed to, you know, oh, you've really upset this person and, uh, you know, it's it's not like we have the ability just to appoint tomorrow if they were to leave. Okay, great. So where's the where's the ever moving line? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember, I, form and position I, remember I once had to sort of tell someone, I need you to stop talking now because we need to start the meeting. And I'd ask a couple of times, like, I'd go, hey, hey, how's, how's things? Can you, everything all right? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. And they kept talking. I'm like, okay, um. All right. Uh, um, just kind of wanted to get started. Oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead. And I was like, <laughs> so the third was like, nope. I need I need everybody to sit down so we can start the meeting. <laughs> and then it, and then it, and then it was a thing. And I was just going, I I just nope. I tried about four different ways before it got to that explicit. Here's what we need to do. Mm. But that's what we need to do. Yeah. 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 But balancing that and difference of that and that leadership quality, right? Yeah. You know, it's, who approaches it in that way? Yeah, indeed. 
So, um, we are at, uh, so then he's asked for tea and the, both of the, of the nuns don't take sugar and he takes sugar. And they're like, oh, is that an indication of weakness on his part? He can't turn down his more base instincts. And then you go, one lump, and he goes, three, sweet tooth. You know, yeah. Oh, he's got, he can't help himself from this. What he wants, and he wants more than he should. And even the idea of overly sugary drinks is a bit juvenile as well. So I'm just like, okay, is my, my this opinions enough? now shift, like, especially because the line about like Lent and being able, like being easy to give. Yeah, off. and he goes, mm-hmm. is he wrong? Because I no. I gave up sugar for Lent. I put it in the drawer. Haven't thought about it in three years. And the question of maybe that was the wrong thing to give up for Lent. He might be a hundred percent right. Mm. Oh, it's so if you didn't uh, struggle, was it? If you didn't struggle, was it the right choice, or have you just chosen something that was easy to adhere to? That people would assume and society would think, oh, that's good. You're You've done a really sugar. good job. Mm. That's a good thing. Yeah. Exactly. Baser instincts, humanity. Um, so the, the the meeting is a plan for the pageant, which we don't know about until this point. We're like, oh, I thought it was like, oh, shoot, we're doing the meeting. And then they pivot and they do this pageant thing. And Father Flynn wants a secular song for Christmas. And they have a debate about the church in the modern time. And Frosty the Snowman's the example. And... Um, fa- uh, sorry, Sister Aloysius is like absolutely not. It's a pagan. It's a pagan. Hey, I'll tell you what, man. I was in the church, the Pentecostal church, when Harry Potter was going on. I spoke to Reverend Bruce about it. We did Harry Potter ourselves. Um, man, I had to put up with about twelve weeks of sermons about witchcraft and how they're coming to get our kids through Harry Potter. Oy, and oy. I do remember because I used to do the music some there and i'm tuning my guitar and i used to volunteer with the youth program but i'm sitting there i'm tuning my guitar and this woman's teaching the high schoolers all about uh all about the uh all about harry potter and why harry potter and it's like the 19th story i'm like finally i went i had to stop him and go i'm sorry have you seen harry potter and the woman <laughs> went no and i said me either and until i do i ain't saying anything about it and i wasn't trying to undermine this one but i was like we're talking about things we do not know yeah. you know I've is the seen. is the devil really hiding behind gryffindor i don't know it reminds me of like i i my like as a, as a kid i never had the harry potter thing but i had video games are going to corrupt the youth because that was like like that had been going on before the harry potter thing but as a kid because like gta 4 had come out and there was that whole thing i, I can't remember his name there was some some document uh docudrama that dan radcliffe was in about it but this guy was like gta is gonna like kill corrupt your 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 children and it's all about killing prostitutes so I was like have you ever actually played he's like no but i but i i know what it's about i was like oh, but Ooh. but how how do you know and like obviously like he kind of won GTA in that 4. by the end of that but Nico, I love GTA 4. <laughs> I've been playing GTA 5 again. It's, ah, oh, it's weird. Oh, 5, amazing, yeah. yeah but it was just the no idea. For, there was a no, no Country for Old Men thing in it the other day, and it was like, oh, wow, cool. But it's just like moral panic, and moral panic has been used mm. for everything. I've heard moral panic against Dungeons and Dragons. I've heard moral panic against uh, professional wrestling. I've heard it against rock and roll music. Play it backwards, and here's all the satanic messages. <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, that was the kind of the original one, but, you know. All is dead. Oh. Go back to Salem, and I'm sure it's, it's a human condition. 
competition thing, you know? It's, you it's, want you want to protect the youth, right? That's the idea behind every there's a conversation out there today, I won't explicitly say, but a big portion of it, especially in the states is are we going to protect the children? Wow. Are the yeah. children at at harm here? And it's like oh, the again, the nuance of the conversation I get and should be discussed, but the moral panic part of it, how about we settle down and learn from history? So and Sister Aloysius's theory is that if they heard the solemn hymns, they'd remember what it's all about. And I'm like, first off, there's many hymns that are not solemn. You know, the Hallelujah Chorus or Angels Angel, you know, oh, that's Bob. You know what I mean? Like that's a fun yeah. melody to sing. Um, but you know, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Like, and and he feels, Father Flynn, that we need to move with the times and they realize they're off the hot topic and they use that as a pivoting point to talk about well i feel that in the uh in the pageant it's important that donald miller is neither hidden nor put out front and they're like because of the color of his skin and he goes so he asked what he asked and, she, and mary just goes yes and he goes i just have no bearing on the matter and at this point, it's weird because he's the guy doing like the non-racially charged, treat him like everybody else. And we're like, you would say that. And mm. again, my perspective is going to change. Like, oh, maybe the interest is, is good natured. Wait a minute. What if it's not? Yeah. But, and, and he's kind of singled him out already. Kind of, you know, hey, champ, mm. how you doing? And Father Flynn goes, is that what this meeting's about? And Sister Aloysius says, yes. And I'm sitting here going, this is fairly duplicitous means to have this conversation. Mm. right you're springing it on him so he tries to leave because he feels uncomfortable and the phone starts to ring oh i've written my notes the phone rings and the phone is ringing so apparently i was quite big on the phone ringing (laughs) and she goes this is where this is where i went this must have been a play because that's such like a thing to play to like Mm -hmm. get the audience on edge he goes what are you accusing me of and she goes i'm not accusing you of anything i'm asking what happened in the rectory and he excuses himself and then as he gets to the door sister aloysius mentions the alcohol on his breath and he tells her let this alone basically Mm -hmm. he pulls rank Mm -hmm. she goes no and he goes you should have let it alone and she goes, not possible. And he says, look, he was caught drinking altar wine by Mr. McGinn. And therefore, we had a chat. And um, he was, uh, Donald Miller begged not to be taken off the altar boy program. And we know he loves the altar boy program. Mm. And this satisfies everyone. But Father Flynn says he's not happy with how Sister Aloysius handled this. And I'm going, let's, let, let's, let's, because let, I think we, we view this part of the movie as going, we know he's guilty. If we rephrase this and go, okay, let's present for a minute he was innocent. Yeah. How might he have displayed his emotions? And I think it's it's fairly similar. It's the same way, if not. That's the thing. If his story is true, beat for beat, he would have presented it. This probably is the way he presents it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you'd say, I'm not happy I was handled. Like you just, I, I walked into an ambush. I did not know this was happening. And, and also, immediately presumed. there's a little bit of you presumed, and who are you? Who are you? If you have a concern, you draw it to someone else, but you're here to, con- to convict. That's what you're here for. Yeah. After the meeting, Sarah James is happy. Sorry, Sarah James. Sister James is happy because he cleared it all up. And she really is like, well, that all turned out. Oh, I'm glad that's all taken care of. 
Kling. What a relief. Because <laughs> <sighs> no one's ever lied to her in her life. And Sister Aloysius goes, do you believe him? She goes, yes, of course. She goes, is it that or is it, is it just easier if you believe him? And that's kind of a, because it's both. It's both. Yeah, it's a lot easier if you don't have to go down this rabbit hole. But I believe him. But are you also as uh, Sister Aloysius, are you? Are you searching for it? Are you yeah. presumptively, you yeah. know, is this an inquisition? What What's going on here? He provided a, a, an alibi that meets all the criteria. You have, what's the element that wasn't addressed? He says, follow it up with the boy. Follow it up with Mr. McGinn. Those are the witnesses. And she says, no, that's never going to be good enough because I have my doubt. I have something that is as certain as certainty. And we know that there's all sorts of individuals who go into. Now, I don't know what the ramifications are, what the expectations are of a of a priest. Would he be able to have one on one? He was he was alone with with Donald Miller when they gives him the the altar boy stuff on on Sunday. Mm hmm. The principal's obviously allowed to have people in one-on-one -on -one without suspicion that there's any wrongdoing there. But she keeps the door open for sake of, uh, what she say, grace or, you know, um, form or whatever. So, I mean, there is a lesser sure. degree. Amongst like, absolutely. The, like, uh, unquote, patriarch. We, we absolutely say, don't ever be alone in a room with a student. As far yeah. as, like, actual, like, teaching. Like, that's, we don't do that. If you have to, for whatever reason, the door is wide open. But don't put your again. It's about that idea. If someone walks by, just just just. It's about always being, um, not putting yourself in a vulnerable position. Yeah, that's all it's about. Whereas altar boys are inherently in a vulnerable position. Oh, I mean, and, and 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 the thing is, the audience is coming to this movie with with decades of knowledge, mm. as opposed to this in '68, where if you put yourself in this universe, why would a priest do something wrong? Or even when it and, first came out, 2008, right? What's the series of um, allegations up to this point? Like, I think it's pretty significant, place? isn't it? What is that stuff? I, I, late 90s? I, yeah, I would say, yeah. Late, uh, I would say the height of it in terms I, of... I think, I think the, the, uh, the stigma is well and truly underway by this point. Well, mm -hmm. let's go back to Miramax for a second. Is it a definite fact or is it a rumor? Well, we're talking about Mr. Miramax himself. Correct. Correct. Well, the difference is, I guess, we have people who are saying this happened to me. Mm -hmm. Whereas it hasn't happened in 08, though, is the point. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what? So what? The point I'm saying is, is that it, when people are coming in as the audience member in 2008, is this an a quote unquote accepted rumor? Because you had the, you know, again the the height of it in the 90s, where uh, I, I just, I, you know, in my research for the film was looking up a couple statistics, and it depends on the community, you know, Hispanic community, which is largely Catholic. You don't hear about you don't, you don't you don't hear about don't it with hear. Hispanic. You're 100 right. This yeah, is exactly. this is very much white priests. Exactly. So, so, so having taken that into account when it comes to the audience, I think the same could be said when we're taking, you know, the leap the other way to Mr. Miramax. And it, Me Too hasn't happened yet. So maybe there's been some rumblings. Maybe there's been some rumors, but not everybody's privy to the same information when they're coming into this. Certainly. Um, Sister James says she wants no further part of this. And says it's because she just doesn't like Father Flynn because he's modern and takes three lumps of sugar and likes ballpoint pens. And she says, <laughs> I love history and I want to inspire my students. And this place is run like a jail. And if that means you don't think I'm fit to be a teacher, then so be it. 
and they calm down and she goes do you really think this place run like a school she goes no like a jail she goes no but they don't always have to fear you and there's just an ideological difference here because sister aloysius clearly believes that's how it, how it goes And as she finishes her big speech, she says, sit down. And then the light blows out so much so that I looked to see if this was an ad lib. It's the only bit of research I did for the film <laughs> and could not find. And then when it comes back the second time, I went, oh, okay. Clearly, it's not an ad lib. And I was like, if this was an ad lib, this is amazing. <laughs> it's, it's faulty 1960 wiring is what it is. Yeah. And the old bulbs. <laughs> uh, Sister Aloysius phones Mrs. Miller, but we're not told what for. We go to a second service of the of the three, and Donald is now no longer an altar boy. We repeat a shot from earlier, but rather than see Donald there, it's it's two white boys up there. And the sermon's about gossip, and I'm like, oh, my word, to abuse your platform like this. Mm. Or, this is- or to be timely about it. If somebody oh. comes and is wrong as the priest, should you not correct and give an offering of teaching and that maybe the rest of the flock could learn from as well. This right came, about what you know. This came across as mean spirited to me. <laughs> I, I agree. He, his his uh, initial in, uh, inspiration for it probably shouldn't be confused and mixed in with his teachings and his sermons etc but at the same time one could but, the argument could be said i'll tell you what this, he says like because he's like oh i'm just writing an idea about in, my, yeah, uh, intolerance intolerance no. yeah he is kind of you i'm gonna use my power here yeah and he says i'm gonna try and dissuade who i need to a woman spoke to her friend there's two of them there mm-hmm. aren't there mm-hmm. Um, and so the pillow, so tells this woman who says, so the parables that this woman goes through to her priest and says, I've gossiped with my friend. I feel guilty about it. How can I make amends? And just go home, take a pillow, go to the roof, grab a knife through it, empty the pillow, come back to me when it's done, comes back and says, there we go. Is my penance done? He goes, no. Now you have to go pick up all the feathers. And she goes, well, some of them have flown really, really far. I'm I'm, I'm going to be able to find all of them. And he went, exactly. That's the point. That is gossip. And the idea being you lose control of it once you start. You start Mm -hmm. moving on someone's, you know, good good name and you lose control of it. And then all of a sudden it's gone, whether it originally was founded or not founded. It's a powerful metaphor. And we even get a couple shots of feathers on this typical Brooklyn sort of set of apartment buildings with fire escapes and the uh, and the feathers just flying everywhere. It was it was a really good visual. Mm. And that is and he hits it is gossip. So yeah. His accent's brilliant. I love it. Oh, oh him doing his Irish bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's gossip. It's gossip. Uh, Father Flynn and Sister James meet in this little courtyard they kind of have there, the bench. And they both admit they can't sleep. And Father Flynn grabs a DeMaurier cigarette, and that's my stepfather's brand. So I went, ah, DeMaurier. Oh, didn't even pick up on it. And the camera's like a tulip in the sense that it's quite low to the ground and very Dutch. Oh, come on. I thought that was way good when I came up with that. (laughs) Come on. Come on. Uh, No, it's really low and really Dutch on both of them. Mm. And Sister James says her brother's very sick, but she can't afford to leave her class. And she says that she saw him put an undershirt in Donald Miller's locker. And he says, I was just returning it because he left it. I don't know why he had it off. I forget what the logic for it was. 
But uh, maybe it's from being changed to be an altar boy. I don't know. But he didn't want to embarrass him. I think that's what he said. Something like that. So, yeah. And he then approaches um, uh, Sister James because uh, he actually goes and sits beside her and, tr- and and then starts to use language to divide her from Sister Aloysius. Mm. You know, basically going, we're the same. We want a new church. She doesn't get this. She's determined to do and determined to bring me down. And he goes, you know, you love your students. I love my parishioners. And she goes, love? And he goes, yeah, have you forgotten, you know, the reason why we have the big T on the, on the front of the church? Yeah, it's Christ's about number one teaching. It's about love. Love one another, right? And um probably a word you can get away with more as a uh, as as a priest than just as a run of the mill educator. And uh Sister James says she doesn't believe in the charges against Father Flint. That's her last message as he gets up because she looked in his book and he's got flowers in his Bible to remind him of the beauty of spring. He does seem a bit out of all the scenes, I'd say this is his number one uh, predatory type of uh, manipulative scene. Manipulative. This feels like he's putting, he's trying to divide and conquer, and he's starting with the 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 closest thing to an eyewitness. Yeah, the naive, um, the sweet, yep. the nice mm. nature, the woman who smelled the, the, the liquor on his breath, the woman who had the concerns about the kid. Yeah. If you take away your enemy's number one ally, you've weakened them significantly. So. It's incredible because from act, during like Act One, I'm undecided. Act Two, after this sermon, I'm going. Oh, after oh. a sermon. Oh, I, I'm, I'm see. I'm not undecided at all. I'm a hundred percent thinking he's guilty the whole way through. Oh no, exactly. So by the time I get to the sermon, I'm going. Oh, I'm I'm seeing the signs. This is you. This is an evil man. And he during the talking, go. Oh, oh, you're awful. So I do have a change for a brief second. <laughs> so back in the school, the girl with the barrette in her hair from earlier tells Father uh, Flynn that she's in love with Jimmy Hurley. And he goes, maybe you should tell him. And it's all very innocent and cute. And he, he sort of watches. And then Donald Miller comes in and he looks to Father Flynn. But Father Flynn makes makes a beeline out because you, know, you can read this two ways. You can read this because he's guilty. Or you can read this as because he knows he's being watched. And he knows that unfortunately now this boy who he wants to help and the boy who sees him, we don't know why yet, but the boy who sees him in this positive light, which we're making all sorts of assumptions about, mm. you know, because actually that's such a a, a a vulnerability to him now. Um, So then William comes in and knocks the stuff out of his hands uh, and someone steps on the ballerina magnet he has. And he's quite upset. And uh, Father Flynn now shows up and, 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 and sort of helps console Donald Miller and hugs him and helps him gather his things. And then completely unseen behind him, we have Sister uh, Sister James. Mm. Uh, back to her class, it's completely out of control, and she wants to know what was Patrick Henry's famous line. I've gotten my notes for the record. It's give me liberty or give me death. Yes. And uh, she then asks Donald Miller what it was. She yells at him, so it shows she's turning more like Sister Aloysius. Mm. And uh, she asks Donald Miller. He has no clue, so she questions him in front of the class and kind of embarrasses him a bit because he's not listening. Uh 
Sister James, sorry, not Sister James, James, the student, stands up and says, give me liberty or give me death. And she sends him down to the principal's office for speaking out of turn. Following the chain, right? The problem mm-hmm. is in the principal's office, we meet Mrs. Miller, played by Viola Davis in one of two scenes she'll get in this movie. Oh, no, she'll, she'll get a third, but two was speaking. Mm. Yeah, dialogue, yeah. Um, and it turns out the sister Aloysius has been listening to a transistor radio, but for the news reports. And we find out she was married back in the day, which surprises everybody, myself included. Mm. We find that her husband was killed in the war. I think it was the war. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Miller backs up the wine story and says Donald's really upset about being kicked off the altar boy program. So even the supposed victim is lining up with this and, and the story is consistent throughout, but what do victims often do? That's going to get brought up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, Mr. Miller didn't want Donald to go there because he feared trouble with the other boys. And they appreciate Father Flynn looking out for him. At this point, James, the boy, has been sent out, knocks on the door, and after their and their brief exchange allows for Father Flynn to see Mrs. Miller's in the office talking to Sarah Aloysius, sorry, to Sister Aloysius. I've got short forms the whole way through. <laughs> um, so Sister Aloysius says, you don't have long for, for, to, for the meeting. Can I walk with you to your job? And then uh, James comes back and goes, I don't know what they're on about. And... Uh, he gets sent back to class by Father Flynn, and then um, Sister James is like, what have you been there for? He goes, leave me alone, and she jumps down his throat and goes, who do you think you're talking to? You'll remember whose room this is. And back where I am, that we call this finding your teacher voice, man, because, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've had a couple people who started for me who have been uh, kind of uh, meek in the beginning and had to find out, look, sometimes kids don't want to learn, man. You got to tell them to sit down. Simple as. It's okay to tell them that. It's okay to tell them that. If it was a democracy, I would lose 30 to 1 on, on every decision. <laughs> um, the walk and talk, and Mrs. Miller just wants her son to make it to June. Something's going to be said about 19 times here. Then they can get into a better high school, and then they can have a shot at college. And uh, Sister Aloysia says she's concerned that Father Flynn may have made advances on her son. And she pushes the issue, and Mrs. Davis just keeps going. It's just till June. And Sister Aloysius asked her, what kind of mother are you? And we, we, we heard earlier when he got kicked off the altar boy program, he was beaten by his father. But it's not actually why he was beaten by his father. He's beaten due to his nature, which is the way we're going to say he beats him up because his son's gay. And I want to <clears throat> ask, is... Is that the impression everybody has? Is that something we all accept up to this now that it's been said? I mean, um, is it just a presumption, a a quote-unquote potential that he is gay? (sighs) See, the problem is we get so little of Donald Miller actually in the movie (laughs) that we can only go by brief and he hardly ever speaks. Having seen it a few times, that's why I'm curious about the two of you more than anything and anybody else who's only seen it once, the initial like response to it he comes across soft there's a softness about him which doesn't equal being gay but in the 50s and sorry, in 68 um i don't imagine uh, 
I think it would be a, a behavior that would be consistent with what people thought was being gay. I, I take his mother's I take his mother's defense and his father's abuse as both concrete the report we get. Now again, I have to trust because this movie's all about trust in other people's accounts. Yeah. But I trust that the mother is correct in knowing that her son is gay. Okay. Ethan, what's your thought on it? I from from the moment she started saying it, I I had no reason not to to be, to like believe her. I was I was just going, oh yeah, that 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 she she knows there must be a reason that this is that and blah blah blah. And looking back, like the way that he sort of I don't know, not approaches the Reverend, but he's like, oh, that was sure was some like getting close to him. I don't think that makes it seem as if I'm blaming him. I'm not, but like they're. I think because of what um, Mrs. Miller says, I yeah he probably he probably is gay then. Sure, sure. And I mean, and again, having rewatched it a few times, they do hint at it, especially in the beginning when he asks about his weight and things yep. like that. There are a few. Mm. There are a few hints. <laughs> there's the, at it. There's the old Will and Grace joke that there's there's like thin and there's gay thin, and those aren't the same. Mm. Those aren't the same sort of measurements. Sure. So. I bring it up simply because of this idea that we're going to, I assume, get into with this whole um, monologue and this whole discussion with Mrs. Miller and uh, uh, Sister. Uh, yeah, Aloysius. It's, yeah, it's, it's just it's just as I as I start to approach the conversation, it's one of the harder ones for the film. It yep. is probably the the climax, if that's what we call it. Uh I'd go one conversation further, but yeah, we're definitely we're definitely approaching it. Okay, so yeah, it's not the, unfounded to say the, the performances and the dial and the oh, context. it's yeah, it's climbing, and it's actually one of the few times we see emotion from Sister Mary Aloysius. Actually, even when she's going toe for toe with toe toe to toe with Father Flynn, she's actually quite emotionless in various portions of it. Yeah, even when she's being kind or whether she's yep. being stern, it's mostly it's mute. It's yep. mostly in the middle, yeah. Um, Mrs. Miller, oh, sorry, so you can't hold the child responsible for what God made him, she says. And she's just glad that someone is good to her son. She says, I don't know why. I don't ask why. We've all got reasons to be nice to people. We all got reasons not to be nice to people. But my son needs a man to be kind to him and is kind of willing to look the other way. Now, she's like, has he said anything? No. And she goes, so what do you have? We think. Okay, well, until you have more than just thought. Now, our natural reaction is be a mother should react like this. Mm. But he comes home and he talks about Father Flynn nonstop. And he's got a male role model who's not beating him up. She's going, until you find something founded, I think the message is, I'm okay. It's just till June. I'm okay with seeing the good that is. Or, yeah. or I'm. 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 I'm okay with accepting the good that that Father Flynn is doing it, for my kid. Yeah, I mean, if my kid is happy right now, and there's that's the one bright light I I see in the in our lives, like the three of us, my husband and my son. It's just what a see. These are two women who are united in the fact they're both certain. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Because we keep coming at this like like Sister Aloysius has the smoking gun. I'm still not sure to this point she has. 
No, no. I, I, the, the movie wants us to go there. But even the judge, you know, what kind of mother are you? And it's like, and then you, and then you got sister, and she might be misguided as well. But she's also certain going. I see good happening in my kid, so I'm going to block out. So, whereas sister Aloysius is blocking out anything that might clear Father Flynn's name, exactly. Mrs. Uh, Miller. Is yeah. blocking anything out that might condemn his name because they've both got their narratives that they need to be right. Mm. Although at the same time, though, doesn't Mrs. Miller even say we all have our reasons? I'm sure he has his. I don't even know if she is as un, you know, like uh, you know, blinders put on as um, Sister Aloysius probably does. I wonder if she is just ready or more willing, especially if you take the context of the time uh-huh. and as as shitty as it is the fact that she and her son are minorities i mean yeah. she knows her son she says if they again, get through said, this school he'll have a better high school and that exactly. sets him up for college exactly i mean a, a gay gay in the states at, at that time is already going to be hard enough yeah. a gay a minority is already going to be hard enough put them together but a gay minority mm. like she knows as a mother he's probably already going to have a hard time his father if anything is already showing him how hard a time he's going yeah. to have in the world if anything, I'm just going to cling to, even if I subconsciously accept and know that it's probably not 100% innocent. Yeah, I guess my certainty statement is more like she's certain about this is a good relationship for my son. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's better for this. But is he? That's the whole complication of this whole thing. Is he? Is he not? Is the only he, solace I find is that it's a fictional, is that it's a fictional story. He's just right. thinking about the moment, not the future and the impact that it will have down the line. That's there's there is so much to him. If she's right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's Here's so, the doubt: so if she's right, yeah. Well, well, I mean, take it. Take and it again, at this point of... in the movie, I'm a hundred percent thinking he's guilty. I'm still. I'm. I. I was on the fence first watch till now. First, wa- first watch. I was a hundred percent sure he was guilty the whole movie long. Well, hang on, wow. not the whole movie long. There's, there's a turning point. Yeah, but up until this point, everything is fulfilling my 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 confirmation bias, and also let's not forget the star power of Meryl Streep and oh, what yeah. that can do to an audience. This is Meryl Streep. Is she going to really on a subconscious level? I'm not thinking this, but is she really going to put herself in a position where she's not the one who's right? And Viola Davis isn't even the star she is. This is the movie that actually oh. puts her big time on the map yeah, yeah, yeah. for this performance. Um. Oh, what a fucking film! She says, "My husband will kill that child over a thing like this. So if he gets if he gets removed from the school, mm-hmm. my husband will kill my son." Let's again. That's let's time, add that because the easy thing to do is to throw the kid out to protect him, and it would be to protect him, but you can't protect him when he's going to die at home. And again, to rob him of this opportunity that she's described, and this positivity as well. Like this is still the mom still says this is a good relationship. It's a positive relationship for my son. At, at least as far as she wants to. Because, again, to unpack that, let's say 20, da- 20 years down the road, does Donald still feel that that was a We don't know because the movie, cause the movie doesn't exist past mm. that. These people aren't real. They don't <laughs> exist after we're done. Ah, it's so, so – there's your, there's your English teacher and me going, no, no, we can't, we, we, we can't go there. That's not, that's not – the movie doesn't tell – it doesn't know, let us go we, there. W- but we want to we want to humanize and personify yeah. and you know and because we know hey these things have greater impact as we go exactly. along if they're yeah. true but we never get told Ugh. Ugh. and 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 
And she even asked, is he any different at home? No. <laughs> There's no change in his behavior at home. Mm-hmm. None of the none of the things you think you're supposed to see are we seeing. And so the question yeah, is, who is knows the kid he's... best? Is it the educator or is it the parent? God damn it. They both have the versions that, that, that they're seeing. This is why I struggle so much with this scene. Hey, you brought this I, movie, I, dude. I'm just I the know. one talking about it. And that's why I, I really want to get everybody you know it's just it, when I, I think it was this scene specifically where i was like where i first first messaged you and saying you know what Ian, I we got to talk about this one because <laughs> i have such a hard time with this scene with the again like you said ethan unpacking every, all of these little things that the impact and yeah we don't get closure but in real life like this would have a domino effect whether it's true or untrue and the, the implications of gossip on it and 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 a mother's you know instinct to protect her kid versus is she setting up her kid for for failure versus opportunity and how do you answer that as a parent and it's just so so deliciously complicated i'm glad i get to ask you guys about it i've got my notes here meryl streep is great but viola davis is sensational right now steals it. so good steals it maybe in this scene my favorite actress to date there we go. So the Matt Damon of the acting of the female <laughs> acting world, you're saying. I, I put her against any male actor as well. I oh, I'll tell right you what. When, when, when Viola Davis, she's got this thing she has with her dialogue. But when she goes to this like throaty, deep place. Mm. Have you yeah. seen the scene? They use it as the trailer, which is insane. Fences. Use, fences. Fences. <laughs> the scene when it's her and Denzel and it's just they do a monologue each. And you're oh, like, Denzel gets done, and you're like, cool, they're going to say a Denzel Washington film. And then Viola Davis have hers, and I'm like, damn. Yeah, I have. I actually have the uh, the theatrical poster on my wall out there in the in the living room wow. from the theater when I first saw it. Ooh, Remarkable. It's amazing. It's amazing. I love that film Viol- for, the, for the dialogue. Viola Davis finishes by going, I don't know if you and I are on the same side, but I'll be standing with my son and those that are good to my son. I hope God. to see you there. Good Ooh. morning. Right. The implications of that. Mm. You are not looking out for my son. You have a it same thing. Father it. Flynn's going to say you, 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 you have an agenda. You have a crusade. You have, a, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm lacking the right word here, but you have this, a, this Puritan notion of yeah. superiority, you know, this elitism of it. And now cause of, cause of, cause of the mother saying, your heart's in the wrong place for this. I'm yeah. starting to doubt again. And, and then let and then let, let, let we talk. Let's have the idea that it's a white woman telling a black woman, "What kind of mother are you?" Mm. Oh, yeah. oh, careful! Are you a? Oh, yeah, are you a mother? Do you even know the strife? Yeah. Of, of, of what we know, we, she's been married. We have no. I don't. Know, we've heard nothing about children. Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh back at school and it's a hell of a dutch angle when we get back to school and father flynn comes in and sister aloysius asks for a third party and father flynn makes his way in going we're not going to have a third party and her request is reasonable look mm-hmm. we're going to be on opposite sides we need someone else as a witness who would they bring in though again sister James. that's the problem is that everybody there mm. is an ally of hers because of the way the power yeah. structure is set up but anybody he brings in is an ally of his yeah, are you going to bring in Donald? Like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Father Flynn asks what has to be done to quell her suspicions. He says, you've been suspicious of me even before this incident, right? And she goes, yes. And he goes, why? She goes, because I know people. I'm like, this this is not... Mm. This is not how things are supposed to work. So this is where I actually start to turn is right here. Mm. He says, that's not good enough. And she says, did you know that that his father beats him? Which is true, which goes, okay, now we've just given privileged information from Mrs. Miller. And then five minutes later, we find out that the father Flynn knows this information mm. and goes, wouldn't that explain the strange behavior in class? And going, it might. Yeah. And if he's the confidant, he's the male role model now. He knows these things. And talking about these things might result in him being upset at various points. So she kind of has to pause and go, Yeah, it could mean that. But he goes, So what is this? And she goes, I was standing here and I saw you touch this boy's hand and he pulled away. And he goes, That's it. She went, That's it. Hmm. Oh, she says that she spoke with Mrs. Miller before she did that. She called his last parish and he says, what did he say? The pastor She says, I did not speak to the pastor. I spoke to the nun. This is your third parish in five years. And he says, I'm a good priest. He said, I will not call the pastor. She says, I will not call the pastor. And said, she, I won't fall in line with the church even because like, there's a system. You're supposed to go through the system. And she won't fall in line with the church, even if she's damned to hell. She asks him again if she ever gave him wine to drink. And he goes, have you never done anything wrong? And she goes, he goes to the door to leave first. And at the end, he says that. She goes, yes. He goes, what did you do? She goes, I confessed it, Father. And she's tearing up. And he goes, whatever I have done, I've left it in the healing hands of my confessor, as have you. We are the same. And when you when, when you when you lay it like that, we have committed sin. We have confessed our mm. sin. Therefore, equal. Now, this one's hard to go. Why does he change his mind here if he's, why does he come back if he's not guilty? Yeah, exactly. But I don't yeah. know. I don't know. And what And what is he claiming is his guilt? He, you he, know? He, he's purposely not talking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, is is it something that he feels guilty about, but it's not what she's now, accusing him of? Now, I don't want to be all what typically is right wing and go, hey, the, hey, you, the, hey, if if we can call these people because if you have nothing to hide, there's nothing to fear. So tell me everything. Whereas your more left wing would go, no, hang on, I have personal rights and freedoms, and and you know, I have the right to keep my my my, my privacy private, and that's okay. Now, one of them comes across a bit more shifty, and one of them comes across, it, it's all it's all very whatever. But this is the fight we're having right now. Well, the dichotomy of humanity, though, right? There's nothing is as straight cut as our red and blue lines often frame it as like we're always intertwined in both have you never done something yeah. that you feel guilty of of course that's the question of course we but have why are you saying this now well not not i agree i agree but the inner the intersection of of all of us like meryl streep's character can't presume and which i i applaud the performance and the writing for in the script in this specific scene because she even though she can't presume that she is the higher authority the moral authority here because she has made mistakes she has made mortal sins she did have transgressions in the past and yet she admits them even in this situation whereas he 
as the film very clearly frames it, isn't ready to quite say that. Well, maybe he, because of authority, maybe because of power structure, etc. Also keep in mind, he's the one with the current claim being made against him. Mm. So she can talk about what sure. she did five years ago and how it was sure. terrible and how but it's all done and settled and everybody knows or if it's not this is an ongoing he's literally right next door is the claim sure, sure. yeah absolutely no good point um and whatever she's done we, we don't we don't know what it is is the benefit of hindsight all that stuff he's the current parish he's the current priest of this parish so there's going to be fallout um yeah. he says she says if you will not leave my office i will and once i go i will not stop and she even says like i'll damn myself to hell if i have to 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 bring you down to which point he goes wait and then she says look okay here's the deal you're gonna have a transfer and a leave of absence is granted and and she he goes you'd leave me with nothing she goes it's donald miller who is nothing and you took full advantage of that i want to go back to the wait so there's two ways to read the wait you can read the wait as the jigs up She's not going to stop, even if I can't leverage the job against her anymore. Wait. I'm going to give you a half-hearted confession. Option one. Hmm. Option two, the truth is irrelevant. If she's going to continue to go around and tell everybody, what do I have left anyway? She said she will not stop is the best situation for me to pack up and start new. Have I already lost? Yeah. Because yeah. mm. all that's going to happen is now this gets, but right now it's two people. What's going to happen if it's everybody here, all the congregants, she's not, she's having some very open conversations. I mean, she's openly having a conversation with the parents saying, I think the priest is this. Yeah. It's kind of hard to walk that one back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Where'd you go from there? I mean, from a legal perspective, if he satisfied all the requirements of some sort of whatever, like we get talking about harassment, we get talking about, you know, sort of vigilante justice. And And if you're wrong, like someone has to go no matter what, because either she or you can't stay there or he can't stay there. And, and, And back to her story, she was at St. Boniface. Mm. something was up and all we know is that she's not there anymore yeah 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 was she sent away and we don't know these things and the film doesn't tell us so we can't you know i i, I gotta follow my own rules i can't go outside of it yeah. i just know that they hinted at something and i'm they, not gonna well, follow your rules though and and and, and, they, and they've left it open yeah i mean the likelihood of the, the way the church deals with um mm-hmm. let's just say sexual misconduct a uh, priest is the common a recipient of this misconduct or the, you know, the, uh, um, those that are often accused of it. And I think it's like 90% of them are in the case of male on male. Uh, but nuns are not, uh, immune to this uh, accusation oh. either. And the same, the, 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 uh, philosophy or the, you know, like repetition of, of execution or, or the repetition of like a um, process here is the same regardless. I wasn't trying to suggest that I think right. she was guilty of the same. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. But it's still, it's still, my suggestion was is, that she did the same thing too. She had a similar run in with a priest over there and she lost accused, that battle. Accused. Yeah, exactly. The process is still the same is yeah. my point is like if, if the Bishop says if the Bishop, which is part of the whole corruption that uh spotlight actually highlights is even when it's guilty, you do one of two things. If they're guilty, 
then you just moved them somewhere else. If they're not guilty, then you move the person who accused them to somewhere else. So it's like, how does this solve any of the problems? But whatever. Yeah. Um, where am I at here? Uh, Let's see. What are we at? We, we have a lot more time. Let's slow down. We go a little fast here. <laughs> Recovering the. She asks why she cares about the boy and why he joined the priesthood, and doesn't really engage with his with his commentary because I think hers is much more. <sighs> there's a life of devotion and uh, obedience. And I think his is a bit more emotive and therefore aligns a bit more with what Sister James's ideology is, as we said previously. Mm-hmm. She says, I have no sympathy for you because I know you are invulnerable to true regret. And she goes to leave and says, and cut your nails, which again is, is, is a great oomph line and therefore makes you think she's the hero. Yeah. That is what a hero says when they leave a room. It's not what the person who got it wrong does. So he gets behind the desk, clears his throat, opens his Bible, and puts the flowers back on top of the Bible. Yeah, it was, and then then we, uh, we, uh, it was left vague at first. This is the choir practicing, and then no, it seems like it's the actual service. It's just a J cut. And Father Flynn gives his third and final sermon and talks about the wind behind us. And he says that he let to stay here longer, but the wind is taking him somewhere else. And before he goes, he would like to say goodbye to everybody in person. And this was kind of weird because he kind of now does just does like everybody's going to sit there while he goes ahead and just does like, you know, a wrestler coming down the ramp, just shaking everybody's hands. And we have cutaways to a bunch of people, but we have distinct cutaways on an unhappy looking Mrs. Miller, a distraught looking uh, Donald Miller. And then William, who lets out a small smile. Now, why is this? Is this because Donald Miller is not the only boy who was abused? That is the question. Is this because the guy who gave me a hard time about, about my nails not being clean is God? Thank, thank God. I can, I can just you know show up and there'll be someone else, and he won't care as much. And that's the end of him. We cut yeah. to Christmas time. Sister James, who I forgot was in the film, <laughs> finds Sister Aloysius. And it turns out there was a storyline reason why they just remove her from a while because she went to see her brother. And he's much better now. Sickly. Yeah, yep. sickly brother. Donald Miller is heartbroken. And she says to Sister Aloysius, I don't think Father Flynn did anything wrong. And she goes, he convinced you. And she says, yes. She asked back to Sister Aloysius, did he ever prove it? So did you ever prove it? To whom? To anyone but yourself? No. But you were sure? Yes. Sister Sarah, sorry, Sister James says, I wish I could be like you. She says, why? Because I can't sleep anymore. And the comeback is maybe people like us weren't meant to sleep. Maybe that's the problem is we hold the truth about people, and that's hard to sleep with. That's my last, that last bit's me. <laughs> um, 
so it turns out they made Father Flynn pastor of another school with a church, church with a school attached to it. So it's a promotion of sorts. We find out the nun at the previous school was a deception. She never phoned. Mm. His resignation was his confession. Now that works again if you are coming at it from that perspective. As opposed to some nameless nun has said some things about you. Who? I'm not telling you. So is it true? I don't know. I don't know. It, it definitely leads itself to not be good and to go, ha, I, I, you, you out tricked him. But um, he said what I thought he was, what I thought he was. And now he's gone. And sister James is like, I can't believe you lied. And Aloysius says in the pursuit of wrongdoing, you have to step away from God. But Aloysius says there is a price. And she says, with tears in her eyes, I have doubts. I have such doubts. And Sister James consoles her silently as we reverse Zoom from a, almost a godlike perspective. Mm. And we fade out. Yeah, wow. And that's our movie. In the end game I thought with three of us this would take less time, but nope. <laughs> we love a discussion of nuance. Yeah. And, and, and we've oh. missed so much of it that we could have discussed. Oh, so there's a lot more we could have gone down. <laughs> uh, we need a random word. Uh, Hermes, what you got? Oh, boy. This one was is difficult because I didn't have one prepped. I, I, I know we've done rosary before, which is what I was like instinctually going with. Um, I'm going to go with feathers feathers let's go um talk about the money 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 uh 20 million dollar budget what is this i think it's 20 million dollar budget that feels low though let me take a look and make sure i'm right about that do 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 what song is that like blues Someone get a hold of me if you know what that is. Uh, no, $20 million budget is correct. What does it take home? Ethan. Ooh, I can't imagine it makes my I'm going to say like 35 mil. And Hermes. Yeah, I'll go with 50. Well, rigged or not, we'll see. 50.9 is the correct oh. answer. <laughs> you out go. Ethan to Ethan. Doubled it. Ethan's, That's what I was doing. Ethan's usually <laughs> clever enough to... Uh, to, uh, yeah, but you think that Hermes and I are the same person, so maybe. I do. Just you can't maybe. prove it. There's two exactly. hands on the screen right now. Can't <laughs> prove it at all. Five Oscar nominations. Uh, probably not going to take too long to guess these, but let's see what you got. I did see uh, one of the one of the nominations. All right. Uh, Philip Seymour for Best Actor. Uh, best Supporting Actor, but yes. Supporting. Okay. Yeah, I'm surprised uh, it's not lead myself, but there we go. Mm. Yeah, who would be the lead in this then? Uh, there is no Meryl lead Streep? actor. Okay. Oh, yeah. The lead, lead, yeah. So Meryl Streep gets nominated for lead actress. Hmm. Okay. There's a supporting actress for Viola Davis, isn't there? Yep. And yeah. There, there's two more nominations. Best. Uh, oh, adapted screenplay? Adapt, yeah. Adapted yeah. screenplay. There's mm-hmm. one more. School. Direction. No. Picture. No. It's actually a, a, a duplicate, if you will. Oh. Duplicate. Uh, Edit? No. Best Supporting Actress, Amy Adams. Uh, Adams. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. 
who I, I kind of went at the start. I'm like, oh yeah, she's great. At the end, she's really good in that last scene too. I think there's a there's an earnestness to her, which uh, yeah, like which a moral is good. Boundary almost. Yeah, yeah, there's a strength there. Don't 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 mistake her kindness for weakness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, just for the record, um, they were all unsuccessful. <laughs> so I have really, Viola. I thought Viola uh, nope. won. So I've got oh, I've got wow. the winners here. The winners were for supporting actress. Both ladies lost to Penelope Cruz, who won for Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Hmm. Ah. Adapted screenplay lost to Slumdog Millionaire. Okay. Supporting actor, so Philip Seymour Hoffman loses to Heath Ledger. Yeah, okay. I guess the Dark Knight. Okay, okay, that's right. Two thousand eight. That's yep. right. And then for best actress, a film I've never seen, um, Meryl Streep loses to Kate Winslet for the Reader. Oh, the Reader. Oh. I haven't seen it, but yeah. Wow. Much like Hugh Jackman in his opening musical montage said, I didn't get around to see the reader. Well, that may still be in the chamber. No, there we go. There we go. (laughs) Um, Who would you cast as who? And I'm like, Liam, I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, I'm not anything like them. Of course not. It's it's called, it's (laughs) called honorable mention to the entire cast. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh, there's only one male role, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, you you would fit well as um, as a uh, Father Flynn, mm-hmm. Philip Seymour Hoffman, Ian. I you know just I think I think Reasonable. just as a presence and as as um, him as a as an actor with a lot of the characters he does, I think you just tend to fit well with being what I assume. I've never seen you act, but what I assume <laughs> you are capable of doing, Ethan. Um, could you be uh, you're a bit out uh, you're a bit older than the care than the character calls for but maybe one of the like william london or maybe even the guy the, the kid with the um brooklyn with the radio. <laughs> brooklyn yeah, was yeah, yeah, radio. oh I, i'd be great with a little transistor radio <laughs> just play innocent i have no yeah. idea what you're talking about sister what you want about? Oh. <laughs> i mean That's georgia and, and megan would both be good for the amy adams role is the problem mm. I like Georgia more as the Amy Adams, and I think uh, Meg as the as a uh, Meryl Streep human. Yeah, I mean, we, can she heavy lift? Can she heavy oh, lift? She can't. Oh, she can. She can. Trust me. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll deny it to her face, but yeah, she's she's, <laughs> my, she's my, excellent. My brain was uh, going to when we did um, Crucible. Crucible. Yeah, yeah. yeah she can it, was, it was between between Aloysius or um, Miss Miller. Well, I mean, both. if we if we age Megs down slightly, she can play Aloysius. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> You're so mean. <laughs> I have to do Thanks. this because otherwise I have to remind myself I'm the oldest one in the pod. <laughs> um, so who gets Viola then? That's the question. Like Viola, oh, see, that is a standout. It, it is, right but there. it's always hard to cast um, a- actresses of color with, with even hypothetically. Sure, with sure, sure. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Um, yeah, I mean, George has got a fire on her when, when, when she wants to. Um, yes, that is like, you can't. You can't underdo that one. Like that that scene Not where they're one. walking down the street. That is you have to be That's, that's the hardest team. scene to cast actually because it's such a repressed frustration and anger and acceptance all living at the same time. She has her husband that she's living yeah. under. She has her son she's trying to live for. She's oh my gosh. She's overworked. She barely has 30 minutes to even do this. It's wow. Yeah. Character did this film have a villain problem? Well, no, because the whole purpose is that you don't know if he's the villain or not. Or if she's the villain. Yeah, or mm. if she's the villain. 
so does it have a villain problem that we can't pin it down? Like one audience member might view it one way, the other audience member might view it another way? I teach this thing with my A-level students, which is kind of like university prep. And it's uh, uh, it's called spectatorship. And it talks about how different people might decode the same film in different ways. So we could walk out of the film and go, I think it was so-and-so. I think it was so-and-so. Great. What made you think that way? Part of it would be the ambiguity in the storytelling. Part of it would also be um, maybe there's certain circumstances. So if you were raised in the Catholic Church or you had knowledge of it, uh, you might have a different take on it than if you weren't. Or unfortunately, if you had exposure to this sort of levels of trauma, you might read it for sure in a certain way because the characters fulfilling so many of the um, sort of conventional roads that things go down. Hmm. Um, so the question is, when you come out, does that make it a bad film if we can't agree on it? on what happened and generally the question then becomes was it done well and if you can see what do you want from it it's it's kind of like a no country for old men in the sense of you can walk away and go that was two different things to two different people but if it's done well you forgive the ambiguity and the open-endedness and you go that's all right now it can also be done incredibly cheaply and it comes off terribly i don't think this is that though Hmm. yeah yeah no i agree i agree and it's also the idea of like, uh, what do you, uh, we, I, I know you guys say it frequently is like, what do you want from your film? And just because it didn't deliver what you wanted, did it still do, like you said, did it do what yeah. it was doing poorly? No, you, of course You wanted not. the fin of, you want, you want sister to go, yeah, he went to the new school and what happened? And he was found out within weeks. He's done. Yeah. And that's the Hollywood <laughs> ending. You go, yeah. you were right. Well, I did have my doubts and they smile and drink tea and plan the concert. And that's the credits. That would be what the audience typically wants is closure. Yeah, there's this sense of realism because a lot of times in life, yeah, you'll hear like rumblings of of something, but you never find out because life's like that. They're just, I, I could count the amount, I can't even count the amount of unanswered questions in life from things I've heard or like things I've seen because it's, it, there are so many, and that's just that's the the you know, the tragedy of life in a sense. And I, oh, it it hits me so hard here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be thinking about this one for a while. Yeah. Well, even this the idea of sexual assault. Uh, the military has one it's called SAP or sexual assault prevention response, etc. And um and the unfortunately, the biggest statistic that is really unsettling to learn is that most allegation most cases turn out to be 85 percent unfounded we just don't oh it wow he's it becomes a he said she said whether whether it seems like it is the case and that person fits i mean but it's, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 80 85 is unfounded because we just don't have the proof to pursue further and than I, that. I think there still needs to be and it's difficult because this film this film presents a different a different road to that where it says no 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 having the feeling is enough Having the feeling Maybe is in the small community, it could be. But. And but these two women are 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 bonded through their mutual doubt. They came to different realizations, but the doubt is what bonds them, which is what his first sermon was on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this idea being, I mean, if you're talking about people's freedom, talking about people's livelihoods, people's reputations, uh, I think there is a burden of proof. And the film's very clever. Like, remember what I said? Like, we don't even get to see his face. We have to trust Amy Adams's account of it. 
Because for some reason, at that moment, they withhold with the ellipsis cut and that. They withhold the key moments from us. Yeah. So we just get the shirt in the locker, and then what do you make of his? And she, we, we, we didn't mention it, but, you know, Meryl Streep goes to Philip Seymour Hoffman, look, even your face. I can see it in your face. And I was like, well, what do you want to see? Yeah, what, how could I change my face? Like, okay, great. Like, I see it in your face. Okay, what does that even mean to see, you see it in my face? Say what you will about the judicial system in in various countries. That's one thing I do, and at least in idea, in like a specifically ideological sense of the of the statement, the fact of innocent until proven guilty, and even that, yeah, beyond a shadow of a doubt, is what a jury has to. If there is a doubt, beyond a reasonable doubt, correct, yeah, correct, correct. But, but if you, if there is, because there's hung juries all the time, and they're split, and there's, you know. Beyond that reasonable doubt, if there's even, I mean, famously OJ, like we all yep. agreed as a society, like, no, nah, this guy's guilty. But unfortunately, the proof is not there. The, you know, and the doubt wasn't eliminated from the jury. I, I good or bad or otherwise, I yeah. really appreciate that notion, if nothing else. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm, 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 yeah. We live in a in a, an era of 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 uh, blanket statements. I stand with with all survivors, and for anybody who hasn't undergone trauma of that kind, absolutely, my heart is with them. There are bad there 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 are there are those who do report falsely, and we need a system by which we can determine that. And that's why innocent until proven guilty is so important. I believe. That's my ideological perspective, um, and it's I we we built legal systems based on it. Um, I don't want to default back to one famous Hollywood case, but I think we all know the famous Hollywood case that happened recently, where it mm. muddied the waters a fair bit. Yeah, I am hopeful that we are finding. I mean, even look at the way that studios are reacting to actors. I mean, look what happened with with well, I'll mention. It. Look what happened with, with Johnny Depp, right? And now look what's going on with Jonathan Majors. And it seems like there's a little bit more let's go through the process before we act on it. Yeah, seems like, seems like. Am I, am I, am I still correct on, on my timeline, Ethan? Yeah, I, uh, Grant, I haven't heard anything about the Jonathan Majors thing anyway. I, I say, didn't it, it come out this last November? And Yeah, we were, we were recording the Loki series during it, and the, 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 the request for it to no, be dismissed no, was not accepted. Okay. So it is going to a proper trial, I think? I, th- I can't remember. Like the the whole thing's a bit. Oh, similar to Johnny Depp. I think he he um, he had um, responded with a, a um, what is a case or whatever of dismissal, and then it got to, and then it went to trial, as we all va- famously remember it being uh, televised and whatnot. Yeah. So I think that's what Jonathan Majors is up against now. Because you know, back to the movie. You know, Father Flynn comes in and says, "If you talk to the boy, well." No, but he would protect you. Great. If you talk to him to begin, well, all he knows is that he did drink the wine. Oh, great. Have you done? And, and every step of the way, he's going, where is your proof? And she's going, I don't need proof. I have a feeling. And that can't be. And the whole thing's based on this, this thing she saw where he, where he pulls away because he wants to look at his nails. That which, can't be the um, level or like the minimum requirement for guilt. Right. Like we have to. And I think as most societies have agreed, isn't the minimum requirement for guilt. Should we do? Let's do this. Did he do it? 
I love it. That was the big question at the Ooh, end of my yeah. notes. Oh, did he do it? Because we because we, we talked about we're in different places. Did he do it? Oh, I think the film I tells it. me. I think the film tells me yes. Yeah. Really? Okay. In my okay. in my heart, I'm going. I'm going. It's he. He won't answer the question and goes, mm-hmm. "Have you ever done anything you're not proud of? Or have you done anything you would?" It's like okay, a strange time to bring this up if you're not if you're not guilty or he's not guilty of. He's guilty of some of it. It's the fact he leaves because he believes that she's spoken to someone else. Yeah. And then when she says, but I didn't actually. Does that further it or lessen it? I don't know. And I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to, by the time this releases, my opinion might have changed. Like whether that makes it a better case or not, like for his guilt. See, See, this wouldn't be. This wouldn't be uh, an episode. This wouldn't be a film that I wanted to bring unless it was so, so down the middle. So MB- uh, like, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, I'm going to go right down the middle and say, I think the film is set up to make you question whether or not he does. I don't think it gives you whether or not he did or didn't. I think it gives you a 50, 50 split down the moat down the middle. And I think, depending on which angle you come at when you first view the film and what like, you know, societal background and what like culture impact, all of those things play into how you're looking at each character and myself trying to be as impartial as possible. I think the film does a brilliant job. I haven't seen the play, but I I assume that's the same thing that it's, you know, laid out there is that it doesn't want you to pick a side. It wants you only to doubt. It only wants to give you just enough and and play to both yes and no of both sides of the aisle so that you can only leave and be like if you're being 100% logical leave with this uncertainty here of no I'm not, I'm, I I don't know I think I think he could I think he couldn't I think she probably was evicted I don't know I don't know I don't know okay okay but do you think he did it personally i don't okay that's great that's, that's all i'm looking for and cuz the film does do those the well yeah yeah cuz i was about to go Sister, because uh, a clean way would be for Sister Mary James to hear the the uh, why do you call her Mary James? Sister James to go. Oh wow, you got him to confess. Wow, I really he is guilty after, but she still says that she doesn't think he did anything wrong, and says he's much happier now. Now, how do you want to read it? You can read sorry, not happy. Sorry, he's crestfallen now. You can yeah. read it as two ways. You can read it as it's it's quite it's quite common for an uh, abused child to feel. Um, a connection to their abuser and to miss them initially in the first because there's an emotional dependency that's that's been part of the uh, process. Mm. Or my dad beats me up and the one man who was there as a positive role model in my life is no longer here. And it happened Mm. out of nowhere. Yeah. Both sides can can, can have their side strengthened. As someone who grew up, kind of missing a male role model i fully understand the concept of having to find that male role model in surrogate places so yeah yeah, yeah. we and, and on the idea again I, I don't want anybody to think i'm sympathizing with someone who potentially was an abuser either at the same time i i just i sympathize with those that are falsely accused in the same way that we've used Johnny Depp as an example. I mean, there was an episode that um, my buddy Bo and I recently, well, I, that we recorded 
yeah, within the last year or two, I don't know, uh, where someone in the military takes sexual assault. I don't want to just because 85, 80% or more is unfounded doesn't mean that we don't take it extremely seriously. Mm-hmm. And there aren't subsequent consequences of something that comes out of an accusation, uh, um, accusation rather. And, 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 uh, Bo shared a fairly intimate story where he was brought on as a witness to, as a, as a character witness for a situation like this. And it, and, as the story progresses and as the episode progresses, if anybody's curious, you can listen. Long story short, it turns out that the the gentleman that he and I both knew um, was falsely accused. Does this not mean that it impacts his career negatively? He is a lower enlisted. He could go up for board in the next year. He could go up for advancement in the next year. All of these things are impacted. If anybody says they're impartial when you're on one of those boards, it's fucking lying because you take into account anything you've heard about a person. You take into Mm -hmm. account anytime you've met somebody and had an interaction with that person. If they took three sugars in their tea and you happen to not like three sugars in your tea, like that impacts you on the board. Anybody who says otherwise is lying. And so I think having seen the opposite side of the aisle – can 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 sympathize with someone who's been falsely accused when it does have such a detrimental impact. Not saying you don't believe a victim or that you sympathize with an a, abuser potentially versus a victim. It's just, again, separating yourself completely from a situation like this. And I think this film does such a beautiful job of, of uh, displaying that. And so it creates this environment. So the, hopefully it forces you to do that. Separate yourself from that situation. Take emotion out of it. And that's what I appreciate about the legal system. Is this founded or unfounded? Is this true? Or is this vigilante or is it vigilante justice or not? And what I find in this film, again, maybe because of my own bias, is that it, I, I lean on more of what is what does the priest have to lose here? Yeah, he's got this good life and maybe we're set up to maybe not like him because of the good life he has eating red meat and drinking wine and whatnot with the other priests and laughing. But does that mean that he's an abuser? Does that mean he deserves to be taken out of the ranks, et cetera, you know, knock down a few pegs? I don't know. I don't know. So again, just just food for thought, if nothing else, that this film always makes me think is like just hopefully impartial yourself to the situation at hand and separate the emotion from it so you can see it for what it is and not for what you want to see in it. All right. I, I, my soapbox. No, I can't. I can't I'm not going to, I can't add anything to that. Um, Ethan, do you want to add anything to that? I got, I got nothing. I mean, I keep back and forth because on one hand I'm like, this is a man who maybe it's a man who loves what he does and just wants to care for people and, compromised situations like Donald is with his father and then this little thing keeps nudging at me going he's done these things and this one yeah. sermon here and this and I'm yep. again I don't I don't know I feel more comfortable <laughs> discussing it than I would if this was like a real thing because oh like, yeah oh, these are all fiction I'm, yeah because they're not real and this thing did actually happen in this one yeah. scenario I I will happily talk about that it shot I, yeah that shot of the eye looking down at him I'm like, oh, wait till spotlight, guys. No one else, spotlight. no one else around for that one. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Um, I think we've talked. Whose story is it? I think we've we've it, it's yeah. it's 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 a complex measure of story. Oh, jeez, whose story is it really? Maybe it's Aloysius. <laughs> it, Maybe it's Donald's, and he's just not a huge player. Uh, he's just, nah, he's, his he's just the inciting incident to steal Ethan's comment from a couple of weeks back about JFK. 
Yeah, yeah. I think I think it might be Sister Aloysia S's because it's definitely not Sister James. No, because no. Thing is, we open with with that sermon about doubt, really, and the film ends with Sister Al- Aloysius. I have doubt. Her journey of everything. Mm, being can you separate them? Mm, no. Are, are they just a yin and yang? Because two things to be true at the same time. She's yeah. she's an educator. She's going. I need to make sure the children are safe. I can understand mm. that. He's going. You got to have something to convict me with. You can't just do it on a feeling. I can understand that too. Which is which is the merit of a movie like this. It's mm. it's. I thought I was going to get the spoon fed ending, and I didn't. And I think about the seventy five percent mark. I went. That son of a bitch, Hermes. This isn't going to tell me, is it? <laughs> this isn't. That's what this movie is. I clocked in and went, it's not going to tell me. There's no smoking gun. No. Nope. The phone call was the closest thing they had to one. But even that. And it's interesting by by using Amy Adams' character as the barometer to go, but I can't believe you've done this. And I'm, I'm, I'm st- I still don't think you did anything wrong. I'm like, oh, that's an interesting last bit to put in your movie. It's got to give every the, sense of doubt out there. The bitter and jaded one versus the maybe slightly naive and innocent, but yeah. Mm. Whew. Um, what's the story here? I think we've talked about that. Role of women, all the roles? Oh, they they <laughs> are the roles. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the roles. Yeah, and if anything, this is a story about how to overcome the patriarchy, which is so in line with the church that it's... Because remember, she said, oh, I went to the Monsignor. He was sure nothing happened. Mm. boys will be boys right the, we, we are the women who are determined to find it takes a cat all that sort of stuff but it takes a cat doesn't yep. it uh other big questions we've talked about all the big questions <laughs> we've started we've glanced the topics i like i always love extending the runtime but i know you do. this one this one <laughs> is the runtime that uh yeah it could go on forever uh best character favorite character or favorite performance we, we, we can talk about it that way if you want oh uh, who, who's going first uh, well not me i i always use <laughs> mine <laughs> i always use mine as a pivot so i can segue to the next one so that's Ooh, it, that's just that's just good hosting then um it's really hard i think i i'm performance because if i say my favorite characters it, it's Stephen hard Hoffman, isn't it yeah yeah, 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 yeah. but he's he's so good because this entire we um we did uh, yesterday, who do you think you are? Was a lot about second guessing and am I right here thinking this is this person or that person? Mm. Very different kind of scenario there. It's more the thing, but here I'm going: is this sinister? Is this actual? Is this and those the mm. sermons b- before like even the hint with oh I I like three sugars and oh I must maybe it's easier for you to give. Things it's amazing going, what you'll read into, isn't it? I know. Right, yeah. <laughs> You hear one thing, and 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 your brain just starts to like tweet. It's like, oh, I prefer potatoes over salad. Go, that's what that's what someone like you would want to do. And it's like every tiny detail, and it's so methodically performed as well because he knows I need to do this, or else it's not going to come off as this way. Oh, it's he's giving an amazing performance throughout the entire thing, even if it's not the way I think it's supposed to be. Hmm. I yeah. If I can give an honorable mention, well, Liam's not here, so someone needs to do it. Jeez. <laughs> I will give it to the entire cast. But no, the real honorable mention is Meryl Streep because I'm not the biggest Meryl Streep fan. Agreed. But I think, but but the way that she commands the scenes yeah. and, and and knows exactly, like to your point, Ethan, what she needs to do, even if it's not 
agreeable what she needs mm. to do. I uh, I think she does a fantastic job of that. But I got to give my best and favorite performance because again, you you can't pick a a best character. I don't feel like in this film, best performance got to be Viola Davis. Like she's so small in terms of what she has and yet how big an impact what she has does in the overall film it's she goes from zero to a hundred in the span of two minutes and the imp is believable throughout it the, the pain and the control that she's trying to have and yet I, I i yeah i can't even fathom the the caliber of actor that that takes i just un, unbelievable performance by Val davis it's three minutes that hit you like a ton of bricks. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm just, while that was going on, I was just remembering the bit where uh, Meryl Streep tells Amy Adams to believe in the chain, and then she doesn't do that. <laughs> just well, only she breaks it for, you know, when it's, when it's yeah, right to, when, in the when service of it. When I want to, then I do it. <laughs> <laughs> no when i feel compelled to not when i want to jesus is speaking to her she's a nun come on uh yeah um i'm gonna go i'm gonna do an honorable mention because i feel amy adams should get someone talking about her for a second yes. so uh, i thought she was really really strong and she's our entry point to the story now we we pass the baton off and uh, you know uh, somewhere around the i don't know 40 percent of the, of the movie mark it stops being her story and it starts being um sister aloysius's story um and then she's just brought at the end to go oh so tell me how it all tell me how it all finished i've been away <laughs> um but no mine mine goes to viola davis uh just because i mean anytime you get that throaty kind of yelly um Anytime you get the chance for Phil Davis to, to monologue, I'm just I'm just a happy camper. So that's what this was. And it takes a lot to go toe-to-toe with Meryl Streep. And outshine, if I Oh, and outshine. Either. There's not even a May. There's like, she just, <laughs> yeah, here we go. Um, yeah, and just really complicated issues, which they get spoken about, not spoken about simultaneously, and, and there's there's a magic in that. And you need two actresses who can convey. You need two actresses yeah. who can emote, because um, it's all got to be inferential. Because what aren't you saying? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, and a film of all about that, right? Like yeah. How, what actress, if they had cast differently, could have accomplished that? Fran Drescher. <laughs> naturally you know there it was it was right there uh, in front of me and i didn't see it and there oh uh, remake she you. gets to bring that sitcom audience with her the entire time oh as long as there's not a laugh track to this movie it's but all you get I one need. of those uh, ooh, yeah. when something yeah, happens ooh. yeah yeah um where are we at here uh <laughs> best moment best element ethan oh it's it's that second sermon oh, okay. because there's for me there's so much and it's 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 a lot of it is the performance but it's the intercutting of the story showing the story as well that i'm it's like it, it feels as if i'm seeing it within uh sister james's mind and cutting between everyone's reactions because there's a moment where i go oh this is manipulative but then i'm also going he's trying to like preaches freedom like subtly but at the same point there's so many th- oh, I, and the music and the the there's a lot i could say about this film but that just that comes out to me like immediately hmm. Hermes. 
So that is a difficult one. Favorite moment is what I'm going to go with. And, um, and similar to like No Country for Old Men or even The Departed, the moment where a movie takes a turn or ends even in this case, in this in this film's case, that you are just you're sitting there, especially the first time you watch this one, where you're just wait, what? What? No, what? And she is she's doubtful and she's breaking down because she's mature enough and, and experienced enough to know the implications of what she's done. And the guilt that it probably is going to give her for the rest of her life. I that final scene of Meryl Streep again. I, I've said I'm not a huge fan of Meryl Streep by any stretch, and, and but this film, if there was ever a film to point to of why Meryl Streep has had the recognition and the career that she's had, this is definitely that one where if you're on the other side of the fence, like I have been about Meryl Streep, you point to that final scene. You know, I, I, watch the film and have the context, mm. but you point to that final scene right there where she, mm. the whole film, she's like you said, she's muted. She doesn't show a whole lot of emotion. And the two scenes where she does, the impact it has on me. And one of the second of them is the final, final scene. And then it cuts to credits. Holy hell, is that a brilliant, brilliant moment of the film? Mm. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, oh. Question. I'm going to go for the final scene, the final face off between um, Sister Aloysius and Father Flynn when he pushes his way into the um, into her office and closes the door. And that's always been a, a symbol in that. So this invasion of space and of power. And there's a great and at various points during that that back and forth, I'm seeing different members as the victim and the unfair accuser. And then I see it flipped. And then I, I, I and that requires again just skill on the on, on the part of both actors. Um, yeah, I'm not sure Philip Seymour Hoffman. I know he's won his Oscar and things like that. I'm not sure he gets brought up enough. Maybe because his run as the as a, as a top guy was so short. Mm. Yeah. You know, he was in Patch. He was the sidekick in, in Patch Adams. He was the the stoner guy in Twister. You know what I mean? <laughs> like his run on top was actually quite short, and then he wasn't with yeah, us anymore. And maybe we don't give him enough. And he's not your typical Hollywood A lister type. You know, yeah, he's 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 a bit big, isn't he? Mm. He's a bit the chubby. Devil knows you're dead. Before the devil knows you're dead, I think is the film. Have you seen that one? Yet? No, I haven't seen that one. Definitely check that. Out. I mean, soon check that one out. Okay. In terms of his legacy and what he was capable of, so to see that and the power that did, and he'd been so charming, respectful, affable. If if a little bit reserved, if a little bit like I'm ending this, and you're like, oh, why are you ending this now? But he'd stop from going to that angry place, or anger might be a step far, but oh, I don't want to say aggressive. It's not aggressive. Mm, confrontational, assertive. Assertive, yeah, sure. So, because he wasn't that, he was actually quite, you know, the quiet voice, the let alone, the charming, various different techniques. Or, or I might pivot and go. The the other big scene for him, I think, is the uh, the uh, manipulation scene with uh, Amy Adams mm. talking about her brother. Sure, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a grumble, a grumble. Ethan, oh, I don't really have one. Maybe like I, I, I have a hatred of of um, 
Dutch angles, but like they they work they work to 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 what it needed to. Do. Yeah, sure. I, I really don't have a yeah, big, a bit much. Big issues. Yeah, I, I hate Dutch angles. Sure. Hmm. Hermes, if I'm gonna nitpick a bit, um, because there are um, some child actors in here, and because they are, you know, par- like key portions of the story. Um, some of them are a bit, yeah. Like I would say, like William London's, and and honestly, even Donald Miller because he's so small, maybe less so. But there are there are just little instances where like the child acting is like, hmm, that doesn't. Yeah, I don't know. It's abrasive at times. It's like it's not quite believable. I don't know. There's just little little bits of like where my gut's like, eh, it could have ten one more take. Hopefully, I don't know. Especially against such big actors and such brilliant performances, I feel like you needed at least a little more elevation on the child side. Oh, I'm not really sure what I got. I'm trying to be nitpicky. Um, it's an acting. <sighs> There's big themes, but it feels like at times this film's more about an acting showcase than it. It's a play. It's a play. Mm. That's what I'm trying to say. It's a play. And I like movies that are plays. I love movies that are heavy on dialogue, but it's a play. It's about four characters getting developed over the span of an hour and 40 minutes. And sometimes um, you could expand your world out a little bit. It just felt like I spent all my time in the principal's office watching this movie. Is that a bad that that's a bad thing? Is what just a rebuttal slight? No, 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 yeah, yeah. I I think I'm going. I wouldn't mind a little bit more. I don't know. Do I want it to be? It's so tight. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have minded someone going and talking to Mister McGinn and having him go. Yeah, yeah. It was all. It it, it was all fine. Mm -hmm. And maybe someone. Maybe she goes to Donald and goes and he goes. You know what was you know. Is is anything ever untoward? And he goes, no, nothing untoward. You know, there's no, there's nothing wrong. Maybe like small well, scenes prior to her small scenes. And nice. I guess I'm asking for a little bit more of almost like a police procedural in a sense. But maybe that's yeah. the problem is that there is no investigation. It's just I have a feeling. Woo-hoo. So it's 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 just yeah. I was, and then still have her go. I guess I'm asking for a buddy cop movie between Amy <laughs> Adams and Meryl Streep. Well, partner, it seems like it all took a I still don't like it. And they're staking out his office. Um, what do you want from your movie? Ian? I, yeah, I guess, it, I, I guess it was. I just felt like it, it, it's a play. And sometimes I guess I'm asking for this to be just a touch more movie. I suppose. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm grasping at straws. I'll acknowledge mm-hmm. that. But, um, it was a tight hour and forty, which I appreciated because actually it was a lot of it was a lot of notes to take. But yeah, mm. it goes faster than you'd expect too, right? Well, when I'm when I'm ty- stopping and typing every two seconds, it's it it, it, it took quite so. some time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just know I always notice that every time I re- revisit it, it's like wow, like we're already at this point, and you know, it, it just the first hour breezes, and all of a sudden you're just like, wow, we're in the last ten minutes, yep. and it, uh, so much happens. Yeah. Um. So, anybody's best role ever. Ooh. So I've seen a bit of Viola Davis, and Fences is the only one that I could say comes close to it in the but at the same time I think my grumble with Fences is that they linger a bit long. 
And whereas this is so damn tight and precise, I might, depending on the day, say that it's Viola Davis. And even even Meryl, you know what? Let me let get off Viola Davis. Meryl Streep's. I, I want to vote for Meryl Streep's as her best ever. I've seen her in a lot too. And again, most of the time I'm not a fan. This one I'm a fan of. Amy Adams is good in this, but I think I've, I've, it's not that for me. Viola Davis, I've really liked in The Help. That's one I haven't seen. I do need to see. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. That's, that is one I need to see. Um, but Amy Adams is better in Arrival, isn't she? I think. Oh, I haven't seen Arrival. I haven't seen Arrival, but it's, uh, very highly regarded, isn't it? Does does she win for that? She carries, she carries a, uh, she wins for something. She's she, she's an Oscar winner. You know what? Let me uh, click on her um, and find out. Philip Seymour Hoffman for me this is the best thing I've seen him in. Again, before the devil knows you're yeah. dead. Um, there's another one of his. While I'm looking up, well, Amy he wins Adams. the Oscar for for Capote, doesn't he? So that's on well, my list. Capote is oh, she's again, never won. Amy yeah, Adams. Amy Adams. Yeah, I don't see Amy Adams. She's not one of the Academy Award. I thought for sure she had. She's been nominated for one, two, three, four, five, for six, but she's never won. Oh, she's got, okay, she'll get one of those lifetime ones in later on, won't yeah. she? <laughs> Jeez. Price American Hustle, the Masters. That's really the surprising. Hustle is the June one I was thinking of, too, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. What was I thinking of? Academy Awards, where are you at? Junebug, wasn't thinking that. Doubt the Fighter, the Master, American Hustle. Vice, yeah. The Master's no. another good one. Phil C. Harvey. Oh, my gosh. That might be right up here with this film, actually. In terms of his performance, and he's a preacher in that one as well. That's a fantastic movie. Wow. All right. Lots of stuff for Amy Adams to go check out, I suppose. Or for me to check out of, 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 uh, of Philip hers. Seymour. If you, if you vote this one as Philip Seymour Hoffman, you haven't seen enough of him, I think, Ian, is the argument I'm making here. That's fine. Yep. Oh, she's uh, got a couple of nominations for worst, um, worst performances. Dear Evan Hansen and The Woman in the Window. Oh, yeah, those two films stink. I haven't seen them, so there we go. Um, Yep, that's what I got. Um, Meryl (laughs) Streep. What if I see Meryl Streep and that's been better than this is my question. um, What's the one with, uh, I think it's Tom Cruise with about the CIA, Lions. um, Oh, is that American... No, Den of Lions or something like that. It's like Lambs, Lions, Lions for Lambs. Yeah, I think Lions for Lambs or something. She's she's pretty. She is, to be fair, very good in that in everything she delivers. But it is way less. It is more nuanced. It's way less shouty. Mm -hmm. Way more. You know, it's certainly just what she's saying as is the is like the selling point. Um, Again, I'm not a big fan of hers though. So. Devil Wears Prada. I'll totally go to bat for Devil Wears Prada. She's great in that. Sorry, bro. Audible sigh. (laughs) Uh, Death Becomes Her. It's a funny movie, but it's not an acting performance per se. Um, I mean, Fantastic Mr. Fox, I love, but I'm not going to say that she's the best acting performance she's ever give as a voice performance. I'm not a fan of Mamma Mia or anything. The Um, Hours. She's very good in The Hours. Hours. Why does it sound familiar? Hours, hours, hours. It's about three women. Nicole Kidman wins the uh, Academy Award for it, but uh, I thought Julianne Moore should have won it, actually. <laughs> hmm. uh, 
I don't think I've seen that one. This is just Meryl being Meryl for me. Like she's, but the problem is the standard for me with Meryl is very high. I'm like, yeah, she's going to come in. She's going to do really well. I think she's overrated, but I think she's she's you know chewing. She can deliver. Chew, chewing that. Oh yeah, she's, she's a great actress. I just think that that basically, if she puts her name on, on the dotted line to act in a role, they they pretty much you know the Oscar nominations already in the bag. So yeah. When, when did that start, Ian? You're a a little quote like a few years older than i when did that really start <laughs> when did that really start i'd be i'd be busy the merrill like, love really... the merrill yeah, exactly. is, is an icon love it's always been around since <gasps> i've been around it's always been around i mean uh, well, let me say Merrill. she's been she's the most nominated woman in the history of uh the the, the academy awards hasn't she won the most yeah well? i believe so yep i mean so so when did that was it right out of the gate she just started winning and then it was like a precedent, and she I want to think. The act. I want to think it's Kramer versus Kramer that sets her up. But let me take a look here. Mm, okay, Kramer versus Kramer. She when gets, was that? She gets back to back nominations: Eight. Deer Hunter seventy eight, Kramer versus Kramer seventy nine. At which point, oh, wow. then she goes on like a streak where she's nominated for like ten Oscars for Best Actress in a 15, in a nineteen year period. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's 10 nominations over 19 years. Yeah. So oh, okay, so she so she came and Kramer versus Kramer was that that was earlier or had she had done a significant cuz I'm I'm I taking mean, a I'm look. A, 79. So that's earlier than I was expecting. I thought Kramer versus Kramer was like 85. No, no, no. I knew I knew that one. Um even. Rise to prominence. I'm just reading Wikipedia now at this point. Uh Yeah, it says a rise to prominence is yeah, she kind of comes out of nowhere, and just everybody just goes nuts for her. Wow! So right out of the gate, she's good, continues good, like you said, that streak, and then is now enjoying again. When I showed up, it was around like the. Fr- I mean, I saw Kramer vs. Kramer, but I was younger and didn't really care. It wasn't. It didn't hit home with me. I guess it really hit with me for Meryl in like '90s, like the mid '90s, obviously when I was like becoming you know, uh, conscious yeah. of the world. And, and her film. second film is the deer hunter, which she's nominated for Academy award. Wow. And then the next year she does four, three films. One of which is Kramer versus Kramer, which she wins the first Oscar for. Wow. At the, wow. at the age of, he said, looking. <laughs> well, 79 23 now. 30. She was okay. the first Oscar at the age of 30. So, she, yeah, she's until about 27, she's kind of just doing the stage thing, but then just is everywhere once, once it hits. I mean, that's got to say something about her legacy and her ability to continue on, like not just put her name on the dotted line, but like earn the dotted line. Well, well the joke is, you know, she's the if 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 you need a, an actress over 50. You know what I mean? You mm. or, or it was forty, then it was now, then it was fifty. You get Meryl Streep if she has to be American, and then she has to be British. You call Emma Thompson. You know what I mean? <laughs> and now there's a little yeah. bit more. I mean, you got Helen Mirren's kicking about, but it's a really small pool where because there's yeah, so wow. few prominent roles for women of a certain age. I think it's getting slightly better, but you know, if if I'm wrong, explain why Judy Dench is in everything over here. <laughs> so again you know. Helen is yeah is what I would yeah but I that's a little I don't know that's that's um it's not you're not you're not wrong it's very is sometimes the uh trends and that's why I was curious why I brought it up is like is she like somebody's kid that just be 
you know, was pushed into uh, there forever after that point. <laughs> no, know? I think she's just uh Well, good on her. Good on her. I'm looking for the totals here. Let's uh, give it for everything. Twenty four Oscar nominations. Fucking hell. Three wins. Sorry. So less wins than I would have thought, but twenty four nominations. Wow. Well, I mean, good, good on her. I, I mean, I think the most recent thing I saw her was in um, that Netflix. Don't look up, and even she can play. She has a range, so I mean, good on her. Good on her. Mm. Like compare that to Tom Hanks. Okay, so we said twenty four nominations for uh, for that. What, what, what about Mr. Tom Hanks? How many nominations? Yeah. Um Seventeen. I want to say, say no. yeah. I want to say less. 15. Oh, sorry. She's got twenty-one nominations. I was adding them together. Sorry. So twenty-one, three wins from twenty-one nominations. She has twenty-one. How many does Tom have? I, I still think Tom has less than she. I think it's more wins. Yeah. Does Tom like four or five wins? I'm I want to say, say yeah. four. I'm say I think four. yeah, four. Four's, I think four wins, but seventeen nominations. I want to say. Tom's got two wins. Oh. Oh wow! Back to back wins. Huh? He didn't win a third on six nominations. Whoa! So that speaks, that's I think, really to the, the the theory about you know um, how limited the roles are, but how Meryl Streep became that person. If Just it was if, if, role, if it was actually a meaty role. acting role for so, so the advantage of the small pond of of quality female roles, there are many actresses who missed out, but Meryl Streep made out like a bandit because of it. Mm. Hmm. I could definitely see that. Yeah. You know, and there's always those, the the conversation, like you said, uh, is she a little overrated from what you just described? Maybe, maybe not. Like there's those actresses or actors that you say are overrated, you know, uh, like um, the uh, Barbara Streisand. I've always said is overrated and I still to this I'm just, day don't understand. I'm looking for the films I've seen where I can go. She won that great in that. But the problem is I haven't seen many of them. Bridges mm-hmm. of Madison County. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. If she's been nominated 24 times, obviously her filmography is extensive. How many of us can say we've seen over 50% of her? Oh, I haven't. Yeah. Adaptation. I mean, she, okay, let's call it adaptation. Let's call this. I mean, adaptation wasn't that impressive. Into the Woods, she got a nomination for it. Into the Woods is not an Oscar worthy performance. Into the Woods also isn't that great of a film adaptation either. I haven't seen it. Oh, it's, I, it's, it's, it's a fun little movie, but no, I'm not sure about that. See, I have her list here and like the giver. I don't even remember her in that. Again, adaptation that's not so great. Uh, it's probably up there with it. But then I'm going through it like Hope Springs, Web uh, Therapy. That's, I mean, uh, Iron Lady. I've never seen any no, of No, it's a problem. I haven't seen them. It's mm-hmm. it's complicated. I mean, and then I got Julia and Julia. I know wasn't that one highly regarded? She got a nomination for that Ooh, one. Julia and Julia is really good, but it's isn't not that right. Amy Adams again? It's Amy yeah. Adams as well. Yeah, <laughs> right after Doubt. In fact, there you go. Good. Maybe some maybe some mutual therapy they needed. Yeah, it's not, it's not like Oscar nominated good. If that makes like uh, it's I a solid performance. Is. I believe it is. If I but it's just a Julia Child's impression, so it's not like. But like, is that easy to do, or you know, so on? I don't so know. On. She's I, just I doing a bit of an accent. I don't know because she's not really there. If that might like, well, she got. I'll tell you what, she got nominated for best actress yep. for it. Yep. Is she wait, sure Julia. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're joking. Meryl Streep for it. Yeah. I remember that one being that a big much. deal. I remember that one being a big deal. Yeah, it's a good film. It's a good film. Hmm. 
Well, now that we've gone down the rabbit hole of Meryl Streep. <laughs> there we are. Um, oh, I guess we hit this. Never want to hack my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? Age game, age game. Let's all play the age game. Uh, we got four because that's the, the most I can get from like the main cast. So we've got Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh. 2008. 15 years ago. How old was he when he died is kind of what I'm basing on. I have no idea how old he was when he dies. 36. I'm going to go 38. Ian gets that because he's 41. Wow. Yep. Uh, then we have Amy Adams. Hmm. I went first last time. Yep, that's totally fine. I'm going to go with 27. 27? 27. Yep. Um, I'm going to go with 30 on the docks. I think she's a little older. That goes to Hermie. She's 34. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then we have Viola Davis. <sighs> She's difficult. Again, this is her breakout. One. That was a Liam sigh. That's what I just did there. <laughs> um, 39. 42. That is an Ian because she is 43. Hey. And then 40. finally, is this going to be a tie or is this going to be a win? Meryl Streep. Went, went first last time. <laughs> I'll go first. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, 59 she's been around okay um 56 in three hermes dang it uh one one <laughs> she is 59 on the dot on the dot on the dot yeah you want to talk on about rigged guys i looked i looked up her age when you were saying of course you did <laughs> i said she was 30 when she wins for kramer versus kramer which we then said oh, was 79 so i hang on no 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 no. you insisted i go first first off <laughs> <laughs> and you could have done you the math should. just as easily as i did but in the very rare occasion where hashtag rigged applies this might be on the short list this is the most <laughs> hashtag i, I sat back and went i sat back and went, is anybody gonna protest the meryl street no no <laughs> yeah all right so i honorably won 30 see i even thought about it. i, I for some mm. reason i data dumped 30 when you said 30 and kramer versus kramer 79 i even thought 79 she was still young here we go <laughs> 30 years <laughs> what am i doing no, I, was, I, was, I was just some math i went i don't know if it's going to count from when it records or when it releases i don't know what it is but here's my guess oh there we are uh let's take a look at oh geez ethan i don't know if you looked up any critics uh oh, i did oh did you oh brilliant yeah. so the critics the good the bad and the eve 79 percent rotten tomatoes only 7.5 on the imdb mm. i think part of that's that people don't like <laughs> it's a real yeah it's 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 a weird feeling you leave with and not everybody's <laughs> up for it i'm guessing no, ethan what yeah. you got yeah so we have Robbie Collin from News of the World. Remember that? Remember that news? This is a while ago. <laughs> news of the World. There's a newspaper that does not exist anymore. Uh, he says, it's more heavily staged than a fourth judge walkout in the second week of a Simon Cowell talent show. That's aged, sure. But he gives it three out of five. 
Uh, then we have. It's more Anthony- staged. What was he looking for? Realism? I, I guess. There's a fi- this isn't real. This is fictional. <laughs> Weird. I know. And then we have Anthony Quinn from The Independent who says, The moral grey area of the title perhaps worked better in the stage play. Exposed on screen, it's not doubt being expressed. It's the sound of Streep's headmistressy voice demanding, That Oscar on my desk now. (laughs) (laughs) And he gives it two out of five. Wow! I know. And then... Good old pal of podcast, Roger Ebert. Who I usually agree with, so I'm quite curious about this. Ebs. Uh, he says, Doubt has exact and merciless writing, powerful performances, and timeless relevance. It causes us to start thinking with the first shot, and we never stop. Think how rare that is in a film, and gives it four out of four. Mm. Will we be on the same page? Let's find out. Mm-hmm. Um I put out a fleece, as I'm known to do, and said, is this a good film, great film, okay film, or poor film? I was a little bit late doing it. I only did it today. Uh, I think our, our our schedule has gotten in the way of it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, 78% call this a great film, and then it's a whole lot of nothing, and 22% call it a poor film. There's no goods, there's no okays. It's all great or poor. And this I, is going to be a Marmite film. I think it speaks to people's ability to watch this and A, the subject matter, and B, the ambiguity. And both of those things mm. could turn someone off. So there we go. Uh, let's take a look at what our friends of the podcast had to say. I think Georgia may have sent me these or not. Uh, no, she hasn't yet. She's seen a message I sent literally six minutes ago. So I'm hoping she'll be able to, uh, respond. I imagine she's just uh, hitting that down. So I will go instead and pivot and see if our fledgling phantom had any specific comments to make. Let's take a look. Um, just one comment. And this one's from Carlo from the movie loop. How you doing, buddy? As much a fan as I am of Hoffman, it's hard for me to read that and not think of Dustin Hoffman. This is one I haven't seen, so that's nothing really adding to the runtime. Apologies to Hermes. I know he likes seeing that pad out. <laughs> well, I can go further. Don't worry, guys. If you like this film or episode, you would like... Oh. No Country? No Country, Whiplash. Moral, ambiguous? More morally ambiguous things that make you that don't spoon feed you mm. that, that that require you to actually make up your own mind not only about what you think happens in the narrative but how you feel about the, the participants coming out yeah so absolutely. yeah I, again not taking any chamber and now taking any bullets out of the chamber but um there are a few films that i think go well with this one even if you haven't covered it yet there we are um Trying to think of what else might it be a good thing to see. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I said The Departed and um and No Country and these things, uh, these films is because you think one thing or you're or you're wanting one thing and then something else happens and you're just like wait 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 what what, what? by the end of it you're just like. I got to take a second and then on rewatch, maybe even Prestige, you're rewatching it and you see little hints. That were always there. You just didn't catch them the first time. And then uh, you have a different experience. I think Doubt is another one of those where you have a different experience the second time, third time, et cetera, that you watch the film. 
maybe you see a couple more hints. Maybe you see a couple more things that not only push you in one direction, but maybe even give you extra context to question and doubt and what this whole thing is about. So I, I don't know, whatever would be along those lines. <laughs> yeah. Good shout on that. Um, now it's time, I guess, for uh, I'm waiting to see if Georgia comes back with some friend of the podcast commentary from our fifth chair, which has been up all week. That one has been up all mm-hmm. week. Uh, I will pass that along. I uh, wonder how many people have seen it, to be honest with you. I'd be very curious. Yeah, I just want, it might be one of those. Um, but uh, now it's time for our ratings. Our ratings. Ethan, where are you going with this? Ooh. This film, it, it's a roller coaster, and I'm going to keep thinking of thinking about it for a while. And um, I've had, we've had a we've had a good ratio recently of like films that I'm I'm thinking about forever. Um, the the cinematography in this is great. The music's great. The performances are, are stunning. The dialogue really hooks me. I I think this is a fantastic film, and I want to go back and watch it already. Like I'll give it a couple of days, but I probably might go back and watch it within the week because I just want to think about it more. Um, it got me; it really did. And I, it, 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 like this is like with Whiplash or any of the other films we've done, where it stays with me for so long after. And for that, I'm going nine and a half uh, magnetic dancing ladies out of ten. Nine and a half magnetic dancing ladies. Out of ten, another sort of red hair that never really went anywhere. Besides, he gave him a gift, and now mm. it's been, uh, now it's been taken out. That's all it needs. That's that, uh, that's all it needs. Question, question of why. Um, I'm just looking for Ethan's field on my spreadsheet. There it is. Uh, Hermes, what you got? Uh, so I often bring movies that uh, not only I enjoy and you know want to share with others but I also know are at a certain caliber and this being, you know, nominated and this being all that doesn't immediately mean it is at that caliber, but it seems to follow the same pattern of being at a certain level. And with the, with the performances, with the cinematography, again, opening shot two or whatever it is, you have a, you know, juxtaposition of the choir of corruption and, you know, doubt and a young boy's room and the innocence of that. And the film does not stop there. It only continues for the entire runtime. Um, and I, yeah, I love it. I, I watched it in preparation multiple times to this episode. And then I, w- I even had it on this morning before jumping in the studio. Uh, I love this film. But is it a 9.5 or is it a 10 is what I come back to. And from the discussion we've had here, I think... It does cement itself. I don't want to seem like the guy that gives tens out willy nilly because I'm not. But when I give my own film, it is usually because I feel it is already a ten. So I'm going to give it ten out of ten feathers in the wind for gossip. Wow! Wow! Uh, my go, my go. Um, I had a number in mind as we went into this thing, and I think revisiting it. Let me see the narrative structure a little bit more closely. It mm. did, it did. Uh, I'm being told from George that there's one incoming for the uh, Friends of the Podcast, so we'll see how that goes. Heck yeah. Um, over the time of talking about it, I've raised mine. Not not by a small amount. Um, 
because I thought what I had was just a, a really good performance by four actors is, 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 is what I thought. Mm. And then looking back at the ambiguity, because I, 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 the first time as we went through, as I watched it, I was just spoon feeding myself. And sometimes it's the problem of taking the notes as well, is that you don't get the full thing. So when we talk about it, I get a fuller understanding of what the film was. But sometimes just the conversation brings out things that I, I hadn't considered or hadn't realized how the whole piece bakes together. And so it's better than just four excellent acting performances. It's not at the level of where Whiplash was for me, where I was so... Because I'm still stuck with kind of a whodunit at the end of it with this. Mm-hmm. And if it's right or if it's wrong. I thought there was for that rarefied air. I thought it's it's it goes beyond that. And I'm not going to carry this the same way I carried Whiplash. I don't think. Now, granted, I left and I gave Whiplash a grade and came back and, and had to up, mm. up it. But it, it, it's not there for me. But it's considerably higher from where it was. So as a result, I'm going to give it nine mouthfuls of steak. Wes, I'm trying to just exemplify how big I thought the the young lady was out of 10. So there we go. Uh, I think I do have it coming across the pipeline. Uh, George is trying to send it, but the signal's bad where she's out of her work. So we'll see if that comes our way. I mean, this is in the very very top of our tops. Wow. This is, well, 10 and 9 and 9 and a half. 9 and a half, yeah. Um, It's not something that I... uh, I don't believe in strategic voting or vote getting. It currently sits as number two. Ooh. There's a little Miss Sunshine as this. And then Goodwill Hunting, starring the greatest actor on God's Green Earth, Matt Damon. <laughs> you know, I was quite proud of how many of my films fit into your top ten. I I when you when you had said no, that, good. I just I just have to say how proud I am of my taste or maybe the ability that I have to find friends. I will say this. <laughs> I will say this. If Georgia and Liam were here this would be considerably lower. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got your dream. If, 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 if a goal was a high score, you got your dream set up here today. <laughs> because, <laughs> Absolutely. Because anything else would have been, uh, would have been definitely bringing it down. Um, you know, on the, t- on that topic, while we're, maybe if we are still waiting for Georgia and the, just a touch. On, yeah. I'm, I'm just curious then. I mean, we, we play um who, uh, who would um who would be cast as who? Yep. Who would we score as who? Oh, as what do we think they'd the give it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm curious because obviously this is a little lower, a little less um of the usual BFE than we're used to. I'm curious. If I had to channel my my inner Liam, I would write his response of, "Hey, I liked it. Would I watch you it again anytime like soon?" That's uh, <laughs> what Liam does when we have a guest. He doesn't want to insult them. <laughs> <laughs> but Liam should know by this point he can insult me. I'm very curious. Like, yeah, had he been on in Last Samurai, I feel like he would have certainly bumped it up a couple bit because he would have been on my end. He Liam, been like, oh, I understand, I like it. But now that we picked it apart, kind of a thing. Where's Liam this? would go seven know. and a half, I think. On this, okay, yeah, okay. seven and a half. I think Megs would go closer to eight and a half. Okay. Yeah, George is the, the George would either love it or hate it. Mm. Her as it, like in in that situation of like uh, teaching and being a 
you know, a parental figure. And I, I'm very curious if she would take, uh, I don't know if she'd have, I don't know if she'd have the ability and she might, I don't know if she'd have the ability to, um, place herself away and go, let's look at both sides. Hmm. I think she'd, but I, I could be wrong on that. Which is like very much requirement almost of the film like this, like to be impartial and to see. Oh, the end, the ending would frustrate Liam. I'm just thinking about this. The ending would frustrate Liam because he doesn't get, <laughs> he doesn't get punished for it. He go, and, and they're sending him somewhere and they know he's going to do it again. Well, <laughs> really didn't he also get an up? Didn't he also get a promotion? She says like, yeah, yeah. he's rewarded for this. To. Yeah. She's yeah, Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. So I'm curious. So what do you think? The So you think um, you said Megs was an eight and a half. Liam, a seven and a half. Maybe a seven. Georgia. Uh, Georgia would be a seven. Georgia's now reached a point where she can appreciate a well-made film, even if she doesn't like it. Hmm. So She'd I think, appreciate the performance. I think Georgia would go eight. Eight. Okay. Yeah. So okay. it'd still do really well. Hmm. It's, so, it's hard to look at this and not go. And plus, I think she'd love all the women. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So absolutely. then, it's still top ten. It's still oh, it would be, buddy. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, there. like, like depending on how this this one Patreon <laughs> vote comes in, and and we're releasing on a regular, we're recording on a regular day. So if there's no later bits I have to add in and post. If this if this number can come across my uh, my 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 proverbial desk anytime soon, then that would give us, you know, potentially if this scores at a ten, the one coming in. Mm. That I think ties it with Little Miss Sunshine. Oh wow! Wow! Yeah, I so. would again nothing but pride coming from me. I, I, uh, from what I understand on the recording inception that is this episode compared to the previous ones that are posting after this, you've already read my um my review on on your Christmas movie. Yes, I have. I have no idea what you mean. Christmas is a month away. Of course, of course not. So, <laughs> so I, I love that this. Is- I can't. I can't wait to hear how much you love you love Christmas Vacation. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch! Holiday, holiday. Oh, it's not holiday road. Oh, that one is it? No, it's not. <laughs> oh. oh yeah, I'm gonna go back out there and watch it again because I love you love that film, Christmas yeah. Vacation, and Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase. <laughs> Yeah, so wait, did you guys open the uh, Chris or excuse me in the future? Are you going to <laughs> back retroactively? Open I have these? I have no idea. I don't say Felix sends them over to me the day before we, we, we go we go on air. So uh, the day before. Right. But then when they post, I mean, I, I, that's I, not exactly on the same. I, line I don't know. I, 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 I may have some I may have some questions after the fact about <laughs> about something that may or may not have been said. I don't know. <laughs> no artificial intelligence was used in the making of this. We do. We do. We do go through. We, we, I imagine if it was something we, we, we might consider options or theories as we go through. <laughs> and, and unpack oh, it this is brilliant this yeah. is brilliant so there we are i'm waiting i don't think it's coming through unfortunately so we yeah, i will have to add day. this in post sadly georgia can if i can just get her actually to give me the i was say we can wait we can do five I mean, oh my word four we could we can wait we can do the thing i've learned about the bfe <laughs> listenership is that they will if they're still listening at this point they they, they will listen for another two hours of just oh, nonsense absolutely. i'll tell you absolutely. what i'll do this i'm gonna do this every every episode anyway i've decided georgia 
Um, in the future, I imagine, is going to give me a series of, <laughs> of, 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 of pub quiz cards. <laughs> I found them wrapped with my name on it, and I'm just going to pretend on the pod I haven't seen these before. So, <laughs> because it hasn't happened. It hasn't happened yet. So the question is, I got a question here. Let's do this really quickly. Oh, here we go. This one's very British-based. Apologies. Who was King Henry VIII's second wife? Oh, uh, second wife Anne Boleyn Anne Boleyn's correct yeah to tie it oh you could get this that would reverse a tiebreaker okay what nationality are the members of the boy band BTS Korean yeah Hermes can you answer more specifically for for, for the even up they are South Korea South Korean is correct Ah, there are two countries named Korea Mm. yep I'm surprised I know that. Shout out to Bo and his love of BTS. Um, let's do this one. Who was OJ Simpson's lawyer during the trial of the century? Ooh, Robert Kardashian. And Ethan does get yeah. the win here. Ah, I knew it was somebody. <laughs> I didn't even see his face. I saw David Schwimmer from the um the uh Doggy drama. Did he also have a Shapiro or something on his case, on his team? as well i think the shapiro might have been the opposition i can't remember uh shapiro wouldn't be the opposition because the opposition were marcia cross and christopher darden um he had oh what was the guy's name Uh, we just said i know he had obviously kardashian but it's like um johnny cochran dershowitz and robert shapiro and johnny cochran cochran Cochran, yeah yeah, cochran sounds familiar johnny cochran was the uh kind of like the secret weapon he brought in at the last moment mm-hmm. and went here we go and then christopher darden's the one who made them try the glove on and if the glove doesn't fit you must have quit was it if the, you get a chance go ahead and take a look at the uh at the what was it the, the oj simpson story mm-hmm. on a trial on a netflix is a cuba Gooden jr doesn't even try to sound like oj but outside of that it's a really well done thing <laughs> sarah paulson's great in that i still oh, like uh, and i've the- got i've got I've got the rating. Here we are. Oh, boy. Ooh. One response. Drum roll, please. I am mainline Protestant, not Catholic, and my spouse grew up Catholic and left that church years ago and became Protestant. So I was ready for the film to shed some doubt on the Catholic church. But the film comes up a bit short. The stories of a skirmish in a Catholic school between a jaded Catholic school principal played by Streep and a naive, idealistic young teacher played by Adams and a priest played by Hoffman. There's endless innuendo and accusations, but nothing certain. Hoffman may or may not have molested a young black student. He may or may not have done this before. All is in doubt. But I wish the film shed some doubt on the institutional beliefs and practices of the Catholic Church itself, such as the patriarchal power structure, which so often results in sexual abuse and cover-up in the church in the first place. All the performances were excellent. Hoffman was well cast because he played sexually ambiguous characters before. And Viola Davis is fantastic in her one scene where she intercedes on behalf of her gay son who potentially faces his own trauma from the church. I just wish the film was a bit more self-critical of the systemic reasons in the church for why this was all happening. Seven out of ten. Ah. So that, that oh, wow, that's powerful. Yeah, Reverend Uh, Bruce. So that has dropped it from 9.5 to 8.88. Oh, my God. Does it place wow. that out of the top 10? Let's take a look. One, two, three, four, five, so. six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. It puts it in 12th. Yep. 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 I figured as much. Well, 
that's the that that's the gig that's the gig that indeed. is the power of the patreon the power vote, of right. the patreon vote and maybe reflects a little bit of what would have happened if georgia and liam mm-hmm. was around so maybe there's some justice Fair in enough. that but Fair i'll tell you what's always uh, got a nice bit of justice to it and that's uh that's having hermes oslander always here on the pleasure. pod always a pleasure having uh pleasure is mine guys really it is it oh really dude is. Yeah. the mutual admiration society continues <laughs> it's always no, honestly, it's, it's always easy it. when when i look and i go okay who's uh what's this week and i see it's a hermes episode i'm going okay the runtime is gonna be long but i'm gonna have fun with the conversation mm-hmm. um and i think i'll speak yeah i think i'm okay with this uh, in going that i think you challenge me in a way that i don't usually get on a, on a, on a weekly basis uh, and that's not a slight. Liam often goes, "You you like it when when, when Hermes asks you questions." I'm like, I do, I do, I do, because I think a lot of times I do my bit with with the hosty bit, and maybe it's because of my personality type, or maybe it's because of other reasons. But I I hope I don't come across as, as a steamroller. But um, I think people, for the most part, just let my opinion be, or they'll go no, and I'll go yeah, and I'll go no, and they'll go yeah, and we don't get into philosophical stuff. It's just I read it this way, well I read it this way, and and and, and that's okay. But but I think you kind of take the arguments and pivot to more abstract levels. And I'm all about the abstract. I'll sit here and talk abstract all day. So, uh, yeah. So I always appreciate a Hermes episode for sure. Again, yeah. pleasure's all mine. And and maybe it's one host to another. I think. I think just having the two yeah. of us. Maybe we're maybe we're cut from the same cloth, and we're just at opposing angles at times, similar to the film. Maybe we're just butting heads, and there's a little friction. But I'm all about the friction. I'm. I'm fine with heating up the room a little bit and it is yeah i even took off my sweatshirt in the middle of this <laughs> episode because i had to cool down a little bit from the heat that was going on because i i thoroughly enjoy and appreciate it i that think i think we were on the same side on this one i think this was closer to, to a whiplash than it was to some of the other ones oh yeah oh absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So always a pleasure. Uh, always to do now is talk about. <laughs> I'm waiting for the for the audible scoff on next week, but here we go. Here we go. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, always to do is talk about what we're going to do next week on the pod. Uh, before we do that, let me just thank our Patreon backers. I'm talking about Julian Hermes, uh, James De Guzman, Lena Oberholzer, Anthony and Davies, Chris Peterson, Randall Silva, Dwayne Smith. The Yeetmeister, Reverend Bruce Nate the Great, Andy Dixon, Holly Callen, Cheesy with a Fish on a Bike, Richard, Ryan Kukats, Dirk, but his friends call him Diggler, Diggler. but I call him Dirk, Shy Burger, Freund, Stu from the Stu World Order podcast, and Norfolk Domus. And what we're doing next week is we're going back to that Miramax symbol. We are. We are. It's the 25-year anniversary of... uh, a film that might be the most or among the most contentious winners of the best picture Oscar of all time. I'm going to get, I'm not doing film teacher next week. I'm doing English teacher next week. We're doing Gwyneth Paltrow. We're doing Joseph Fines, Colin Firth, Jeffrey Rush, Tom Wilkinson, Judy Dench in the role. She won her supporting actress Oscar for I'm talking Shakespeare in love. Oh, boy. Nice. <laughs> ah. I, well, spoiler alert. I'm very much looking forward to this. <laughs> so there we go. So uh, check that one out. It's not available on any free platforms in the UK. That's all I know. But mm-hmm. it's out there. And I think, I will argue, it is a very funny film. So go ahead and give that a watch do not let the shakespeare or the love throw you off i know it's not what manly podcasts (laughs) tend to do but 
next week it will not be a boys night <laughs> gonna get in touch with our uh with, with, our, with our with our emotions yeah. is this the face that launched a thousand ships we're yeah. gonna feel the energy humbug so there we are so please again a million thanks to hermes go check out all his stuff on the yeah. scuttlebutt podcast available on reputable podcast platforms and as well as the disreputable podcast platforms <laughs> everywhere you can find him on twitter at hermes oslander is that correct that is correct we talked about that earlier as well as the scuttlebutt pod themselves are online there go check out their stuff um we're massive fans of Hermes, and you should be too. So go ahead yeah. and give that a listen. All right. So uh, all of us have to do is say goodbye at this point. We'll do the walk down in the same order we did at the start, and that will be that. So please join us next week as we tackle the 1998 Oscar winner for Best Picture. Not Saving Private Ryan. Shakespeare in Love. For Best Film Ever, yeah, but Ethan. And I've been Hermes. And to quote, in leaving, to quote a certain pagan Christmas magical celebration, Hermes Oslander had to hurry on his way. But he waved goodbye, saying, Don't you cry. I'll be back again, and your game is rigged. <laughs> we'll catch you on the flippity flop. <laughs> the flippity flip flop.